Right, now I can't see it. Oh, of course, Augie makes noise as soon as it goes live and the camera jumps to him. Hey, guys. <laughs> welcome back to the Anime Collector. Welcome back to the OCA Podcast. As you can see, I am not at home in Arizona. I'm in uh, my in-law's house in California. Had a bit of an internet uh, situation going on. Um, apparently, so I guess every time they use the Amazon Fire Stick over here, it like destroys their internet and the the router has to be like reset like factory reset and my brother-in-law was telling me that he recently learned that the compiling of of like the factory resetting and all that stuff takes like 20 minutes and if you interrupt the process it might fail <laughs> so uh yeah but we got it working and it seems to be about as good as it has been if not better um so we shouldn't have any issues on my end at least uh joining us today are our normal uh uh, co-hosts, we've got Donjobo Agi <laughs> and FDDM. Hello. And joining us special today, we have Reese. Uh, as you know him from the title of the video. <laughs> Good evening. Right. Good afternoon. All right. So uh, let's get started with our opening discussion. So the first thing I want to know is: Are the premier fan tickets available yet? They are not. Second thing, um, da, da, da. So, so let's see, let me get the, uh, get the uh, articles up because we got some opening discussion articles. There we go. All right. <clears throat> so Discotech has been made aware that the law of Ueki standard def on Blu-ray discs uh, is missing subs on episode four. And, all this other great stuff is here, but basically the bottom line is that they are going to be replacing La Fueki disc due to missing subtitles. So uh, those who ordered the set via right stuff will receive replacement discs automatically. And Discotech advised those who ordered somewhere else to email Discotech uh, with their receipts and addresses. So if you have bought this set, that is how you're going to get it. Uh, you know, um, you're going to get your replacement disc. All right. Now, it's like this sounds like a pinch way to getting you to get that. So, probably good call on your part. Yeah, I already have that was a pinch way to getting it as well. Well, the other version. Yeah. All right. Now, Augie, do you want to uh, take this away? <laughs> All right. So, Discotech gave us two different types of uh, hints. This first one is according to. One commenter and also AC. Uh, they're I'm, hinting that Kim and Gurney Orange Road I'm might be the potential. basing that off of this image here that the yeah. person said, right? So we're thinking that this is a, a very zoomed in version of a Kim and probably flipped. I don't know yeah. if it's flipped. Well, it's, it's well yeah, because the colors of the rainbow and the, the, cur- the curve is in the opposite direction. Yeah. Well, the second show, which so I'm fine with both of these. That, hold on. Are you guys thinking it's these? No, yeah. it's the two dots. Well, yeah. yeah. It's the two... Well, actually, no. Maybe. Hold on. Yeah, no, I think it is. I think it's the two dots, but I think that it's just uh, squash, right? So, mm-hmm. my my rebuttal to this is, why would they be using the Katakana logo for, the, for an English release of... Uh, Kimagori Orange Road. Well, it's slightly... it doesn't have to be that. I mean, just be that's what they could they could make the logo out of something that could be just completely 
unrecognizable to seeing a part of it, so they use the one that everyone would actually automatically recognize. Sure, I, that, that's a very valid point. I'm not. I'm not saying it. it might be what promotional art that they could get from the licensor, because yeah. sometimes that kind of art is in the contract. Well, it it literally could be the art that they got without any changes being made that they are now that they opened up in Photoshop to generate English title art for using the Japanese artist reference. Um, I'm just saying it's a little bit odd to think that that this logo would be written in Japanese. Um, so it'll be interesting. Well, so uh, we didn't guess. actually hold on before you get to your guess. I, we yep. didn't state uh, that. These hints did uh, maybe you did mention this, Augie, that these hints are leading into Otakon's their Otakon panel right. on Sunday. So, <laughs> anyway, what what is your guess uh, at the DM? Well, the thing is, some licensors take a logo, the Japanese logo, and they just kind of redo it in English and maintain the the integrity of it. I guess you could say. So, my guess is because um, you see, that's not the exact same shapes as the blobs on the other photo. So. I'm guessing well, they maintain the blobs I don't for think, the integrity. I don't think that this is the same image. I think that it is. Well, of course. I think that this is just illustrating that, hey, this is what you see in the opening to Kimigori Orange Road. Right. My, I'm thinking it's definitely got to be Kimigori just based on how the pattern of the colors is the exact same. Yeah. It, it seems a little no. bit too. Go ahead. Number two. Mm-hmm. I guess number two. Another one I would want to see is Superbook. Right. And you have to announce it higher because it's all caps. I looked that on Wikipedia and it says it's like licensed by Christian something yeah, group. It's a, it's a Christian. Yeah, it's been tangled uh, in Christian anime, Christian. the Bible anime. Superbook is the Superbook is the Bible. Oh, Time um, traveling in the Bible animated by Tasunoko. Yeah. So um, it could have been Bible Bash and then. Uh, Capcom versus Tatsunoko. So. <laughs> uh, it's Tatsunoko versus Capcom, but yeah. Um, so uh, there's another one called The Flying House that's even weirder <laughs> that actually okay, does have a DVD. So uh, check this out. It has one volume of a DVD. So you yeah. have Superbook, then its technical spinoff done by the same people, The Flying House, then Superbook gets a number two series, yeah. which involves a digital Bible. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, on to the second hint, which is way less. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> which is way less uh, exciting. Yes. That's what five I, guesses. That's what I want. That's what I want right there. Yeah. Oh. I I think that this is actually a very uh, solid um, guess uh, because I, I'm, yeah, I, I think it's a solid guess. Um, although I will note, I didn't notice this until now. This is collection three. Is that what this is? No, that's collection two. That's no, part mm-hmm. two. Collection three, or is that collection? No, that's two? collection two. That is. That's what, that's what it looks like underneath the uh, er, the, the last second thing. I have that. One second. I'm going to unplug my headphones. That might be the slip cover then DVD. Yeah, that I haven't. Okay, mine, so mine is still in the be... I, I, I can't tell anyway, but yeah. Um, well, I'm sad, and I thought it was the red inside of the letters of uh, 
Versailles first opening. But the Goemon movie makes more sense. That would be nice if it was City Hunter, but I don't think it's going to be. I honestly think it's yeah. way too vague to give a solid answer. So I'm just going to retweet and uh, like all these things about uh, Red Jacket Lupin so that this good tech says, huh, look at all this. Love for Lupin. I'm thinking it's going to no. be Lupin with a dub. Lupin, Lupin is love. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is collection. That is part two, collection two. Okay, yeah. So I just hadn't opened the uh, shrink wrap, so I haven't yeah. seen the underside of it. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, well, technically, you own you owned it twice, so you yeah, haven't gotten well, into newer episodes. Yeah, but there there are new episodes um, that they've released that weren't on the genie on set. So, well, that's they'll be in collections three and four. Oh, okay. So I, I'm pretty sure they got at least like two or three episodes past. Uh-uh. Nope. Just gonna gonna like these. Uh, um, Jenny yeah. or Pioneer, or whoever had the originals released, only yeah. up to seventy nine. Yeah, and that's exactly where Collection Two ends off. So Collection Two is dubbed all the way up to that point. Then it's all the way up to everything that's been released. Awesome. So hopefully Collection Three is and, or will continue a dub, yeah. which is what I had had always yeah. thought they had done but it's highly unlikely I, I think the reason they haven't released a uh, collection three yet is because they're probably going between yeah, do we thing. dub this because they put or, out that survey they had better <laughs> or i agree what actually i think the reason they haven't released collection three yet is because they're busy with collection fours sub release oh yeah. okay so those were our opening discussions let's uh Let's get on to well. First of all, I need to say hi to Lance Powers because um, I uh, saw Mr. Powers had mentioned uh, Mr. Hi Power. No, that doesn't so, work. <laughs> so let's uh, let's go into pickups. Obviously, I have zero pickups because I'm in uh, I'm in California. But something I'm going to be picking up from a friend who got it for me probably the day after tomorrow is the Comic Con exclusive manga for My Hero Academia. Nice. Something I did not ask him to get me and didn't know existed, and then he's like, hey, look what I got you. <laughs> so, Merry Christmas. Yeah, so if you guys would like to go, who wants to go first on pickups? I'll go first. Okay, go ahead, Augie. All right, so first up is... Hold on, Scotty. Lock me in. You're locked in. All right. I'm not. <laughs> All right, so first up is an upgrade of... Disgaea, the better Persona game. You mean Atlas? Atlas. Well, same thing. Is it Atlas? Sega now? No, it's it's, it's not the Sega better now. Persona game. It's, no, it's the better game also released by Atlas. No, I was confirming, is it released by Atlas? It I, is, I, yeah. No, I, I definitely I, know it's not Persona. Oh, no, Funimation released the anime. Oh my god. And You're a follow up from uh, last week is Riaden. So I got volume <laughs> one and two. Radian. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you're doing it on purpose now. <laughs> <It's- Ooh. laughs> so finally got a decent copy. Radian. Ray I think is Ray how Dean. it would be spelled. So uh, real quick I just wanna um say something. Uh Otaku So's internet is um, 
been disconnected uh, recently due to a stop. Just as a hiccup <laughs> on their end that that caused their internet to get uh, disconnected for temporarily. So um, just letting you guys know that originally, and I'm saying this now because I want people who don't stick it out to the end of the podcast um, to hear this before we get too far in. Um, mm-hmm. The watch club for Tamako Market and Tamako Love Story were, I literally put that in there because of Otakuso, because Otakuso had recommended it to me. Um, and I started to watch it and thought, oh, this would be great for a watch club, right? So um, because of the internet outage at Otakuso's house, I've decided to move that watch club uh, at least one podcast down the line. Um, so we're actually going to be watching C3 uh, or C cubed. If you want to, if it, you want to go by that title. Right. Uh, so the links in the description will take you to what you need to get. Oh, there, there you go. Augie's, Augie's got it right there. C3. All right. Um, anyway. So I just wanted, I just want to make sure I mentioned that because um, like I said, if, if I'd let things go too far, a lot of people might show up to the next podcast thinking it was going to be, um, Thinking it's going to be uh, Tamako Market, and it, it wasn't, right? Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but back to your... However, FDAM, how in the world did we come up with uh, C-cubed as a decision? Oh, the poll on <laughs> Facebook. That is, I think, still ongoing. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, it can't be I ongoing. Don't know place your vote. Yeah, Doesn't C3 only have, like, three votes? Yeah, I. But that's yeah. the most. That's by the, the majority. Way, by the way, you have set that up what? so that um, so that you can vote more than once or for more than one item, not vote more than once. But you can. I also for- just left it as, as the yeah. default things and didn't even. Oh, think that's fine. It. That's fine. But I'm just letting people I'm, know I that they don't have to pick just one. They can pick more right. than one. And uh, we can use the next best one as the next thing that. As my pick, I guess, or something. Well, let me just say, so I'm not going to get into it, but um, we found out why our soft launch of our business wasn't going so well. <laughs> Namely, our uh, Facebook page wasn't live, <laughs> but um, that has been rectified and things are starting to move in, on the business front, <laughs> finally. Um, so hopefully this isn't an issue, but right now I'm on a budget because of, uh, because long story short, we have... We might have to come up with fifty thousand dollars to uh, place some orders to get uh, a deal. But anyway, um, so I'm I'm on a budget. So I was I was really hoping you guys would be voting for stuff I already owned, but no, nobody did. <laughs> anyway, so let's get back to Augie. I've uh, rudely interrupted him. Am I still locked on? Yes, it was locked on you during my entire <laughs> talk just now. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. So another follow up from last week is uh, see. Season five of Case Closed. A better one's supposed to be coming in, in theory. So, hopefully, I can get a better one? copy of it. So, a second season five copy. Uh, well, this season five, y'all can't really tell. It's kind of uh, not in a good condition. That I like. So, I ordered another one. I'm waiting for it to come in. It's. I will buy situation. whichever one you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the Viridian edition. Yeah. I got two Viridians, I think. Yeah, it'll when they all come together, it'll look something like this. Mm, nice and consistent. Yeah. That's rare. <laughs> you know what's not rare? So, uh, them ending that uh, release before they completed the whole show. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> all right, and another follow-up from last week was I got 
Two Love Rue. <gasps> last podcast. Two Love Rue season three and four. Previously showed off as well. Season one. And now I finally got season two, which is a moto. Moto, moto to love Rue. Mo- moto means uh, more in Japanese. All right. I always say motto to love Rue. I have it. All right. So after that, just like FTDNM did two weeks or two podcasts ago, I got the Sentai Select of Rosen Maiden. Did I convince you? And we uh, we had no, it was a Sentai. So we had learned that the that has a reverse cover that doesn't have the Sentai Select thing. Is that true? Yep. That's yes. good to know because um, I don't right. want to have that stupid oh. thread band. <laughs> also, I got a uh, Rosen Maiden Overture, oh, which oh, turns you did. out. Is already yeah, it turns out this also has it. So you uh, copied my mistake. You don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> and last, and lastly, for this, I got the third season, which is a word that looks like a Zerk Spellen. Zerk Spellen. Zerk Spellen is that the one? Is yeah, that one? So. Uh, so I'll just say that the art style change in that one you is, mentioned that last time. is annoying because of the eyelashes. So I'm getting closer to finishing Zatch Bell, sort of. I apologize if that was painful. All right, moving on. Yeah, I, I, don't, have a, I don't have a button to hit to make your uh, snare drum. Uh... Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> so, Sunday without God. Ooh, girl with a shovel that tries to save oh, the world. Oh, it's a shovel? Sort of a way. Uh, like yeah, that's a, that's a spear. Yeah, she's yeah, a great I'm keeper. pretty sure that's the spear of Longinus. <laughs> oh, you and your Longinus. That's the soldier that took Jesus, blah, 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 blah. So, next next up, speaking of Jesus, is fits the North Star DD with Toki right there. Ooh. Does that exist? I remember not liking this, but I only saw one episode, so probably need to give it a better chance. Yeah, well, after that. That's going to be on a special Patreon-only po- uh, watch club. <laughs> Don't know what this is about, but I think I see a lot of people cosplaying this. I just finished re-watching that. Up next is the comic artist and his assistant, a short series. Have you seen that? Ooh. So I, I'd just like uh, to... Half of it. I've been meaning to get back into... Hold on, hold on. It. Let's look at that cover again. I just want to uh, reiterate a point I made like in the, within the first three podcasts about how Sentai, for whatever reason, always... like If they don't know what to do, they're like, well, are there any promotional artwork with them in bikinis? Yeah, use that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they definitely do that. That's like their go-to method. Sex sells Christian Hales. I was just gonna say yeah, that. Something. It's it's funny oh. though because like the bikini like thing is like I could do without it. But I, I guarantee you the graphic artist at Sentai must have a bikini fetish or something. Because they're well, they're, they're the beach. I mean I think they just Houston. clearly understand the rule of sex sells or whatever. Okay. Sex sells <laughs> doesn't mean that you have to use the shot of them in the bikini. There are other I know, I know but they just really rely on that. 
is all. I'm just saying there's other promotional artwork that could have been more pro- provocative and mm-hmm. more catering to that sort of mantra um, than uh, oh, got than the bikini shot. Unless the bikini shot was the only one that they had that could fit that <laughs> provocative. Sure, but I'm just saying that it's they've used it. They've used the bikini shot for so many covers of their titles that uh, that certainly at least one of those had something else that was equally as you know, um, you know, would have worked equally well, and they could have stepped stepped outside of the bikini trope. <laughs> anyway, continue, Augie. All right, something that we've mentioned last the past fall, and now it's coming to fruition, which is. BT comma X. Finally. BT owning this. Apostrophe X. It's as B apostrophe T X? <laughs> not a not a comma, it's an apostrophe, yeah. isn't it? Yes, it is an yeah, apostrophe. It's, it's, and it's beat X. Yep. From the same creator of Saint Seiya. Second release in the US, a full release with an English dub. What gets me is it, this is an official release, but it's in a digi pack that almost looks uh, bootlegish. Okay. So did, what's your thoughts you about that, this spine? Um, off right stuff. Yes, I think that's the only place you don't can know why they had a one week pre order on this. That makes no sense because most pre orders are like did yours two arrive? three months in when advance. Oh, uh, I cheated and got the two day shipping, so I got it Monday. Okay, because I was going to, well, still, because um, I was going to say I ordered matchless ride O oh, from a right stuff along with the pre-order of that, and I still haven't gotten that. Anyway. Hmm. Okay. It will probably so, be in my mailbox when I get home. And the last thing I did, which I did the FDD, I did the FDD&M route, which is getting Infinite Stratos on Blu-ray. Ooh. But this is season one with a with a uh, music CD soundtrack. So, I also I go by season two. Season two. <laughs> oh, God damn it. It's strange that this thing, which luckily it's the size of a book. I'll forgive it. At least it's book size. Hold on. There's a This was easier one. to get yeah. than the standard <laughs> edition. The size of what book? The, the size of a, it's the size of a textbook. You're, <laughs> you're right, Augie, because I think I saw that season two DVD is out of print. For some reason, yeah, and strange enough, that's more expensive than uh, this bad boy. Yeah, I wish you had uh, told me that you were looking to get that. I would have sold you mine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Danny, well, uh, it only makes sentais hey, profit. So. Also, um, just so you know, Augie, there's a smaller DVD-sized um, one inside that if you want for shelf space. I know. But it's Except also cancer against the Blu-ray it's size. Also it's like slightly twenty dollars more than I paid for this bad boy. So, and does that bad boy have the the standard edition inside of it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm willing to bet bet that. But I no, it's not the it standard yet. edition inside it. It's like a digi pack with a a plastic slip case on it. I haven't opened it yet. I don't know. No, no, I have opened it. I'm just telling you what it is. Okay. Okay. So that's it for my pickups. Short, sweet, and elongated. (laughs) You guys are really uh, retracting those messages. (laughs) I like your message, Reese. (laughs) Hey, yo, Dano. (laughs) I don't know why it's just like... (laughs) 
<laughs> Somehow I got Hoover Dance or whatever. Like, what the hell is that? Sorry. I can't, I can't, I can't update it, so I just had to stop it. Yeah, give me that. Dane just posted an upside down smiley he's, face. He's south of the equator. Oh. In South Africa. So is it winter? My back. Uh, yeah. Or is it spring? Okay. Lots of snow is down there. It's probably in a transitioning period. Anyway, okay. um, are those Let's your. Um... Before my internet craps out. Yes. Okay. I, I ended it. <laughs> uh, am I locked in? Yes, and your frame no. rate is worse than Mononoke. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay, first we got Bodacious Space Pirates, the movie. Now I have Collections Ooh. 1 and 2 and the movie, so I have all complete. And Oh, God, where do I put this crap? Um, I'll put it in the pirate got, section. Then I got uh, Tomiko Marquette and Love Story, which I've watched both of... Um, as soon as I got them, essentially. So I'm already prepped for next uh, whatever watch club. I accidentally <laughs> did take this out of my cart. Um, Space Brothers Collection 1. I'm like, oh, Space maybe Brothers is amazing. I, I, I've been waiting to get all of it at once. Because I'm not going to watch it if I don't get by collection. Um, yeah, Sentai Sale, I'm definitely going to have to pick up the whole thing eventually. But... um. Yeah, I meant to take that out to save a bit of money, but turns out I didn't. But hey, <laughs> better sooner than later. And yet the town moves, the one that I've been pestering about last night in Facebook messages. So that one, um, the the character on the cover of that, every time I see that, I think of that um, that one that Augie keeps talking about with the girl with the eye patch. That's a lollipop. Oh, yeah. Another? No. The one, oh. the one with the maid that has the like rose. Uh, I'll get you the title. Rose and maid? No. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Okay. Anyway, good show. Next, we got Alharu X Machine Gun. I watched this a while ago, subbed, and then a dub came out. I'm like, oh crap! Now I have to watch a dub. Angelic Layer, which um, for you listening, Alex, I'm Lishansky. Um. This has a pretty good 5.1 uh, remainder from ADV, from what I can tell, because I only previewed one uh, episode. Brynhildr in the Darkness, copying Augie now, even though I copied myself. Copied uh, with an upgraded version. Well, you watched it. I rewatched it with the out. dub, because I watched it at the same time, Ahara X Machine Gun, and it ended differently than I remembered, but in a good way. And I, by the sounds of it, the manga didn't take it to a better place because it's elf and lead creator. It's basically oh, I need the second one. Got fruits and blah of Grisaya, which is uh, the stuff before the Kickstarter Grisaya. My brother started watching this, and it's like it's surprisingly good from what he told me. Hmm. Uh, gotta get the next stuff. Then we got. Wizard Baristers, which, fun fact, hey. the main character is half Canadian, half Japanese in the show. And she has this little maple leaf bike helmet. And it's also, I watched the first episode. It seems really interesting and high production quality. Engaged to the unidentified. The art style reminded me of. What? Kite. The previous one, the art style reminded me a lot of Kite. Yeah, it's made by the same hey, studio. I reviewed that one. Engaged to the unidentified? Yeah, I. 
I really enjoyed this the year that I watched it. I was just sad that I realized like three quarters way through the show that the guy is in the main character, and I was like, that's why it has like no development. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then we got Rose and Maiden. I have the complete now, like Augie, except I got the mm-hmm. non... I was about to say Jew-Ray, but now I said Jew-Ray. <laughs> I was going to stop myself, but I'm going with it. Gintama. So I have all of the Gintama Blu-Ray that is available because it's actually pretty expensive on Amazon on its own. So I'm like, you know, I should pick up Gintama, which is sad because it has a dub on it, but it's a different cast from the new dub cast for the TV series. And then we got... Ugh. Horror Under Arrest Season 3. So now I just have to put, wait for a potential relicense from the Cancer Animago uh, whatever the first season. Then we got... Or maybe, or what? maybe a, a Kickstarter. Wouldn't that be something? Sure. I'll take whatever I can get. <laughs> and then we got DG Sharat. Uh, the specials and OVAs because they were dirt cheap on Sentai sale. And then we got Clamp School Detectives, which is pretty heavy because it's like five discs in there. Because actually, along the other layer, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should watch like all of the Clamps here anime chronologically to see if there's any crossoverage that progresses throughout the years or whatever. I'm amazed by how thick that uh, case that you picked up was. When I looked at it, it didn't see much, but when I picked it up, it felt like uh, another type of Bandai release. That's what, this? That's where, a millimeter. Yeah. It, it, are you saying you're surprised that it was so thin? Thick. Thick? Or it was uh, slick. Slick? Felt heavy. heavy. Yeah, it's heavy. <laughs> um. You're describing how it looks, and, and then you're like, no, 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 how, how heavy it is. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Always changing. Okay, so now we're starting on the Funimation limited edition roundup. I got 91 straights as opposed to 91 days. Um, And then, because this, okay, these limited editions, they went on sale finally on Amazon. So then we got Survamp. This one was 85 or 75 at pre order price and never went down. And it finally went to 45 on Amazon.ca. And as soon as I bought it, it said one in stock. Now it's gone. <laughs> I am so happy because that was so cancer to get. And same with Lord Marksman Vanadis. Like this one was cheaper before, but it was 85 for the longest time. And it finally went down to 45. <laughs> Except it's still I really enjoyed it. You enjoyed that? I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It also has like this uh, old time, like the old school history channel. Channel section where they would and where they would show you the war where they would push like the figures. It has that sort of thing going on with it. Oh yeah, and by the way, this had one of those cancer uh, steel whatever sticky codes that I could see under the Ugh. back guard, and it was on the back Ugh. guard. Thankfully, stuck to the back guard, so that was safe. And this is actually a really nice limited edition because it has like um, embossment on like the letters and the character art and stuff. It's pretty nice. And then we got the most anticipated release of the the year century, Star Blazers, uh, Yamato's laser tasers. Actually, I don't think it looks as cancerous from my view, from what I can tell, the foiling. 
It looks freaking awful from my view. <laughs> I can't tell. I have Laser tasers. Laser taters. I have a tiny preview window, so from what I can tell, this is two pixels moving back and forth. <laughs> So the thing is, Laser I thought that it was they were just making the preview artwork on Amazon like really flashy and stuff. And as soon as we see the actual foil, the thing is the design, it's it's like permanent. You, every angle you see, you see yeah. the entire thing. So as soon as you can see the characters, it's got other line work kind of interfering with that. Yeah. So, all they, so bad. all they had to do was just was put a UV spot on it so that the characters didn't have that effect on them. <laughs> you know, like so that there was some depth uh, to the image so that some of them had the uh, the effect on them and other, other things didn't. Uh, but no, they just said like, screw it. I'm tired of vectorizing this. <laughs> tired of creating yeah. this alpha channel. Let's just, let's just release it with it on everything. The spine doesn't look as bad. Um, it actually looks kind of neat with some of the text. And they have the, the effect on the back, and it, it doesn't even work in context. It's not like you're trying to advertise some action adventure thing. It's just the ship. It looks like a, <laughs> uh, a really bad Aurora Borealis effect. Yeah. It, okay, you know, so. it reminds me like a, a, a quick zoom like effect. And the, the lines oh, like... okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, oh... So, so the the thing that I really hate about it is that it seems so out of place compared to all the other Star Blazer sets that exist. I mean, you're kind of off to that anyway because it's Blu-ray, so it's shorter. But yeah, no, it's but also I'm thinner. Just, I'm just saying that next to everything else that has been released so far, it's just going to look like crap. And for those of you who don't know, the Voyager logo made it into the final art nice. because... They had it on the original one, and then when they updated the artwork, they took it off, but it's mm-hmm. made it the final one. So it must be, a, it's probably a collab between them. So this is the release, no, not the, this is a release that I'm pretty sure none of you are expecting. So that was on Facebook, Brad. Mm-hmm. It's Listen to Me, Girls, I Am Your Father, Light Novel, Volume 13, with the OVA. Oh. Because I'm trying to pick up the OVA series, including... Engage to the Unidentified, I found out that apparently has two OVAs. Okay. I'm planning to get those in the future as well. But, but um, It also has a really music video. But what you just showed us is the Japanese release, yeah? Of course, yeah. Yep. Okay. So there's no point in me hunting that down. <laughs> no. Not unless you want to be me. <laughs> no. But, um, yeah. That would have... be considered a special, but... Uh, no, there was a special on the end of the Blu-ray collection or whatever. But uh, there's an, the other OVA is on the final volume of the light novel. And I think I saw a bit of something that may appear that it would actually have quite a bit of significance. So pretty excited about that. Now on to the cancer. Um, <laughs> food Horrors Season 2. <laughs> um, wood. You guys need to know that they actually... Oh, what the- they have a tolerable end label. Like before, it was they had Food Wars written all, across this entire thing, and it was cut off by this. But the final art, I guess, they actually grew a brain and were like, "Okay, we're putting it down here so people can read Food Wars." So I applaud them for that, despite the fact that it's cancer. And the thing is, unlike the first set, it has a little lip, so you have to set it on the side like that in your collection. The first <laughs> one didn't have a lip. 
But it's a pinto. You don't set them sideways. You set them flat. At least it's not as cancerous to put back together as the other one. But is it made of wood? No. Uh, it's the same thing as the Kamichu. I'm, I'm guessing. Knights of Sidonia or Sidonia okay. Season 2, Battle for Planet 9. I found out that this and the Agin releases, they all have the movies included, apparently. Yeah, the recap movies. Oh, the recaps? <laughs> That's whatever. AIDS, I don't care. But it's nice that they have them. Yeah. And they also have the Spanish dub. I've literally <laughs> been sitting here this whole time thinking, like, God, when is this stupid movie going to come out so I can watch it? <laughs> For which? <laughs> Uh, on, on both of those series, um, I watched them on Netflix, um, right. so I didn't have to open the uh, the premium edition. And, and, I I marked, and now that we know it's recap, you're like, oh, screw well, that. I, I marked them on uh, on anime, Just want to watch. and I, I saw the other two things, and I'm like, well, I guess I have to wait for those, right? <laughs> Literally had them this whole time, didn't even know. <laughs> Speaking of AIDS, uh, we got season one because... That one was more expensive. I got season two for thirty bucks on Amazon.ca pre-order. Woohoo! Okay, then we got Augie picked this one up. I'm pretty sure. Flip Flappers. This is when they started their non-cancer-sized initiative of Blu-ray only, whatever releases. That's a really got, good show. It's got a nice thick hardcover art book. Like I don't mind if they include something like that. And it makes it it's weighty, despite the size. Then we got. Haven't you heard I'm him? No, I'm Himikawa. Didn't you know? No, it's. Haven't you heard I'm Sakamoto Kun or whatever? And oh, oh, you got socks. My computer says important updates are pending. Remind me later. Okay, yeah, you get socks. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, it's one of those weird guy animes. And then we got probably the. What? You socks go on your feet. Oh. Yeah. You don't wear socks? What? Yeah, I, I wear socks. Anyway. Frick. <laughs> then we got probably Sentai's widest standard dimensions uh, limited edition Yikes. because it contains a CD, the DVD, Blu-ray, an art book little thing, and the extras box. <laughs> um, Tanaka-kun is always listless. Um... I watched this and I was actually surprised how much I enjoyed it. That's all I really got to say about that. Augie, do you have that? I do not. I have seen the first two episodes. I enjoyed it. I hated who previewed it for our anime club, but... And then we got straight as opposed to gate. Um, the Like, I'm reluctant to say this. You have not seen this show, have you? What? No, it's probably really good. My brother loves this show. Um, third recon. I hate how it says third recon because I don't understand what third recon is, even though it's obviously important to the show. But it makes me think, oh, I got third recon the anime. Actually, what dimension do I even show this on? How do I display it? <laughs> I have mine facing that way because the this shelf way? that it's on, yeah, the shelf that it's on isn't tall enough to lift it the other way. But as soon as it gets onto the next shelf, mine's this way. Go that way. It looks actually pretty good for being. A bit bigger than normal size. I just yeah. hate how it's... No. T- no? What? What you should do is like leave it right beside your desk and put have like a toy rifle next to it. Kind of lean yeah. it up. Yeah, that'll make it fit in. But, um... Yeah, this one... I have a problem with how tall it is because anyone... 
if you get a normal dimensions bookshelf, if you're trying to be efficient with space, you can fit 99% of DVDs in them. But if you get this thinking, oh, this is relatively regular size, it's it's not going to work. Yeah, that's just, that's exactly what's happening with mine because the IKEA bookcases are the shelf system is not exactly they're not exactly the same size for each shelf, right? Mm-hmm. So because they're not, um, some of my shelves will uh, will hold it, and some of them won't. Right now, it's on the very last shelf before it goes down to the next uh, you know row or whatever. Um, right. Uh, so as soon as it gets pushed off that edge, it'll it'll be able to fit correctly. Um, but on the one that's currently on, I have to lay, I have to lay it the other way. All right, so that's it for me. Back uh, to the desk. Reese, do you have any pickups you want to shout out, or should we move on? I don't have any anime pickups. I got comic pickups. Do you want to hear about them? Uh, if they're quick. Uh, I've just got like Ape Sapien Omnibus and a. Um... Uh, Hit Girl in Columbia. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) The next one is Hit Girl in Canada. I can't wait for that one. Oh, boy. Should you say sorry before every uh, assassination? Oh, no, I haven't read it yet. I didn't realize that they had more kick-ass comics. Oh, so it actually is. Yeah, it is Hit Girl. And and there's like a Newer kick-ass suit, the, the, uh, the new girl, like, or something. Yeah, when you said it, I was like, yeah, I don't care about this at all. Like, oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so something interesting uh, happened. So we've, we've talked about the Grisaya Phantom Trigger uh, Kickstarter. Crunchyroll had an article here. Grisaya Phantom Trigger opens crowdfunding for improved production. This is from August 1st, which is a little late for the Kickstarter. This is actually not for the Kickstarter. This is for Campfire, uh, which is the Japanese, basically a Japanese version of uh, of uh, Kickstarter, right? So that'll probably do a lot better than the actual Kickstarter. Well, I was thinking it might be fun to uh, hold on to this uh, page and look at them as like week to week as the podcast continues and see uh, how, like where they are in terms of funding and stuff in terms of how many people have contributed funding and what the actual overall. So we can like narrow it down to the average amount, basically Wait, go up slightly up. Damn it. Augie's face got in my way. Hold on, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought I saw a little preview of the DVDs. Oh yeah. Oh, that looks like it's gonna be nice size dimensions. Even though they confirmed to me that they would make it that way, but it's good to have a visual. I hope it's not one of those rough plastic sleeves that they put on it, like those yeah. liney ones. I hope it's like Grimoire of Zeros or something. Yeah, I don't think so. What I, what this actually might be uh, is a Japanese friendly. Uh, Kick version of the Kickstarter, right? It might, it might actually be the exact same thing. I'd have to look at them side by side, um, because I think that shipping to Japan. I mean, I guess it wouldn't matter. I don't know. I'll have to look into it in more detail. I didn't have time to go through all the articles, um, but other news. We've got some more updates for Kimigori Orange Road in uh, Konomonoji Khan. Um, so, 
Hello, backers. I sincerely apologize for the lack of updates. We are working on the computer and expect to finish that project by the end of January. Once we finish that project, we will be dedicating our time to Kodomo no Jikan. Right now, we are set to release Kodomo no Jikan Omnibus Volume 1 digitally to our backers by next Friday, uh, which I actually got that email uh but I didn't I didn't include it here because all it said was basically like, hey, go to this link and there it is. You know, uh, you can download it as PDF, but we also will give you all these other options if you want it. Uh, anyway, so it says it is a little nudge forward, but soon you will own a digital copy of the first omnibus. Uh, a week after backers have received their digital copy, we'll publish it on the eManga store at eManga.com, uh, which honestly is probably how they're going to keep paying their employees <laughs> to uh to get all the rewards out to us um we're still working on publishing manga more <laughs> anyway so basically i just wanted to keep us posted on the fact that uh they're either playing the longest con game ever where they're not getting any more money from us <laughs> by just stringing us along unless they're just keeping us from suing them they uh, actually did have a couple of new updates digital manga and i think one for the komodo g con whatever and they showed a preview of this product i, I don't think it was a bed sheet but it was something like was that that was fabric and i was thinking oh looks like they're actually freaking doing stuff <laughs> i don't know it, it gave me a bit more hope yeah Anyway, convention news. AWA is in six weeks. Kawa. Yep. Crunchyroll Expo to host premiere screening of Double Decker, Doug, and Kirill anime. So, this. If you're going to Crunchyroll Expo, have fun. Crunchyroll Expo to host designer Yoshitoshi Abe and writer Makoto Uezu. So. Um, as well as. Cool. Here, the um, the anime they're talking about. That's also in that article. This one here. Is yes, this the one. lane spell or sequel? So Yoshitoshi uh, Abe is from Haibane Renmei, Serial Experiments Lane, and although they will never admit it, um, Malice at Doll. <laughs> Technolize. <laughs> and Technolize, Technolize, yeah. Um, uh, and producer Ryo, or, uh, let's see. So is this the one uh, rewrite? Yeah, yeah rewrite. Uh, it's your time. So yeah, so that's also going to be at Crunchyroll Expo. Um, yeah. I I'm surprised Crunchyroll Expo is premiered at least two anime before Japan does. When is Crunchyroll Expo? September first. South. Okay. Well, uh, Southern Crunchyroll Expo is in six weeks, also known as AWA. Well, I, uh, I'm not going to say that I won't go to Crunchyroll Expo. I, I, I may, I may have an opportunity. I, I don't know, but I don't have any real desire to go, but I'm, I may have reasons to go that, that might make me. Impressions, videos, reasons. What state is it in? California, Southern California. Um, but, uh, no. Corrupt. I, I just I might I might be able to get a free ticket is why I might go. <laughs> um, it's just that it's uh, it, what's difficult about it is that I have to actually go there, right? <laughs> so uh, and spend so, money. Well, the free ticket's the easy part. It's the driving to San Jose and deciding if I only want to go for one day and all that stuff. That's going to be tricky. Anyway, live action news. I got some interesting stuff here. 
Hasbro plans a Power Rangers film follow-up. Now, I didn't see the other Power Rangers film that they did, but from the response I heard from people, it didn't seem like it warranted getting a... Yeah. I had this... I saw it. It was way better than Transformers. So, so yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. It says here the film. Maybe earned, stupid not. It said no. The film earned an estimated eighty-four million two hundred thirty-four thousand one hundred sixty-nine in the United States. Oh, okay. And worldwide, a total of one hundred forty million. I thought that was. I thought that said it cost them one hundred forty million. I'm like, there's definitely no way they should be making more. Yeah, what, was, what was the budget on that? Uh, if you look it up on Wikipedia. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. I'll tell you. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Hasbro has previous has our uh, pardon. Hasbro has, god damn it, Hasbro Sorry. was already named as the master toy licensee for the Power Rangers franchise and will take over the previous license holder, Bandai America, on April Fool's Day, twenty nineteen. <laughs> the budget was one hundred. That one. Bleh. The budget was one hundred million, even according huh. to MDB. So. So they made about forty million on us. I mean, that's nothing to to scoff at, right? They probably wanted more, but um, anyway. Yeah. So that's happening. Just know that that's happening. Twenty common writers to be memorialized in Heisei Generation Forever film. So that's nuts. Fandom like this. This is such a payoff. I mean, it's. It's kind of a cop out in terms of like, it's so easy to get fans excited. Like, just think about this. Literally, all you have to do, you start, you get the new season of Common Rider. Oh shit, ratings are down. It's not as good as the other thing. Quick, grab a fan favorite character, throw somebody in the suit, get him in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much all you have to do, right? And then people just just because their favorite character happened to show up for 10 seconds, all of a sudden the ratings of the show improve. It's like it's literally nothing is better, but people's opinion changes just because their favorite character showed up. And I just think it's really funny because Japan has so many long running shows like this that I mean, look at how many characters there are. Are there even this many doctors in Doctor Who? No. You know, so it's like it's crazy, and this this is just this is just twenty of them. I assume there's more. They did this the same thing with Power Rangers too, didn't they? Um, say what? Yeah, the Power Rangers. Like, and it's easy to do because all it is is a suit, right? Yeah, it's all it's, it's all Sentai so, anyway. So uh, Japan like has fallen into this gold mine of ideas of just literally being able to throw <laughs> anybody in a dang suit. You know, I think it's so funny. Technically, we have the United States does have a common rider distribution. But it's in Hawaii. I think Toxakaguchi is uh, one of the villains in Common Rider. Anyway, I'd like to get those DVDs if those ever get released. Oh no! What is hell? Uh... <laughs> it's Thomas like Sek- Frieza crossed over with. Uh, yeah. What's that anime that we watched? What's that? Uh, kiss guy. Tom. All right, oh. not Tom goes to the Detroit. mayor. FDDM. Uh, <laughs> Detroit Metal City. Detroit Metal City. Yeah. It kind of oh, looks Lord like Crosser? it kind of looks like yeah. The, what's the girl from Street Fighter with like the viper hair? Cammy. 
yeah, can't read. Not totally. That's definitely what I'm talking about. <laughs> no. Anyway, um, so the reason I'm sharing this is that they had these um, uh, goddamn uh, Galaxy Railways. Um, Mattel? Kept, yeah, Mattel and uh, and what's his name? Uh, from Galaxy Express 39. Goddamn it! What is the guy's name? Tojiro, right? Anyway, so they got these characters from all these things, and then where the heck is the friggin' this is all they have for the Dragon Ball thing is like the the article literally is is focused on that initial that initial shot where it flipped to Augie I immediately thought of uh, Frieza um, that's the Kabuki there (laughs) (laughs) hey a nod to Kabuki Man NYPD Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So let me. I, I posted one, another one in the at the very bottom for a live action anime series. Anime. Right. Oh yeah, this has been okay. So it's got a second season. So and a uh, movie. Oh cool. So uh, Kake Gurui. Uh, we talked about this anime a little bit. Um, it's the one. It's like this high stakes gambling. Uh, anime that apparently also has a live action adaptation also of the manga. That's on Netflix right now? Yep. It is, you can currently watch it and they're just uh, saying here that it is going to get a second live action season and a film. So that's good to know. Still waiting on the second, the second season. season of the anime. Yeah. It seems like uh, one of those things think... where it, might, it might actually be easier to just do it live. <laughs> so, because it's just like why even bother animating those scenes when you could just do it live. <laughs> I haven't watched the it. animation yet. is fantastic and the facial expressions cannot be duplicated in live action. Okay. Well, I, I was saying just, based on the premise, because I actually haven't watched it, but based oh yeah, on that's fine. it just seemed like, as you're saying, like the animation is fantastic, it's like, but it doesn't need to be. It's kind of like they're wasting their, the studio's wasting their time animating this when it could just be a live action show, but I'll have to, t- I'll have to give it a watch. Um, anyway. Funimation offers Sound Euphonium Season 1 for digital purchase. So I wanted to read this. So I'm going to go ahead and do that right now real quick. The first season of Kyoto Animation's Sound Euphonium anime is now available for digital purchase in Japanese on both Amazon and the iTunes store from Funimation Entertainment. Funimation offers several shows, including Fate Collide, Liner Prisma, Ilya, Three Ray, The Lost Village, Hitori Noshita, The Outcast as digital purchase only, it has not released these titles on home video or via its Funimation Now streaming service. So it'd be nice if they gave us a reason for why. But um, the original Sandy Phonium anime premiered in April 2015 and Sandy Phonium 2 premiered in October 2016. Crunchyroll streamed both seasons of the anime as well as the OVA that was bundled with the seventh Blu-ray disc volume of the first anime series. Pony Canyon USA released the first season on home video and they also just released season two that was dubbed and on a much better uh, size case. Both anime seasons have re- received uh, compilation films and all That's actually the, uh, the next first impressions video I'll be working on, by the way. Um, Pony King USA has not released the compilation films. All right, so nothing interesting here. They don't go into any detail about, about why Funimation is doing this. I have a thing uh, to say after your point. Uh, well, uh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, hmm, do you think this is why they said, oh, we're not reprinting season one? Because maybe Funimation is going to oh. handle the distribution afterwards. 
I didn't think about that. Uh, I don't know. That'd be nice. No, it wouldn't be nice. Why? Uh, They'd give us non-gouged prices. No, I, I, sorry, I meant if, if Funimation is just going to do it for a digital. Oh, oh not have physical. Yeah, if it had a physical for Funimation, sure, that'd be great. Um, anyway. Uh, Blackjack, Astro Boy, and Phoenix anime stream with English dubs on Amazon Prime. So uh, the reason this was shared, you said that it was because you were noting the fact that there is an English dub for Blackjack. So I didn't know. (laughs) Thinking back, I do actually remember there was a DVD release of this back in the day. But I don't remember who had it. I remember them not being in a standard. Oh, it's Beauty Blasters. I remember them not being in a standard sized uh, case or standard standard. It wasn't like a uh, uh, Amarine case. It was like a fold out, I think. But I'm. I tricked me. I thought we were continuing to talk about Blackjack. Want to go back and talk about Blackjack? Yeah. Yeah, Do you have anything to say other than oh, no? Great. No, no. I, I thought you was going to point out something for Blackjack, but you want went to Phoenix. Oh no, I, I was just um, I was just thinking that uh, I I was going to say that I forgot Phoenix had an anime. I knew it had a manga series from Tezuka. I just forgot that it actually got an anime, and then I was like, oh shoot, that's right. Not only did it get an anime, but it had already been released over here. Uh, anyway. So do you have anything you want to say about it, or should, can I move on? You, Augie, or me? Anybody. Oh. Well, well uh, what I was going to say is, is this the blackjack that was like way out of print and really yes. expensive? The anime oh. one. No, no. I was talking about the other blackjack. That... Oh, no, no, no. It's not. This is the... Um, no, anime no. Souls one? Okay, so Anime Souls is the one where they destroyed all the stock they didn't sell. Yes, yes. That's okay, it. so it was that. The and... other... The other one is the Blackjack Collection, uh, part one and part two. Okay, yeah. So, so this is the... Did they ever release all 52 episodes? No, they didn't complete it uh, through Anime Souls. Okay, that's cool. So hopefully Amazon will be able to distribute that for us. Uh, Amazon doesn't typically do that. Or you sub-license it to like Sentai or someone. Yeah. Uh, The Discotech will probably have it. Oh, that's true, because they got the movie. It'll get touched again. That sounds nice. It'll get touched again, Augie. Anyway. uh, Holy Chinese Electric Bagman Arch. Home video and streaming. For Darker Than Black. Season 2 will expire 8-31. Whether you love Beanie Hein. Everyone saw it coming. Yeah. Annie Uta... um, this is the uh, streaming, streaming site that we talked about in the last podcast. There's not available in Canada. That I said was going to fail within a year. So Over 10,000 songs. Yeah. That's, I have over 10,000 songs in my <laughs> iTunes library. Yeah, I was going to say. That doesn't <laughs> seem like a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is... <laughs> They're literally just throwing out. What are the, quick? What are some popular anime that are relevant right now? Uh, Attack on Titan season. Uh, well, fair, yeah, well to be fair, it's all that people really care about listening to because yeah, they're like. I, I just think it's funny because Attack on Titan season three has the worst uh, opening so far in the series. Yeah. So. 
Anyway. Um, continuing. Theater release news. So, G Kids and Fathom Events are going to bring Grave of the Fireflies to U.S. theaters. I'm seeing that this Sunday. Have you not seen it before? I own it, but I haven't seen it. Okay, I was just... Um, yeah, I, 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 I asked that question because I'm pretty sure that we had talked about this in the last podcast, and I just wanted to confirm. Just I'm not sure if it was when what you were away that Reese asked. Uh, yeah, I asked the exact same question. I've seen it once, and I, can, I would never want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made my. It's a great film. Don't get me wrong; it's a fantastic yeah. film. Everybody should watch it at least once. Yeah, so, so I'll say value is absolutely garbage. I'll say two things. Um, number one is that I made a teacher of mine watch this in high school, <laughs> and uh, she never forgave me. <laughs> uh, and number good. two, this is not an accurate dis- depiction of what happened. Um, well, yeah, because it's or, non-fictional. I mean, fictional. Actually, let me let me counterpoint this. It's not an accurate. Well, it's not an accurate depiction of because he doesn't actually die in real life. It's not an accurate depiction of what the U.S. told us happened <laughs> during World War II, because I was told, uh, or the U.S. at least wanted us to believe that leaflets were dropped for days that told the Japanese uh, that we were going to drop a bomb on them and that they needed to evacuate. Um, who who could say if <laughs> if those leaflets were properly translated or not? <laughs> anyway, um, so those I don't remember those being in there. Uh, at least I, I, same same over here. I saw it once and don't need to see it again. Um, but uh, Fandango lists Fathom Events screening a Perfect Blue. Uh, so this is going to be uh, relevant uh, due to the fact that Perfect Blue is about to get a Blu-ray release over here from G Kids. And all new Pokemon movie hits the U.S. Uh, did I have a date on this? Uh, no, it doesn't look like that. I don't care. That's... And this will take seven years to release it. Yeah. One side note: I'm glad I didn't buy a Perfect Blue from you that one time. <laughs> Gosh, the uh, the video I uploaded today for the flavors of youth, um, uh, for the flavors of youth um, impressions. Yeah. Impressions video, the clip when it goes to perfect blue, YouTube compressed the hell out of that whole video. I was so disappointed with how that came out um, on YouTube's end. Stuff I can't. Yeah, somehow you lost twenty seconds. I lost twenty seconds. Yeah, you should. When you showed me a version of it, it was nineteen, but oh, somehow you lost twenty seconds. First of all, I added a couple seconds. Changing. End. I so I just want to answer this question. Uh, is a flavors of youth worth watching? No, <laughs> this whole whole context could be shortened to the words no. <laughs> uh, the third the third uh, short is is. What does that say about Aquarian Evil? At the very bottom, for everyone. Where are we? <laughs> just, well, not the very bottom. But, yeah. Anyway. Jacob, who is that? Jacob, <laughs> Mitchie. This, this, this is a fake, uh, a fake conversation. Text conversation. This is dumb. <laughs> My, the joke has ended. All right, Stop showing it. 
Makoto Shinkai says on Twitter that his new feature film is set for next year. So for some reason, every time I see this, like I thought that I'd be over it by the time I actually talked about the article. Every time my eye catches this at the corner of my eye, my brain interprets it as the AT&T symbol. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, he's well, it is kind of relevant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's going to take him a few uh, years to um, to finish his next film, to which my response is, I kind of am not surprised because he has to live up to your name. You know, yeah. so it's like, it would be dumb. First of all, he's probably... He's probably like if we're wargaming this, he's probably giving himself some leeway. Yeah, seven years. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Hopefully, people forgot after seven years. Oh no! It says his next is set for next year. Oh, next year. Did this have a different title the first time I saved it? No. What the heck? Okay, so it says here that uh, May 2011, Makoto Shinkai sends a slightly timid message to a group of non-Japanese fans. Seven years later, he is the biggest name in animation and the creator of the highest grossing animation of all time. And he said, thank you for your warm words. We are producing a new feature film for next year. Wow. So um, my entire point about this seems to not actually uh, exist. Yeah, <laughs> it's completely not at all what I was talking about. I, I must have misread, but I'll just say like, I'm, I'm surprised. And, and now, now we can shift focus to the question. Do you think that his next thing will be better than your name? No it's comment because I haven't seen it. It'll all I gotta be the say, same, or it'll be too textbook. All I gotta say is that um, I will be happy about one thing for the next film, which is that when it says "from the creator of your name," I won't want to smack my face. Yeah, because <laughs> like the everything that Comics Wave does now claims that it like they they try to piggyback off your name, even though Shinkai's not been associated with. Like it's not even comic slave. Is it wasn't uh, that shaft whatever fireworks? Fireworks, yeah. yeah. Uh, from the from the producers of your name, but like produ- but they still say creators just Pro- to be vague. No, it says from the producers, but producers is written real small, and your name is written real big. Yeah, <laughs> from your name. Yeah. Anyway, so um, it'll be interesting to see if he can top himself because I think. So I actually realized I haven't seen Children Who Chase Lost Voices. Same, like, my hair was bad though. Well, every every other Shinkai film I saw felt like it had improved, like he was getting better each each time, right? Um, and that all leads up to uh, Garden of Words, and then from Garden of Words to Your Name, right? There's no one. There's no one in between there, right? Probably, I don't think so. So I uh, think this next one's gonna be a shorter one just because of the pattern that he's been doing, like longer, short oh, oh shorter. I, I, I heard that is shorter. <laughs> I I, I Short, could, shorter. Shorter. Yeah. I heard shota as in Oh yeah, oh yeah, shota. That's yeah. what I heard. My little boy. Of course. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, so I have a feeling he's gonna to try to weasel in his typical ending for the next one. Yeah. He might, well, actually, you know what? He could easily top it by just, you know, doing this new thing called not having a horrible uh, conclusion. Just repeating that, and then it's like, oh, it's got a different story in general. Hold on, guys. 
holding on currently. Will the pin poke the umbrella? Okay. As yeah, it has yeah. a reflection. <laughs> All right. The so rain. Move on to this. We spent way too much time. Boy, that noise is really annoying. <laughs> My father-in-law is, is like watering outside, and it's like this ridiculous screeching noise coming from the hose unraveling. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Digimon gets a new film project with original anime staff and aged characters. Hey, you know what's cool about this? The staff is aged too. No way. <laughs> so, what timeline are we in? Uh, uh, he, he's like 20 or 22 years old. Yeah, 22. Designers tease 22 year old Ty. All I gotta say and is Matt. Um, oh. And Matt, who and rightfully Matt. should have Sora as the wife. Why rightfully? He was a complete ass the whole time. <laughs> Do you not realize what crap he went through? His parents divorced. He had a brother they had to deal with the whole time. He was lonely because he didn't know how to deal with stuff. And everything just keeps getting so worse and worse. for entitles him to Sora. And uh, because Ty gets everything, he should have everything. I just want to throw out here something I totally forgot about. Uh which is how incredibly precious um what's Tari? yeah her her okay. whistle blowing oh in, yeah uh, oh movie. yeah how precious that was where she like they they did every all of her communication was through blowing on that little whistle that yeah. was that was adorable anyway um so yeah i mean more actually yeah you're right kari's be- who ty should end up with you're right <laughs> as canon for hosoda's that one episode he directed i'm not even kidding yeah <laughs> So anyway, uh, so it's goes underappreciated. Where, um, I mean, I guess Digimon has technically been coming out all this time. Like it seems all of a sudden like we're getting all this Digimon, but actually Digimon has been. It's weird getting it. Well, but. to be fair, it, it, they stopped in 2012 after uh, Fusion or Cross Wars season three aired, and then it Star had Wars? a research. Hmm. Cross Wars. No, I'm pretty sure it's Cross Wars. They just uh, spell it aut- autistically, but um, the thing is, I'm kind. Of, it's called Digimon Adventure the Movie, I think, which is what the first one was actually called. So, I'm kind of hyped for the fact this might actually be treated like a movie instead of a film series because they have some really cheap tricks in the Tri movies. So, I'm hoping this one will look like as good, even better as the original Digimon movies, like the first three, and. Uh, yeah, just in modern and looking all fancy and stuff. So bring back Memor Hosoda. Ty's, yeah. uh, Ty's Japanese name is I'm a gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there was a, this theory going around that no uh, Kari is light because Hikari is light or whatever, <laughs> and Yagami <laughs> is I'm a gay backwards. No, not well, yeah, you can say that, but the thing is she is light Yagami because Hikari Yagami. <laughs> That's hilarious. Isn't Light's original name Ratio something, and all of a sudden they changed it to Light? Mm, I don't like Papa Rocks and Bobo 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 Bobo. Do we have any more to say about this, or can I? All I have to say no, is yay more Digimon. Yeah. It's, uh, well, so here, here's the thing I'll say about that: uh, yay more Digimon from the original character. Even better, yeah. That's that's an additional plus. It feels like this is, what, 
20 years too late? <laughs> like, where have they been with this? <laughs> um, okay, so Code Gay Ass, Fukatsu no Lelouch, uh, sequel is uh, finally dated. Yeah, I think they said 20. Why you don't like this show? I haven't mm-hmm. seen the show. Why did you Why say are you bashing it? I'm not bashing it. I just I just don't know how. He's just using the meme. I'm yeah, it's a meme. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so yeah, I'd love to actually do code uh, gay ass for a uh, for a watch cool. club at some point, just so that I can be forced to sit down and watch it. I have a comment on this. Is that um, I think they originally said when they first announced it, it was like, oh yeah, in 2017 it's coming out. Uh-huh. I'll take a look at this. <laughs> and That's now it's quality content. Its name is called. Resurrection, resurrection instead of resurrection. Is that what they did? They change that, or have I just not noticed it? Yeah, it's. Fukatsu. I think they're just playing with it. Yeah, they're playing with it because it's Fukatsu no Lelouch, which is That's Fukatsu still resurrection. No Fukatsu no F is uh, resurrection F uh, yeah. for Dragon Ball Super. It's still mm-hmm. resurrection. Yeah, it's, it's, resurrection. The same, it's the same word, but they're just get they're playing with it. I know. It's just I didn't see ain't playing before. Uh, yeah, it looks like it is the actual Japanese. Just call it. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. <sighs> Karakuri Circus TV Anime First PV announces it's October 21st. I don't remember why I shared this. I don't. I mean, I guess we could talk about the character's face. It almost looks like Brigadoon. Or the, st- <laughs> the character styles. <laughs> well. Okay, so the character here, I was gonna say something. He kind of reminds me of uh, Golden Boy meets Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> I haven't seen Big Trouble in Little uh, China. Oh man, <laughs> the, the guy with the muscles there—he kind of looks like a bean uh, from Writing Bean. Oh uh, yeah, I need to add. Uh, that's oh, that's a guy. Add the headband and shades. This character. Yeah. Oh my god. If that was a female, oh, this oh. Character? what are you talking about? Thank you. Well, like those are uh, the 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 ripped here. one, AC. The ripped yeah. one. The ripped one. Well, this character's arm has literally been ripped off, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> ripped or ripped? Well, that's the thing that looks like the Brigadoon character. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I agree. It looks kind of like all right. He looks like um. They the shading gave, doesn't they help at all. Him the. Uh, <laughs> so let me just. Can no, I just AC picks Hold on. breasts. Let me just acknowledge that the anatomy on this looks actually really garbage. <laughs> like the, the, the anatomy drawing for this is just. I, no. I don't know. If Are the, you sure it's the anatomy is wrong, or someone needs a sight test? The I'm telling you, the anatomy is wrong. Okay, don't question me on this. Um, if you were to put your finger over his nose and eyes, and I guarantee you, the lower jaw here is uh, the stereotypical anime drawing of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like they just took Schwartz. I'm putting my finger. I'm putting my finger on. It's just covering his yeah. face. Picture it now with a straighter nose and sunglasses. It's it's all those drawings you've seen uh, whenever they put Schwarzenegger as Terminator or whatever in an anime. Uh, anyway, so um, Karakuri Circus. So we'll see where this goes. I I, I forgot that I had shared this. <laughs> um, something about it. I don't know if it's the pose or whatever, but it really makes me think of Big Trouble Little China. Anyway, with Kurt Russell, yeah, right? Side-checking for, side for two seconds. A Schwarzenegger anime. Have you seen Blood Like a Battlefront? Uh, no, I haven't. What's I the title again? 
blood blockade. Blood blockade battlefront. Oh, yeah, that thing that's on there. Oh, the guy who made the um, Trigun. Are you about yes, to mention yes. the werewolf-looking guy? No, I was going to mention the scene in one of the episodes where they showed parts of the movie Twins. With, with Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. I can't remember if they showed Schwarzenegger <laughs> persona or is that just like such. I can't remember what what they showed, but yeah. did they did they actually reanimate? I'm at an outdoor movie theater watching Twins. But is it like the actual? I don't. Is it the this, actual footage from the movie, or did they? No, it was all animated. It was, it was, I don't remember. I've never seen the movie myself, but I just know that it was from Twins, and they had this really awful Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions in the English dub. Let me just say it's uh, it's a bad Schwarzenegger movie, but it's a great Danny DeVito movie. <laughs> We keep mentioning twins a lot on this podcast. One of these days, we're going to end up watching it. <laughs> I've seen about it. Uh, um, anyway. To me, one of the not a Terminator clone, but another one that takes a good reference to Terminator would be a Hina Matsuri, like in the first two episodes. But I, I watched it. On. Um, New Ghost in the Shell will have two seasons. Moving on. Uh, Ingress the animation blurs <laughs> boundaries. So, uh, just for the record, the only reason I'm moving on is because there's there's nothing in the article that seemed interesting other than it. It's, um, like it's ugh, okay. Let's not move on. Both seasons being directed by somebody by one different directors. So yeah, and they're going to be twelve episode seasons. So they're Ghost not. That's the show. Is that why we see fully coolly? Yeah. So that's yeah. well, the only thing I see of interest is the beginning sentence saying production IG U.S. president. So they have a branch over here. Yeah. So um, they will hopefully give us replacements for those Blu-rays. So anyway, uh, there's nothing much to see here. And the thing is that basically it's going to have one season. Okay. Because it's going to be 24 episodes. And this is this two season crap is just like the new way of doing things. Like this isn't, don't get too excited. Two cores. Unless they're completely different universes. Like one in the standalone complex and one in Arise. Oh, kill me if they go to Arise. <laughs> and then Funimation has a standalone complex dub, dub cast for the one and then the Arise dub cast for the other. Good. <laughs> a few days ago, it was hey, uh, Mamoru Oshii's birthday, so yeah, happy birthday. Mary Elizabeth McGlynn will be in both, just as different freaking characters. Um, <laughs> new cast member also reveal. Okay, so again, Ingress is the game that. Uh, they built oh the pokemon go pre so i want to know (laughs) blurs boundaries with a real-time story event so ingress the animation an upcoming tv anime based on the reality hacking ar smartphone game from niantic pokemon go uh is blurring the boundaries of media with a real-time story event that serves as a prequel of sorts and reveals the backstory for three okay so as far as i'm concerned if you're niantic and you had so much success with uh pokemon go don't try to re-resurrect Ingress as an anime. <laughs> Nobody cares about it anymore. <laughs> Nobody's playing Ingress. <laughs> the thing, the thing that I think is so funny about this is that, um, so normally what happens is, uh, get, like you know, a company comes out with an idea, and then all the other big name companies that are in the same sort of field, they're like, "Okay, we have to compete with them." Put out, a, you know, you know, it's like, okay, so Pokemon Go's come out, and other companies are like, "Shit, why didn't we think of this?" And we got to move on something. What property can we use, right? And Harry Potter. Oh, well, they did. Uh, they did. Uh, um, 
they did a Jurassic World one or something like that. It was uh, like, is it the, the Harry Potter one? Yeah, but here's the thing. You can only play one of these games at a time unless you buy multiple phones and whatnot. You know? That's so true. this is like one area where basically whenever you leave, this is actually one of the reasons why I hate Pokemon Go and I'm just looking for <laughs> excuses to stop playing it. It's because I feel like I have to turn it on every single time I leave the house just so that I'm making progress, hatching eggs and stuff, you know? And it's like, if you're going to make all these other AR games, eventually it's like people are just going to stick with one. They're just going to stick with one because there's no point in playing multiple ones. But they'd only been playing, they would only be playing one anyway if they didn't make these others. Well, I'm saying they're they're either going to stick with one or they're going to stop playing them altogether. Right. You know what I mean? So... Okay, so this is what I want to know. The real-time story event will lead up to the broad... So basically, I'm going to make a prediction. The real-time story event is literally just going to be... It's going to be like the Pokemon Go research thing with Professor Willow. Hey, I'm trying to find you. And it's like, that's that's the real-time story event. It's going to be if if you're you're the among the three people who are still playing Ingress. Uh, it's going to have some dumb event that's going to lead up to the premiere of the anime. That's what I'm going to guess. Uh, so the event will lead up to the, event to the broadcast of the first episode of Ingress Animation. And players will be charged with collecting story fragments. Okay, so I, I'm not even going to bother to read this. I'm going to guess that that's exactly what I just said. So that's all I wanted to know. Moving on. Hayao Miyazaki. Okay, so this is the one that I was getting confused with, with the Shinkai one. Hayao Miyazaki <laughs> needs three to four more years to finish next film. So let me ask you guys this. Miyazaki hasn't released anything since your name came out. Is that correct? Um, he did a short. But, that's kind of, he yeah. did a short that kind of prompted him to say, I want to direct again. Yeah, but he didn't actually um, make a movie, though, right? Like nothing that was like theatrically going to compete. Uh, your yeah, name? nothing after The Wind Rises. Okay, so. You said you were going to work on some sort of happen. caterpillar story. Here's what I think is gonna. So this is this is. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip around what I was saying about uh, about Shinkai and say Hayao Miyazaki. This is probably his last chance to be relevant. To flip the table back in his favor after your name came out, right? His next spirited away. So what's gonna well, <coughs> Princess Mononoke, depending on how how you look at it, but yeah. Um, so what's probably going to happen here is that Miyazaki is going to either blow us away or he's going to die a year before this is finished. <laughs> and then he'll have the deniability of not, of yeah. not having, it's like, well, it didn't, it didn't live up to your name. It came close because he, did, or, or it will beat your name because he died. <laughs> it's like, take your death to go platinum. <laughs> I think why he's taken longer on this, aside from old age, is he might not have revealed that he's maybe non-retired. he's arthritis. Uh, maybe. But who knows? Quality isn't measured by quantity. So I, I think what it is is that Miyazaki um, very much sticks with the old, very time-consuming way of doing things, which is oh, one yeah. of the reasons why his work is so... Um, appreciated you mean sells last time i checked they sell sells at ghibli right i'm not sure that I, they've introduced computer work for sure i think uh, marnie when marnie was there was done with cells like obviously they do compile it with uh other stuff on the yeah. seed well 
just because you're using cells doesn't mean that you aren't using computers for anything, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, let's see. Um, The wind rises. You can't go out on that. (laughs) (laughs) Ponyo couldn't go out on that either. Like literally I've said this numerous times, but as soon as Ponyo was like one minute from ending, I'm like, ah, finally the movie's starting. (laughs) You know? And then the credits rolled. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, but yeah, so, so you, Miyazaki, there's gotta be a tremendous amount of pressure on him. Like just as an artist and as somebody who's been lauded as being so incredible. uh, I, I really thought that he was going to die before somebody else um, took the limelight away from him. I'm assuming he's still a smoker, so he could very easily get lung cancer at a moment's nah, notice. Nah, you know what? Something about being an anime artist, uh, if you're a smoker and a mon- mangaka, uh, it somehow extends your life. <laughs> Like it just—I don't know why it, it extends your life. Like the stress of the stress of being a manga artist is so great that the reduction of stress you get from taking a, a hit off that cigarette um, actually makes you live longer. Maybe <laughs> because if you're a manga artist, unless you're just bulked up on work and you choose not to, a lot of them can sleep in all day, sleep in on days as long as they get the work done. Well, All of I'll, Ghibli's cells are this. smoked, damaged. One of my, I have so much, um, I have so much uh, respect for the artist who created Golgo Thirteen, because the guy smokes, uh, and literally, he doesn't like to wait for whiteout or whatever to dry, so he literally dries it by blowing hot cigarette smoke on it. Nice. <laughs> Well, I explained some of it. That, that's actually interesting. Referring to yeah. the, I that's can aesthetic to it. Yeah, and it, yeah, it does actually. He uses it. Uh, he literally in his artwork uses like smoke. I don't want to say smoke damage, but like smoke artistic effects from his own cigarette to <laughs> to do it. And it, or actually, you know what he does is he oh. um, he takes a hit off the cigarette so that the end of it, the embers get hot. Right, and that he puts it up in front of the uh, the stuff. Anyway, um, there's a video I can show you guys about it. Let's see, can you lock the video onto your screen? Yes, it is on me. Do you need to say something about it? Um, for GoGo Thirteen, one of the there's only like one movie that hasn't been released over here. Queen Bee. It was like the er, no Queen Bee. No, oh yeah, no, not Queen Bee. There's the professional queen bee, and there's a third one. Oh, you're talking about well, the- this third one like predates that. It's like a live action. Oh no, the cool- Operation Kowloon. That's been released over here. Is Sunny Chiba in the one you're talking about? Oh, uh, that's the same movie that you just said. I know. I'm asking if he's in both. Mm, good question on that one. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, yeah. Also, the maiden one that you were trying to remember, the English title is Our Maid is Way Too Annoying. Yeah. So um, based on this image here, I will say real quick because I want to kind of get through this so we can uh, move on. Um, 
artwork wise, it kind of is giving me Princess Kaguya vibes, which was a uh, experimental Takahata one, correct? Uh, Takahata. Uh, my neighbor Siyamatas. Well, I actually really like my neighbor Siyamatas, which is down here. Um, I thought they did a phenomenal job putting this oh, artistically, but um, I wanted so badly to to like Princess Kaguya. In fact, Hit Girl, um, Chloe Grace Moretz is the the voice actor for uh, Kaguya in that. But um, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really boring. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping that they don't. I, I'm hoping that if they do, if they approach that art style again, that they do something better. <clears throat> Than a Japanese folktale, and don't do Mononoke. <laughs> we did Mononoke. Oh, the right. princess, yeah, right. So, I want to talk about uh, Sakuga Weekly Attack on Titan. Um, I just want to mention. So we, we've we've talked about the concept of Sakuga on the cha- on the uh, podcast before. Um, right. I yeah, I can show this. They can't. They can't get me for this. Sock Takaguchi. There's some, there's some in, incredible three to omnidirectional gear move, uh, scenes in the f- beginning episodes of season three, and uh, they talk about how long was it like seven months or something like that. It was a ridiculous amount of time for somebody to to do the keyframes for it. Have you seen the full clip of this? I've seen. I've seen the the first two episodes of season. Three. Okay, so you've seen. So I, I have seen it, yeah. Um, but uh, I will say that. Shoot, I don't see the actual, the actual number on how long it took. Yeah, half the time was spent on that one scene. Yeah, <laughs> what I'm what I want to say about this is that um, I'm a little bit worried that they spent I mean I I don't want to say it wasn't worth it right it was an amazing scene. the scene alone is the reason why we had to wait a year for the season three <laughs> no, I, I don't I don't think I wouldn't say that but uh I would <laughs> but I would say that uh, I'm a little bit worried that if that if they spent that much time on that what does that say for the rest of the season is that gonna be the highlight Sakaga Entire. That's a good point. It, as a manga reader, probably is. Okay, so because season three, I speculated, is going to go into the politics and the coup. Is that is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So I I'm okay with them because I think that I think that the storyline of Attack on Titan can actually handle that that shift in focus. Um, because they, which is why the OP is so crap compared to the other ones. Right. Actually, I was going to say that too. I think that I think the the OP is um, an afterthought. It just it caters to the change of pace, but I just don't think it's mm-hmm. good. I think that the the thing about it is that it's a very popular Japanese um, singer artist. Like it's not Gact, but it's somebody like Gact. I think it's Hyde. I, yeah. Right. right. Um, so basically, it's like uh, this is the chess move of a Japanese yeah. studio. Is that okay? So we're going into season three. We want to keep people hyped on this. We're changing the focus. What can we do? It's like okay. So we got to get the big guns. Get me. It's like get me Pavarotti, right? But it's actually like your Japanese 
pop rock uh, ancient guy from who's way past his prime, but everybody still loves. Like, uh, it's kind of like, um, uh, God, what's like a like Bruce Bruce Springsteen? Let's say, right? It's like people people for whatever reason still like absolutely love to go see Springsteen in in, uh, in concert, you know, kind of thing. So just it's imagine imagine that a new Hollywood movie is coming out with a theme song by Bruce Springsteen. You know, it's like it's, it's basically what it feels like. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> so uh, uh, at least I did get Link to Rajan for the ending theme, though. Yeah. Uh, all new City Hunter anime film posts yes. first teaser trailer and visual for February eighth, twenty nineteen release. So uh, we have actually been talking about this uh, a little bit. This is the one we've already discussed. Why is this not loading? So technically, we're having three City Hunter movies. We got the live action from China. There's a live action from France, and then you there's mean- this one from. The the one from China is a um, a live action series. Oh, yeah, it's a drama. Not the no 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 not the Korean drama. I'm so pretty sure there's a, I'm pretty sure there's a Korean one and a Chinese one. Anyway. I know there's a Korean one because they used to air it on uh, Hulu. Yeah, but what I'm talking about is recent stuff. Okay, well. I just would love it if they would actually get their acts together and get it over here, personally. I hope this spawns like uh, like the new movie actually comes out from some other distributor and then that prompts everyone to, oh, let's pick up the TV series. Yeah. What's going to be sad is it's the whole spawn of this isn't because of City Hunter's anniversary, which I hope it really is. But the celebration of Moonbeam City bringing this in, bringing the Rio Saiba character into pop culture again. Well, I think that uh, what's important to note here is that if, because this is actually about the uh, anniversary, right? We just established that. Right. So we've talked in the past about how a certain company, who shall remain nameless, creates boogie woogie boxes <laughs> for <laughs> for anniversaries, for things we don't actually give a crap about, you know? Uh, but this, and I stated this back then. When you do an anniversary, give us more of the show. Don't yeah. give us a dumb cancer edition. <laughs> right. So it's good to see that we're getting a, a little bit more here. At least it's not Pachinko Machine. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think there oh, was. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was um, one uh, in addition to that. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> What's BPO? Uh, program Improvement broadcast, Organization. Broadcasting Ethics and Program Improvement Organization. So a yokai watch character's groin is the target in the latest BPO complaint. <laughs> Sorry, I can't get over this this guy. He's just a little teapot. His body language and the look on his face, he knows exactly that he, he knows that he's <laughs> Like he's, he's saying, yeah, I dare you. I dare you. He, he knows what he's got. He knows how to use it. All <laughs> oh, the thrusts and all. Oh god, I'm love him over. So uh, the kids' anime <laughs> yokai watch is the target of of yet another published complaint on Japan's watchdog group broadcast. Oh, this is going to get censored over here. <laughs> the anime previously drew ire for suggestive banana eating. <laughs> <laughs> 
every every time I think about that, I think about that scene. And um, did you guys ever see the the Jack Black and Michael Sarah movie Year One? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that scene where, where the where the cave, you know, they're both cavemen. They're looking at the girl. She's eating the banana in a very seductive manner. And Michael Sarah says, "Wow, she's really making that banana last." <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, but this time it's a character with a suggestive <laughs> crime. <laughs> the yokai uh, Zundonmaru appeared in the Yokai Watch Shadow Side uh, Television's anime's fourth episode that aired on April 27th. A wasteful guy. The character is <clears throat> a luchador wrestler, with the exception that his spandex includes the spout of a teapot. Overall, it's a comically suggestive character design. But once Zundamaru's hip thrusts were added into the mix, <laughs> why is there no GIF? <laughs> Some parents thought it was much <laughs> <laughs> this... I can't. I, I'm. It's taking everything I have to hold my composure right now. <laughs> What's weird is you have them complaining about this, but if you look at this live action segment of this guy, he typically messes with people to try to make them better. And the segment's called Hard Gay. Oh, I love Hard Gay. Okay. So you have him trying to cook for children to kind of, to try to get them to eat the vegetables yeah, that they don't want. Yeah. Natto, carrots. Yeah. So, so um, I'm just going to use podcast magic right now and uh, put this out there that that needs to get a release over here. <laughs> And that this needs I, to come over here. Uncensored. No, no, no. That hard gay needs to come out on DVD oh. over here. I've probably seen every one of the skits that was ever released on YouTube. <laughs> I hate guy. to say this, but I wish you would have told me that you liked it because it had a hard gay costume at it, AX. <laughs> I think that was just the fetish wear booth. <laughs> no, no, it, it had the character on there. So um, it was the one with the four foot uh, Nara from uh, Love Hina. So just just to uh, bring people up to speed, Hard Gay is a Japanese comedian named Masaki Sumitani who uh, was a professional wrestler in in the Japanese professional wrestling uh, circuit. You know, um, and uh, his stage presence was Hard Gay. Uh, the character he is a gay stereotype of like just epic proportions <laughs> and uh the guy's actually married to a, a very attractive uh uh japanese model um a female model an idol or whatever um but uh yeah he's uh he's quite a character in fact i think actually i think that there's an anime that he ended up in the background of like they they animated him into one of the scenes but um yeah, he's a he's a riot. Anyway, so uh, oh yeah, this is what, I was, what else I was going to say. Um, so he did a cover of the Village People song YMCA. Nice Japanese, right? Oh no, the song is titled <laughs> "Young Man," and I would tell you to look it up so you could hear it, but you'd have to type into your search bar "hard yeah, game, man, young hard man." Game. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> So better use that incognito mode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So anyway, um, the character is not a little short. The BPO published a complaint in its June 2018 edition. The complaint cites a kettle-like character that appears with with a a 
poor spout on its lower body as he vulgarly shakes his waist. It is inappropriate for a children's time slot. The BPO received 1,635 opinions from viewers in June 2018. Do they mean this many for this specific complaint? Because that'd be nuts. Um, Holy God. That's a lot of people. Any kind of opinion these are, counted. These are the people who noticed, who looked over at the TV when their kid was watching it and noticed, if, if it is, in fact, specifically about this very I don't think it is. particular thing. But it, this is the number of people who actually noticed and took it upon themselves to actually complain rather than just, you know, not, you're not watching Noticing the show anymore. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. God, I just like it. The, the face and the pose is so funny to me. Like he just knows how he's, he's like, uh, he's, he is, um, eh, soup's up. He's, he's like, he's poking the sensors right now. Like, I'm like, Hey, is this Sensor too me. far? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, I spent enough time. Yeah. On I may or may not have been stalling, so we did not talk about this one. <laughs> uh, Honjitsu Watashi wa Enjo Shimashita manga canceled due to online controversy. A manga about a girl who likes to cause online controversies is now canceled due to an online controversy. <laughs> the editorial department <clears throat> of Hobuncha's Manga Time Kirara Max magazine revealed on Twitter on Friday that, that Dogezu's oh god I'm here. today I went up in flames manga has ended with the most recent chapter that debuted in the magazine's August issue on June 19th. The editorial department explained that the manga was originally slated to return after a temporary hiatus. However, after discussions with Dogeza, the decision was made for the manga to end. The manga centers on a high school girl named Kanae, who is trying to become a MeTube, which is the manga version of YouTube, uh, star. She realizes that even negative feedback can lead to more views for her videos. Therefore, she decides to use provocative content to create a controversy as a kind of marketing ploy. Now, I'm just going to say right here. So this is like the producers? Yeah, I very much think that this is a, quote, marketing ploy. I think think this is a marketing ploy by the manga artist. (laughs) Literally, like, okay, well, I'm basically done with the show uh, or the the manga. Now, how do I get uh, more people to see it? Uh, Oh, I just end it prematurely because (laughs) because of an online controversy, right? Uh, so the Enjo in the manga title literally means flaming up. But it also refers to online controversies and flame wars that receive floods of comments and responses. Online commenters recently discovered discriminatory, uh, discovered discriminatory comments Dogeza posted on Twitter as early as September 2012. In the post, the creator's remarks included a slur referring to Korean people, disparaging remarks against foreigners, and criticism of people on welfare. After the publisher of Dogeza's manga learned learned of the controversy, the decision was made for the series to go on on hiatus. Dogeza posted an apology on Twitter on June 25th that said, I apologize for troubling and annoying certain people through my tweets uh, posted in the past. Dogeza also made follow-up posts clarifying the creative (coughs) feelings and emphasizing the apology. Dogeza then appeared to take a break from Twitter for about one month 
The creator returned and posted a series of angry and sarcastic tweets on Thursday that referenced receiving unwanted direct messages on Twitter. Dogeza's entire Twitter account has since been deleted. The controversy is similar to the one for New, New Life, Young Again in Another World, light novel series author Mine faced in June. Uh, Twitter users discovered Mine's tweets from several years ago that included discriminatory remarks we already know all this stuff. So basically, don't insult Korean or Chinese people. Yeah, apparently uh, they're protected class in Japan. Kind of an interesting thing. Like I, I would have thought that Japan uh, cared more about their own people rather than um, pre- like shutting down the free speech of uh, people. So it's like you got to understand. Like this is an important to to understand is that um, I, I I care so little about this. I don't know. I've never heard of this people thing. People will eat other people if given the chance. Like I, if without consequence. So let me just say that this podcast uh, this podcast is not um, not ideal. Obviously, regarding the where I'm recording it and how much time I've had to uh, to get everything sort of set up and everything, but. Um, uh, it would be great to actually find some archives of some of these tweets and go into a little bit more detail before we comment on. I'll just say that. I, I just, but honestly, at this point, I've, we've been through so many of these. I just don't care. Uh, do, you, do any of you guys have something to say? I think we should revisit this in the future. I just think it would be really clever if they, the author, intended for something like this to happen, it, so that I, people could realize, hmm, the online controversy in this manga is similar to how this is playing out in real life or whatever. Right. Here's here's my conspiracy theory here. I think that this manga was written because the creator lived this life of realizing that negative feedback leads to more views. I bet that this person was uh, what do you call like a not like shock comic, but like what do you call it? Like a, like they were outrageous, provocatory, you know, they're they're sort of uh outlandish. No, what's the word? Um, you guys know what I mean. But basically, like, I, I think that that's who their personality was. They were saying things to get a rise out of people, mm-hmm. uh, and they and they realized they could use that to you know do certain things. And then they they wrote a story about it. That's this is again this is all speculation here. You're in my conspiracy theory corner about it. And uh, now that we've gotten to the point where people get fired and shut down and all that stuff because of controversies, because of things they said on Twitter in 2012, you know, uh, it seems like this was just like, there's probably like years and years and years of setup of little tiny things. And now that this is a, a thing that can take the, the whole career, they're capitalizing on it. That's what like, it kind of seems like. Like what James Gunn? The yeah. yeah. I, I don't think, well, I think that, that's an example of somebody else getting se- severe whiplash from it. But um, with the James Gunn tweets in particular, I don't, I don't want to go down this road and talk about it, but I'll just say that uh, people's response to that seemed to me to say a lot about the people and what it says to me in almost every case is that people didn't actually read the tweets <laughs> because uh, they're pretty, uh, awful so i don't i don't like the idea that somebody could have 
I, I don't want to live in a world where a person could type that up and, and in their head be like, this is a great joke. Cause <laughs> they don't sound like jokes to me. Um, they sound very uh, bad, but uh, does that mean he should be fired? I don't think so. I just think that people should be allowed to talk about it and say like, you know what? I'm not going to see the movie because of this, mm-hmm. which can result in somebody getting fired because the studio says, Oh, people aren't going to want to see the movie for this, you know? So, People need to understand, again, I I literally didn't want to talk about this, but now here we are. I'm sorry. (laughs) People just need to understand that that Disney's choice to fire him wasn't necessarily – everybody views it as though Disney fired him because of the tweets. It's like, no, no, no. Disney didn't technically fire him because of the tweets. They fired him because of how many people would not go see the movie because of the tweets. Okay, they didn't fire him because they cared about what he said. They cared about how many people are going to boycott the movie if they didn't. All right. So that is the reason why those choices get made. Um, Now, there is a lot of uh, stuff that. So the James, the James Gunn one was the one that got uh, highlighted. But I'll just say that there's a lot more of them out there that you're not hearing about because the people aren't in the limelight like James Gunn was because of the success of guardian of the galaxy. Um, so it seems that everybody in production has some nasty skeletons in their closet that are just right out on display on Twitter. So I'll just say that go, go look through anybody's tweets. You'll find stuff. Anyway. <sighs> My two cents on this is uh, we've already talked about this. So it's kind of a rehash of what we said before. About about the, the tab I just closed. Oh, yeah. About the, okay. Dude, don't go back to it. Do not go back to it. Move I'm forward. So, Lupin the Third expounds upon the charms of the ladies of Ocean's Eight. So, this is remember how we talk about uh, how, like for instance, the Fujiko uh, Mine lingerie line, and it's like, oh, that's interesting in Japan any IP is for sale <laughs> and you can put it on uh, you can put any dumb product you have and claim that it's part of their uh, thing just by paying the money to let them use your character right uh, that's what I think is happening here mm-hmm. now I will say before um, Ocean's sequels came out uh, my dad uh, worked on Ocean's Eleven and you can actually see him as a character in the movie mm-hmm. Um if you guys remember in Ocean's Eleven, there's a scene that takes, there's a boxing match with Lennox Lewis and uh, somebody else. My dad is one of the uh, security guards escorting Lennox Lewis to the, uh, to the, to the ring. And you will know which one it is just by looking at him. Cause we look a lot alike. Anyway. I put a comment down on the very bottom for series news. Okay. Finally. Vinland Saga TV anime premieres in 2019. Oh, hell yeah. Manga creator Makoto Yukimura posted a photo of his 21st Vinland Saga manga volume on Twitter on Friday. The photo reveals the 2019 premiere for the manga television anime adaptation. So Wit Studio, combination of the Iron Fortress, Ancient Magus, Pride, and Attack on Titan animation. Is oh, gonna sweet. Be animated They're going to turn it into Attack on uh, Vikings. I'll watch it. I, uh, having, having seen all of these, um, I 
don't think that that's necessarily true because ancient Magus Bride is a, is a very different from Attack on Titan. Oh, yeah. Well, before they had like Seraph of... Did they do Seraph of Dan? Attack on Titan, yeah. Cabinary. Yeah. Those they are like three Attack on Titans from what yeah, I've heard. But, Ka- but Cabinary is from the creator of Attack on Titan. Yeah. Y'all are missing the bigger picture here. We're finally getting a Viking anime series that isn't One Piece. Even though I, we need more One Piece. I wouldn't really say that's as Viking, but that's more piratey. But um, Vinland Saga <clears throat> has been huge for a while in the manga scene, so, so surprise it took Augie, this. We have already yes. had a Viking uh, anime over here. It was called Elsia, and it was unbelievably bad. Probably one of my least favorite DVDs I own. It very much on the cover looks like. Uh, oh, is that LCA the one that you D-L-L-C-I-A. mentioned? Don't, don't. Oh yeah, I got that cover. one. Yeah, it, on the cover, it's like, oh wow, this looks clothes. like a, It looks like um, what do you call it? Pirates uh, of the Caribbean. No, it looks like Twelve Kingdoms on the cover. Like it looks oh. like the character design from Twelve Kingdoms. And then when you watch it, you're like, oh my god. This is awful. What am I watching? <laughs> it's like when I, when I was talking about those Tony Jaw movies where he literally plays a character in the background in one scene and they put him on the cover kind of thing when they make it look all nice. <laughs> when we talked about Geisha Assassin, you know, uh, it's basically how bad that looks compared to how nice the cover looks. The cover definitely sells that DVD off the shelves, <laughs> but it's actually awful. So uh, before we move on from here, I just want to throw back to an article we talked about um, that Danny had had me share in a previous podcast that we missed the point that he had actually wanted us to cover um, about him giving away the nibs for his, uh, for his tablet or wait, no, no, no. no. the The physical analog ones, the pen, the pen nibs. Um, So he actually gave away the, because uh, you know the manga artists, old school manga artists use use the dip and ink method, you know, and um, we talked about that and thought, oh, that's kind of cool. He's giving these away. I think there was actually something to do with the article where he had to stop giving them away because they were showing up on eBay or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, what Danny had wanted to point out that I had missed in his, when he had asked me to or when he had shared the link with me and I decided to cover it in the podcast was that uh, he wanted to go over the fact of the sheer number that he goes through with every issue. Like he actually, it's, it's not like, Oh, here's five nibs from the, from the, uh, over the course of working on Vinland saga all these years. No, it's like, it's like, here's 20 nibs per, per chapter. You know, like it's a ridiculous number. I forget off the top of my head, but anyway, into manga news, (laughs) manga publishers team up for a stop piracy edition info campaign. Um, (laughs) So, well, we got rid of Captain Tsubasa, which we never got the anime over here at all. My response Captain Tsubasa, uh, you... oh my god, you killed Whistle. me, guys. You wouldn't download a car, right? <laughs> and to which I say, if you could download a car, you would. Literally everyone would. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? And get no. a 3D printer and do it. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you could literally click a button and a car would materialize in your in your house with a progress bar, you know, damn right, you, you, are. <laughs> you know. So the thing is, they're uh, missing the points. They're not trying to make it more accessible because that's the problem with manga is that all of it. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> the, the humor, the humor here is the fact that uh, they have this thing called Stop Piracy Edition. I guarantee you, um, a fan translation of this will be up <laughs> within a week of the <laughs> of them publishing this. I think they we should bring it on the Actually, uh, anyways, actually, before I, I forget, I have a little that. comparison about this. Is that um, Nintendo came down on those ROM sites or whatever? And I was thinking, why did they mm-hmm. take this long to crack down on it if they could have done this this whole time? And I feel like this is a very weaker version because they're not like actually stopping it. They're just saying stop. Yeah, this is a public service announcement. Okay, so I can answer your question. Actually, there's a legal um, system loophole. Yeah. So. Um, I very much know this loophole. It's just well. Let me just times. explain for people for people who don't know. Torrenting is not illegal. The act of torrenting is not illegal. As you can see from your the bottom contents, bar. <laughs> yeah, the contents of the of the uh, torrents is what brings is it up into, subject it's to nothing yeah. but no laws that yeah. can protect it. I'm, I may or may not be uh, tasked with providing certain YouTubers uh, <laughs> um, raw raw Japanese footage, <laughs> but uh, um, the the actual content is where it gets into the legal problems, right? So what that means is that technically, torrent hosting websites are not um, illegal, but it's kind of like how. <sighs> Things like, uh, like for instance, LimeWire. I think one of the things that took down LimeWire was the fact that, okay, so this peer-to-peer stuff exists and you can share music you made in your garage of your own band, but you can also share child porn and all this other stuff, right? That's very illegal, right? You know what I mean? So um, so that is where this sort of, uh, it gets hard to prosecute, right? And Kim.com was the guy who created Mega Upload. Mega Upload is completely legal, but people used Mega Upload to Primarily upload movies pirates. and to pirate stuff, you know? Now, Kim.com's website, Mega Upload, was seized and um, taken down in, I want to say, 2012? I think that was around the, the time that happened. Yeah, that's when um, my brother was unable to watch all of his anime. Yeah. <laughs> So Mega Upload was taken down, and um, Kim.com has been battling the legal system because he was charged with crimes and stuff that he technically didn't commit because uh, he wasn't responsible, right? Um, So anyway, um, there's a lot going on there uh, regarding the actual legality of different things, right? But um, in this case, I just think it's – this is – it's like under the the dog – well, I'll, I'll just say the major thing that needs to be said, and companies need to understand this, is that people who want to support you are going to support you. People who don't want to support you are going to pirate. Nothing you can, there's there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop that. There's also people who do want to support, but also pirate while supporting. Yeah. Yeah. You, you I, like I th- what you watch and then you buy it. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying like that People need to understand that the only way you can stop people from pirating is to provide this 
that is even more convenient to them than pirating. Exactly. So companies like Crunchyroll, they will offer at a time when anime was coming out and it was um, really low quality, right? They would come out and say, okay, so here is HD streaming and better quality subs and whatever, right? Um, they would put that out and then people say, I'm willing to pay Four ninety nine a month or whatever it is. You can for, even just watch it for free with ad support. Yeah, or exactly. I'm willing. I'm willing to use this service because the quality is so much better than a site where, let's say, it takes all day to download or it buffers or I get viruses or whatever it is. Right? Um, people will say like, "I'm willing to do that." Sure. Now, there's always going to be some people out there who have sort of a complex over this. Who literally, it's like it's like when uh, we've talked about this. Uh, in one of the podcasts before about how there are people out there who will not pay for an app. You know what I mean? Like if the app isn't free, they aren't downloading it. But in reality, some of the most time-saving, convenient, useful apps are 99 cents. You know what I mean? It's like it's literally just a dollar. And yet people will not make the purchase. Like it's just it's a mm-hmm. mental um, it's a mental block when it comes to, oh, I have to pay for this? No, right? Even though it's a good use of your money, right? So there are people out there who no matter what are just going to pirate. If you try to force them to buy the product instead of pirating it, they're just going to do something else with their time, you know? So – the approach here now granted obviously if you can stop people from uploading your full episodes of the of the show that you just aired if you can stop them from uploading those to youtube you should try certainly you know but going out of your way to take down the uploads of the opening theme and stuff like that that's counterproductive because especially like in mid 2000s so many people got into anime because of the music that was shared with them like well i think they should just monetize those openings that people re-upload yeah they could do that yeah that's that's another option and i think a lot of them actually do that but i'm just saying like nintendo deciding that they um when it comes to let's playing nintendo deciding that you can't earn any money playing their their um titles the biggest mistake ever like i yeah because that's why minecraft and notch is so rich and stuff Exactly. Notch is Notch sold Minecraft for two billion dollars. Mm-hmm. It got to be worth that much because they they encouraged let's playing. The game is built around a community of let's players, right? So, anyway, I just think it's word to the uh, to the people out there who are in charge of trying to stop this stuff. It's like you you're you have to approach it a different way forcing people to shut it down they're they will go they will work a hundred times harder just to circumvent whatever bullcrap you're going to do like this and you brought up under the dog this is a good example so under the dog for the for the second campaign where they're doing the live action thing and the music video not even i'm talking about the first one yeah i know i'm getting i'm just <laughs> i'm talking about something else right okay. for the second campaign they decided to do streaming only because through the first campaign... To be fair, that would just only be for the live-action short in the music video, I guess. Right. But I'm just saying that um, for the first campaign, 
they had a digital download. And they're like, oh, no, people uploaded it to other sites. Shoot, all these people are seeing it. You said that, like, the day it came out, 60,000 people had marked it as watched on uh, Something like that. It might have not been the day, but something like that. Yeah, so... um, so they're like, oh crap! People are people stole it. We need to. Then they had like a like a message out to their Kickstarter. Um, you know, they months it. later after the yeah. fact, after so the damage has already been done, they basically said, "Hey, please don't, please don't pirate this, right, or something like that." Like, don't upload. You're telling this the people that already paid for it. Yeah, you're telling the people who already paid for it and the people who already did it, right, who already yeah. stole it and did it. Um, that uh, not to do it. And then, so what they did for the second campaign is, okay, streaming only. That'll stop them. Yeah, because people aren't going to stream after that worst scenario. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, that is the dumbest thing ever. Like, honestly, <laughs> it's like if I, who actually went to the trouble of pirating and stuff, because people have a weird conviction for why they do it. Um, there's actually a documentary on... Uh, uh, one of the anime-related uh, documentaries from William Inez, um, he interviews a fan subber uh, in that, and he, the guy like has his face blurred out and his voice distorted, and he talks about how he has contempt for the anime industry and stuff, and why he does it and everything. But um, if you make it harder for them, out of spite, they're just going to come back and 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 publish it on like ten more sites. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. this is such a dumb uh, approach. You have to realize, you have to learn how to monetize people's behavior in your to your advantage, right? Well, first um, off, they have to learn how to uh, advertise this stuff because that's something I never yeah. see is like a commercial unless you yeah. go out of your way to see the Japanese preview. Right. There's or going no through, like, the commercialization whatsoever. Yeah. So that too. So the bottom line is that there's just there's much better ways they could they could handle stuff. Well, I understand well, I, for the video game community and not um, taking a game and stripping it is uh, you kind of need that to know how to make a game. So you're trying to stop more people trying to get into your business. Um, it doesn't yeah. really make sense. What I have uh, to say, the, oh, you can keep. I just finish it. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the top end programmers take a game, strip it, and to figure out how the guts work for it. So, yeah, well, technically, video games stuff is proprietary. Uh, yeah. So no, it does make sense. Uh, I, it's it's another one of, an, another example of you can't stop them. Right. I mean, DVD is encrypted with um, CSS protection, CSS protection. And that was cracked in like 1996 (laughs) and they still put it on everything. You know what I mean? Like, it's so easy to get around it that it's you almost are better off not even bothering these days. You know what I mean? It's just not. It's not, um, but the thing so about this. games is like that's, that stuff is technically proprietary. That's their, that's the company's proprietary, um, work that went into developing and solving problems and stuff. And, and you're right, Atari, uh, all the way back to Atari, and all they were, they were stripping apart the code of all these games to find out how they came up with solutions to different problems and stuff. And then they copied them and improvised and stuff. Now, that's how games get better. That's how stuff gets better when you learn from, from the, the, tr- you know, the trailblazing of the, of another competitor. Editor and everything. I totally think that it's good that people do that. 
that. But technically, you, you know, you're saying like the game, like that they, uh, that that's how things are done. It's like it doesn't mean that it's not something that they want to protect their IP and their and all their stuff there. Like it's not like they wouldn't stop you from doing that if they had some sort of ultimate power to be able to do that. You know, um, it's just that this is how things work and i think game companies especially because everybody does it you know like they do it to their competitors and then their competitors do yeah. back to them and everything that at this point it's like they're just kind of like they accept it within the you know within the the businesses and whatnot anyway so, get, so get this so get this last example out of the way so let's say the person does buy everything legitly as possible mm-hmm. okay so they have all all this stuff in a modern we're taking a modern American only knows one language and they bought all all the shows that they want to see legitly. Uh-huh. A lot of the shows, there's some there's a lot that we can get get that we can understand, but a lot of these shows are uh not translated. So, so how are they going to point, enjoy it? Your point uh is that if it's not localized if, over here if there isn't a legal option then obviously yeah. they're going to pirate. Is that what you're going to pirate or you spend or something? Say that again, Reese. Yeah, we're going back. All the net, all the Netflix holdback, like High High Score Girl, the one that you were talking about, like either the last one, the one before, the one about the video game one, that's yeah. being held by Netflix and released oh, yeah. in December. Yeah. yeah, the the what's it called? High Score Girl is that what? High, high Score Girl. Yeah. Yeah, dis- I was very disappointed to hear that. Um, Wait, it was canceled or what? No, no, it's no, no the, it's, it's, they're, they're put, Netflix is streaming it in December. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was disappointed. It's not a Netflix anime, though, right? It's just being no. Okay, then I guess it's not that disappointing. Oh, so it'll be seven deadly sins. Well, the thing the thing that irritates me about Netflix is that uh, the live action Netflix Death Note movie still doesn't have a physical release. <laughs> Why do you want that? Because I want it for my collection. Because I've seen it. You know, to there's a lot of complete the series. They what? To complete the series, it's yeah. like complete the collection of, of you know. I have the I have Dragon Ball Evolution. Do you? No. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Like, I don't put live action in my anime collection. I have so one thing to say about this before we finish. Truth. You know, it's there, but it's not coming out. It's just irritating. Okay, you won't. Because I don't, I don't like the fact that one of the leading companies in anime uh, right now in anime production has opted to not have physical releases. Oh, you mean Netflix? Yeah. Well, the th- the thing that's lucky with the actual anime is that they have licensors over here for the anime, whereas the live actions, it's all like direct Netflix and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking. That's why we're getting Sentai Filmworks doing the stuff like Knights of Sidonia, Agin, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the live action, when I think about, hmm, how many things did they release over here physically? I can't think of a whole lot besides, like, it, is House of Cards or whatever, isn't that Netflix? Yeah, yeah. That, has, that has a physical release, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm saying the example of the only one that I know of. And yeah. all the Marvel stuff. Yeah, do those have physical releases? The Punisher and uh, Daredevil? Uh, Daredevil, Daredevil and uh, Jessica Jones and I, I Luke think Cage. Maybe Luke Cage have and one. Iron Fist, and then there's that one where they're all together. I think it's called The Defenders. Yeah, right? The Defenders. I recently watched um, Punisher. I just quick side note. Uh, I loved the Punisher in Daredevil. Yeah. Oh, 
God, did I hate the actual Punisher series, though. That was so awful. <laughs> okay. Anyway. The last thing I had to say about this was essentially the 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 reason this is a bit more of a problem in North America is that, like, basically everyone who's an avid manga reader over in North America is pretty much a pirate unless you, A, buy pretty much everything or, B, use the limited digital stuff like crunchy manga. They have quite a few... The thing is, I find there's a bit of a balance. With anime, it's really easy to access digitally, like streaming on Crunchyroll and all that stuff. You can even watch episodes for free, like I said, with ad support. But um, with manga, you're kind of... You can only read the first chapter for free on Viz and stuff, and then you gotta either buy it or you you're out of luck. Or you or can buy it. Use your local library system. What? Use your local library system like I do. Oh, or that. Yeah. I didn't think of that when I was young. But yeah. getting <laughs> on that library <laughs> thing. Didn't have, uh, Canadians never going to libraries. <laughs> the thing is though, the the balance that I see is that um, unlike anime, at least for me, manga is a lot more prevalent. Like, if you go out into the real world, if you go to a bookstore, you see manga. If you go to a library, you see manga. Whereas for me, it's like, there's literally a single place that sells anime now. And I'm pretty sure Best Buy is, like, axing the physical releases of media and stuff. Yeah. So Oh, that reminds me. Um, last podcast, I talked about Twin Star Exorcist, where Best Buy had, <laughs> had oh, directly listed it, right? So I bought right. it. I pre-ordered it when they first listed it. They didn't have an image for it because it said collector's edition in it, but they sent me the standard edition. So there actually is a separate SKU for with collector's box, which is obviously mm-hmm. the actual collector's edition. I uh, couldn't find a way to reach uh, Best Buy support on their website. So I reached out to Best Buy support on Twitter. They eventually got back to me, um, initiated a replacement order, sent sent me a confirmation something got sent to me it was another copy of the standard edition so now you have twin twin star exorcists yep. so i uh, i went back i'll take them no i went to best buy and returned them both they offered me a five dollars off if i wanted to buy the uh uh the collector's box one but it's like well that's Ooh. still that's still it's kind of redundant now well it's still more expensive than buying it on amazon and i get free yeah. shipping on amazon you know so, but yeah, to I continue, done, I think I'm done buying uh, anime from Best Buy. Uh, it's not Best Buy exclusive. To continue what done. I was saying, um, so yeah, manga is a lot more easy to access uh, in that sense. It's also cheaper to drop ten bucks on a volume of manga than it is to commit to like fifty bucks for a complete series or something. Uh, so, the content, but, the content is a lot less, though. I think it's a lot. Yeah, I think it's a lot more expensive to collect manga. Well, yes, yeah, absolutely. but I'm saying at, at one time you can say, "Oh, that's only ten bucks. So I'll get volume one." Yeah, but it only covers like three episodes of the series. Yeah, exactly yeah. though. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, the, the the problem is that there's they need to find a way to allow people to read it, read the manga for free, while I don't know. Well, that's what Barnes and Noble is for. <laughs> I, I guess. The, the thing is, they, they can use, you can sit down. And... <laughs> the yeah. best attempts at at counteracting this in North America is Viz, how they give free chapters. But the problem is, some of the chapters expire after a while, mm-hmm. and then Crunchy Crunchyroll. But I think you need a uh, membership to actually read it, so you're kind of out of options. 
Okay, so I kind of, I see the I see where you're coming from, but I, I I think that you're wrong in some regard. Um, in which? Uh, well, first of all, is this bothering anybody else? The fact that they didn't get that stupid background out of there. Um, I just don't like that guy's cross-eyed expression. I love it. It's awful. <laughs> Um, anyway, but uh, so here's here's my thing. This is how I operate. Um, I buy everything that I'm going to consume when it comes to anime and manga and stuff. Um, it's one of the reasons why I exclusive. I try to exclusively watch what I own, so that um, I can make sure to do that. Now, as you guys saw, I had some torrents at the bottom that have been downloaded earlier today. Um, what I like to do is for my videos and stuff. I will get the best quality version of whatever footage I'm going to use because I feel like it presents the product uh, of the companies in a better light. Like, so for instance, if I own the DVD, because that's what got released over here, but Japan has a Blu-ray, I'm going to try to get the 1080p version because it makes, it makes the product look better. You know, if I upload actual DVD rips of some of this stuff, uh, it's going to look like shit and you're definitely not going to buy the product, you know. But um, I think personally, like, uh, because I actually buy the product, I don't get that. Like, sure, they can bitch and complain about piracy all they want, but if they're not going to do it. There's no way you can stop it, you know. And and so from my perspective is like, I'm going to do what it takes to, to have the best uh, viewing experience possible of whatever I'm watching. And, you know, obviously I'm in California. Um, there are things that I may have decided to rip had I been in uh, at home where I could have access to my stuff, but I had a, an order come in. People asking me if I could, uh, I shouldn't phrase it that way. It sounds like I'm getting paid to do it, which is very illegal, but um, that I would that I may have been able to provide had I been, in uh at my house i mean sharing it is technically illegal but sure yeah, let's say that yeah, sure. it's the money part that's illegal <laughs> yeah, well, well the, the money part i think it might make it a felony <laughs> but, but what i'm getting at is that um uh you know in, in sort of in the the fast-paced world that we have that technology has sort of put us in uh it's all about convenience and getting things quickly and being able to rely on what you get you know it's like sure it's like if i'm gonna technically everybody who creates videos about anime on youtube technically that's technically all bootlegging it that's that's it's technically illegal from the standpoint of i mean you're you're literally not even allowed to record football games without the express written permission of the nfl then we got fair use and fair dealings where I am. Right. So there's there's a there's a bit of a change there, but still what I'm doing when I when anybody releases a YouTube video that shows a clip from an anime, you are using that without the permission, the express written permission of the company, you know, and you're you're exhibiting it to large numbers of people on the internet, right? Now there's sort of the Well, uh, that's where it gets a little tricky yeah, because it gets into the unless letter, they the show the, the bylaws. I, I know. Augie. What I'm getting at is that there's the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. And I think that the people who actually uh, benefit from these restrictions and these laws and the things that they, the, you know, the sort of the, the FBI warning, if you will, at the beginning of the DVD, um, they benefit from the, uh, the fact that people are talking about their show and promoting it. And they recognize that it, that a video that actually shows clips from, whatever anime or title or whatever they own uh, gets hundreds more views, thousands more views percentage wise than something that is just a guy in a closet talking. You know what I mean? Or, um, 
Two guys in a closet car reviews. So yeah, so uh, so they um, they obviously they don't press charges, right? Because they are benefiting from it. It's actually it's actually free publicity, right? Yeah, free advertising. Obviously, there are some people who are sticklers for their, for all this stuff. I'm like, no, you have to get it from us because they they have this stupid idea that people are going to go to them. Um, you know, and obviously there are also the companies in Japan that will copyright strike you just simply due to the fact that uh, you there is any footage like present. Their show. No, no, not even that. The fact that you said something negative about it, like you had a, an actual crit- yeah. an actual criticism of their show, they're like ah, copyright strike that guy right now. You know, even if they don't have uh, legal grounds to do so under fair use. Um, anyway, um, yeah. So I just I think it's a. Uh, I mean. So the purpose of this is not technically to, quote, stop piracy. What it is, is an info campaign, as they say here, right? So we're sort of awareness. Yeah, they're raising people talking about it. Well, because think about this. Think about this. There was a time when I was growing up where Kazaa came out. Um, Personally, I never actually used Kazaa, but um, when Kazaa came out, People just got it in their minds that because they could get music for free, that it was music fine. was for free, right? That they that they could have whatever song they wanted for free, and it was totally okay because no one could stop them, right? But it wasn't. It didn't even cross their mind that hey, this is illegal. Hey, I think that's what like everyone when they first start watching anime online goes through. Well, back then though, it's kind of like you said, where it's like there wasn't really another option. Because the shows that were airing, I mean, that's why legitimate companies like Funimation and Crunchyroll have things like simulcast. They're, the way that you compete with the people who want to watch what's airing right now is to give people a better version, even a dub, that, you know, like right after it aired in Japan. You know what I mean? So um, I'm going to so, tell you what Crunchyroll does that is better than pirate <laughs> sites. Is the fact that you can use ad block on Crunchyroll and have fewer ads and no virus chance, <laughs> and you don't have the anti ad blockers on Crunchyroll? I'm just saying, no one thinks that that's a thing. Well, actually, uh, no one said that Crunchyroll started out as a pirate site yet. Well, yeah, everyone knows that. <laughs> but all, all I'm saying is that you, I'll talk to you outside the uh, podcast about about uh, what you just said there, but. Sure. Uh, there, there's actually a way around what you're describing, but um, well, yeah, I'm just saying in general for the average consumer who's not techie, yeah. it they'll there will be an oh, ad block no, blocker it's, it's actually, on the site. Block. It's a, a very simple URL change, <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, I, as I was, I discussed this with Mudan after his last video, or I guess not his last video, but the video he did, um, which actually, come to think of it, he used a, a photo I sent him of. Uh, Shoujo Subaki in there, um, which I think a lot of people commented they knew they as soon as they saw it they knew it was from my collection. But um, I know I told you that at least. Yeah, but you weren't the only one who uh, who said that to me. But um, but yeah, I talked to him about it. Uh, there's actually a way to to get around the thing, but it doesn't work if you live in Estonia where he does or wherever he is. Rip anyway. Mudan. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we're we're getting way off uh, topic here, but um, or uh, away from the spirit of the article but basically what i'm saying is that when um when kazaa first came out and everybody got music for free it wasn't even a question 
of whether or not it was illegal. It didn't cross anybody's mind. The fact that it was doable, no, people didn't even consider the, the fact that it could literally destroy the music industry, right? Mm-hmm. That literally doing it means that, that uh, because you can get it for free, because the thing about CDs is that nobody really likes having a CD collection. I do. CDs are do. a huge pain in the ass um, to like a DVD. You're going to sit down and experience a movie or a show. But when it comes to a CD, even if you have a CD collection, you've ripped all those CDs onto your computer for your iPod. You know what I mean? And for your iTunes library. Mm. So nobody actually likes having a CD collection in terms of having to get the CD out and put it in like some people, like when I was growing up, my, my parents had a 600 CD changing, uh, 600. It could hold 600 awesome. CDs. Yeah. Um, but you have to program it to know what everything is and it's not worth it. Right. It's not worth it. It's of such course, a yeah. hassle. So when, when a company like iTunes sees, okay, so here's Kazaa, People are pirating music. Let's make this better and more convenient for people, right? And that is the answer to piracy. The only way that you beat piracy is to create a legal system, a a, a legal option that's more more convenient, right? And you have to recognize that there is always going to be a large number of people out there who aren't going to do the legal payment option no matter what and here's the kicker you benefit by them not doing that you know why because there are people out there where the option is if magically you could prevent them from downloading the song or the movie or whatever if magically you could prevent them from doing that then they're just not going to see it they're not going to go out and buy the DVD, you know, and the fact of the matter is that because they did download the movie and watch it, they talk to their friends about that movie. They communicate and chat with people. Oh, you got to see this movie is so great. And the people they talk to who now know about the movie that they downloaded, those people might go out and buy it. They may they may get the downloaded file from him and say, damn, this was good. I got to I got to go out and buy this. You know, people like us who actually buy products, you Mm -hmm. know. So the truth of the matter is the best thing that you can do to stop piracy is to create an alternative that is even more convenient than what the pirates are doing. And in return, recognize that the people out there who are pirating everything's like, yes, they, they have all these studies. Yeah, we're losing $3 billion a year off of these pirates. It was like, well, how much do you think you actually might be gaining from the fact that they communicate what they are watching and enjoying with their friends who actually do buy your product? You know what I mean? So uh, it's, a, it's an unquantifiable number that is probably very significant. You know, and it shouldn't be taken lightly that that kind of stuff exists, especially with music, especially with music. Because think about how many times somebody sends you um, a, a song, you know, or like, like, let's say when it comes to anime, hey, check out this anime uh, opening I just found, you know, when I was 
on YouTube in the mid 2000s, right? Check mm -hmm. this, check this song out. And it's like, damn, that was awesome. I got to see this anime, right? Then people get into, they actually go out, they watch the anime, you know? Um, so these are, these are things that are unquantifiable that very much do overall improve the business. So anyway, those are my thoughts on it. What do you guys have anything else before we move on? Uh, all I was really saying, in we are weak-minded individuals who fell for an info campaign and talked about it. <laughs> are we smart or are we naive? Well, I, as we I said, when it, when it gets published, I want to read the uh, the the scanlation. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I, I think it would be fun to actually talk about talk about it in detail on the podcast as part of a book club. <laughs> but um, but yeah, because oh, are you have a book club? Well, you know, because it's a scan, it would be a, it would be an actual, story, right? but um, but I think we should we should do it as part of uh, sort of the watch club slash book club thing one one podcast where we actually go through and talk about it and and everything because um, I don't know I I think that so here's my it's funny you say that but my my info campaign I, I I'd be interested in see what they actually have to say just to see it but my I'm subverting this and and converting it into a my info regarding the fact that look you got to understand you can't stop everybody you never will you know unless you had a magic wand you can't stop them and even if you did that doesn't mean that they're going to buy your product it means that they're going to go to the other guy's product they can still get for free <laughs> that's just how some people are to anyway. sum it all up the manga industry is a lot it has some work to do compared to the streaming and stuff that's out for anime yeah for sure you know, and the thing about the thing about manga is, like I said, is so CDs, actual CDs, in terms of a collection, are not convenient compared to an iTunes library, because the more you listen to a CD, the more scratched it gets. the The quality reduction is there. You know, like you, everybody who gets who still buys CDs, the first thing you do is rip that sucker so that you have a digital format that won't change. Well, I know? think it's more about the physicality of it. I don't, I don't think so. I think for I, a lot of people, it is for me. I think for a lot of people, they want to have, uh, they never touch the CD again. I mean, yeah, maybe you want to have a, a little mini collection, but I'm just saying for the actual music that you listen to you, it's, it's so cumbersome to have that many jewel cases are garbage they break so easily well yeah that's why i kind of don't i don't fret over the conditions of my cds i yeah. just rip them i throw them on my mp3 yes right, mp3 exactly. yeah so um <laughs> so uh but when it comes to manga here's the thing digital manga digital book reading i mean i, I don't know that necessarily digital manga is uh I'd say that when it comes to manga, it actually is still more convenient to, to do it digitally because well, I think that's how it. everyone consumes it. That well, because uh, you can see the entirety of the page, but book reading when it comes to actually reading a book, I would much rather have a physical oh, book. Absolutely, you like it's so hard to follow reading text on a pay on a uh, a screen than it is reading text. It'll on just a page. burn into your irises. Yeah, and it's I think mm. one of the reasons why is because 
subconsciously you feel like you're making progress as you read text in a book because you're turning the page. It's kind of like when you used to read the uh, the audiobooks on a on a cassette tape and it would have the little bring to let you know to switch over to side B or something like that, you know? Oh, yeah. Um and it, it's kind of like that where it's like it it gives you this mental um it's like a um encouragement to keep going. Like you you're look how much progress you're making, you know? So anyway. I, I want to step back for for Going, going back to the CDs thing, I like the physical CDs because, mm. yes, you can rip them, but those files are not... Um, Permanent. I don't want to say I don't want to say DRM. Like iTunes, you, you download song, buy songs from iTunes. It's M4V or whatever. whatever. You can't so you're, saying, you're saying iTunes has a proprietary system that um, means that those only MP3 only files can only be used, like if you're logged in, and right. can only have it on five. But Which the one the CD can be used on every single anything. You can right. copy, 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 copy. Right. Which is why you should actually buy your uh, music off Amazon instead of off of uh, iTunes, because you can Google do Play. You know, I mean. Um, well, back when I actually did buy music, um, I used to buy them before Google Play existed. I, Amazon used to have a um, a digital download. Um, they still do, but option. it's just not as convenient as Google Play, as you say. Yeah. Convenience is blah blah. Well, like but, I said, um, I haven't I haven't used uh, Google Play. Um, I, I mean, I, I I Google Play actually had this thing where you could uh, when when Google Play first came out, it was called Google Music or something like that, and it had this thing you could actually sync your entire iTunes. This is before iPods were 128 gigs or whatever, like where before you could get them that high. You could actually this is like like when when the um, when the iPhone first came out. So you the first smartphone had like I don't know maybe a 32 gig model right so you couldn't fit everything on there but google google before i guess i was probably it might have been even before it was called before it was owned by google i think it was google music though they had this thing though where you could actually sync your entire library to google to the google cloud basically and it didn't matter how big your um your library was basically everything would go up there and then google play you could actually get an app on your phone that would play your entire library. It would basically be like the iTunes app, but it would just use the internet connection to find the file and play. It was incredible. I loved it back in the day, but um, yeah, I've never actually used Google play to actually buy anything. It's funny Um, on my Android, when I put uh, the iTunes songs on it, it would automatically convert them and it would actually work better on my phone than the actual MP3s and other things that I was putting on. Mm -hmm. But for me nowadays, I like the CDs because I have a physical backup. So if my computer crashes and I lose the files, then I can re-rip it. I don't worry about that personally because um, my music ends up getting diversified and where it's stored so much that, uh, like, for instance, every time... You have, like, 50 copies? Yeah, well, every time I upgrade computers, um, I... I move my entire music library so it gets put onto different hard drives and stuff. It's also on my phone. So if my computer dies, I can actually pull the files back off of my phone and still have all of them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The problem, my problem though, is I have uh, all this metadata that I put into my music library. I am terrified of losing because um, I have all my anime sorted as playlists. Uh, And Mm. Like I have all these playlist folders 
that that go sub down, keep going down into the actual show and the actual album it was from, and just, so that it, I can actually sort things by artist or by uh, by anime if I want to. It, take, it was a year's worth of time went into that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so are we good here? You want to move on to the next? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and take this one. Fate Grand Order smartphone game. You want to, you, you have, oh, I, didn't, I didn't have really anything to say. Yeah. So literally we're just reading. The, we're the, just getting more fate go stuff. Just yeah. more, more fate. Skill. It's getting a TV series and film and for that film. game. Yep. yep. Steinsgate, yeah. Chiomaru, Shakura preview bonus, eight bit style Damake. So, uh, the reason I thought this was interesting is because there's this little 8-bit thing, right? But here's the thing. That sounds awesome. There's a actual physical, like, Super Famicom game. Uh, like, so, it'll be on GameCenter CX. I, I don't know. Um, I just thought it was interesting. So, um, uh, and this sort of, we were talking about uh, just a moment ago, the, uh, the, the company's cracking down on ROMs. Um, the reason why that is happening now is because of the return of the uh, what is it called? The NES Classic or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of that is why they're actually giving a damn now. Because uh, It's definitely more than NES. It was like GameCube and Wii games. Well, true. That's true. But um, That's true. That's a good point. Um, I forgot that they went that far. I, but again, I think it's a, it's about convenience because um, it's I don't want to say it's more convenient, but it's not that bad to play a Super NES game on your keyboard. But I wouldn't want to play Metroid Prime on a keyboard, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I mean, unless I that could get my mouse, unless I could get my mouse to actually aim with the mouse, then maybe it would actually be better. All I gotta say is that if you already own a copy of the game and you just want to, like, I don't know, have a more ideal version, that's fine. But if you're just stealing more games, but I don't know, well, I think that's another I, I think thing. That, so, before you even bring this up, because I know Augie's going to say something about this, I know that James Rolfe doesn't use ROMs to record his uh, angry video game nerd content. Mm-hmm. But if I wanted to utilize a video game segment for for some reason, like of course you'd want the emulated uh, 4K version. Well, if we brought it up, in <laughs> a, for, if it, at any point we brought it up in a first impressions video, like we talked about a scene from Chrono Trigger or something, um, I would either screen share or screen record the app uh, version of the game, or I would actually want to go in and get the um, the uh, the ROM and do it that way so that I could actually have a very nice, clean-looking version of it. You know? The games, though, you can look up the footage online and just get yeah. there. But most Dude. of that footage is probably also from the ROM. Um, I wouldn't want to do it uh, through a TV because I'm not going to get a very clean image, you know? in the flickering and all that stuff too. You know, I, I want it to look good. So I'm just saying that, um, yeah, sure. You can play games on, uh, on the super, uh, SNES. um, the classic, right. The super NES classic and all that stuff. You can, you can do that stuff, but it doesn't satisfy everybody's d- desire of how they want to use the product. You know, like I want to rip, blu-rays and, and dvds and stuff so that i can 
produce a better video. Actually, but, to be fair, the the classic versions do have 720p output or whatever, so it's actually better clarity and gives you the controller. Okay, but I'm saying that those are great for actually sitting down and playing the game. But if I want a lossless version, like one of the things, like for instance, let me give you an example. The ZSNES emulator, uh, maybe the other ones do it too, but the ZSNES one, you can actually hide different layers in the uh, in the rendering, right? So you can actually isolate the sprites. So what I might actually want for what I'm doing for a video is to not actually have the background there. Maybe I want to illustrate something by taking just the sprite and doing the animation of the sprite on screen, maybe for like, I don't know, some street fighter match or something, but I want you to still be able to see whatever's behind it. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get that by screen recording the NES classic or the super NES classic, whatever. I'm Mm going to get that through a ROM. You know, so I'm going to go no matter what, I'm going to go for the way that is going to get the job done. That's just how that's just how somebody with sort of this dedication to producing better content, uh, or at least the best that I am capable of producing. So I'm going to do, you know, so if I want to if I want to show clips from an anime that I'm talking about, I'm going to rip the Blu-rays or in, as I discussed earlier, in some cases, I'm going to download the Japanese Blu-ray rip because it's going to be a better quality than what I have access to over here in the States. Um, if it's only been on DVD. So that I can, so yeah, so that I can talk about it. And that would be another example. I'd want to download a rip of, of the ReZero Japanese Blu-ray. I just want to say real quick that mother's basement, on tweeted about the whole ReZero thing. It's a shame that the video quality, while it is worse than typical Blu-ray standards are, he yeah. said in one of the tweets, yeah, it's worse than the stream quality. No. <laughs> because the thing is, uh, the stream quality, it's at best like, uh, I think it's something like 6 to 8 megabytes a second or something. When blue, this Blu-ray, like, at the the, and its bit rate should be at least like fifteen, 15? or something. Okay. There is no way the stream quality is going to be better. Well, just um, even with the degraded visuals, because as I saw it, it looked like just a slightly worse version of like a much more noticeable version of like a Sentai release compression. Uh-huh. As because well, I recently watched some Sentais, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. so just to wrap up my point, what I'm getting at is that if I want to rip the Blu-ray, the company that makes the Blu-ray, they don't want me to rip it. Now, technically, the reason they don't want you to rip it is because when you you rip could it, redistribute you that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, so this is and this is actually uh, it's kind of like I know we've been talking about the stuff kind of like in almost in circles with the last couple articles just going and going and going on stuff, but it actually is going to relate uh, back to something we're going to talk about in the future. So it's kind of good to have this groundwork done, but I'm just saying that it's, um, it's the consumer. You can't possibly predict every need that the consumer is going to have for the product they're buying. Right. Um, so that's why, you know, giving people the liberty to do what they're going to do is, is a good idea, you know, and you just got to understand. So this is again, sort of going back to the info, um, uh, the info campaign is that all you can do is let people know the repercussions of not supporting the work. Right. So just so you know, if you love Naruto, but everybody pirates it, you're not getting Naruto ship it in. 
right? You know, it's like you you have to you have to put it into into perspective for people because that does change people's minds. You know, back back when they when especially when you're young and you're watching, um, you know, when Kazaa first came out, everybody got music, or when when they first uh, had like LimeWire, it's off peer to peer, and everybody was downloading fan subs that way. You know, when when they started to learn, like you know, that this is going to mean that there won't be a season two, then for the shows they actually gave a damn about, they bought them. And just so it's clear, those of you out there who only buy the shows that you like, you're making anime better than the people like me. Who buy, who buy everything, everything indiscriminately. Yeah, because if only the shows that are actually worth being bought are the ones being bought, we're going to continue to get better shows. You know, so I actually, my entire collection. <laughs> Say what? That's pretty much my entire collection. Right. And, and I, I'm glad that other people out there do that because I think it makes anime better. And I think that people who who pirate everything and only buy stuff that's good, like you're doing a service to the anime community. The only problem is that there's also sort of a dark side to that. And that well, you don't necessarily that, have to pirate everything. But, okay, but I'm just I'm using an extreme example. Right. Straight the point. But th- there's also a dark side to that in the sense that people who do that, um, you are negatively affecting the livelihood of the of the staff involved on those other shows. And also like giving the ads clicks or whatever on those sites, yeah. whatever it is. You know what? I think see this is this is I think that one of the um one of the downsides to capitalism, um, which isn't to say that it's that it, it should be thrown out because of, you know, a minor downside. But one of the downsides to it is that it becomes all about numbers. And like I said, there's a lot of unquantifiable aspects to how business works, you know. So for the people like this is another example for the people who who uh, pirate everything you know, and they only buy the stuff that they really like, they at least still saw the work that was put into another show and they are appreciated. They, well, they may be more likely to actually follow like, for instance, maybe the show is garbage, but the art style was incredible, you know, in, in, in like, or let's say, let's say the Sakuga scenes were pretty good in one episode. So when you find out that that artist is actually, doing all the Sakuga scenes for another show, you might jump on that show and buy that show because of the fact that you saw it. It's a very, it's an unquantifiable thing that kind of comes down to what you might call karma. Ifs and ands and what ifs. Sort of. It's, yeah. it's, it's hard to explain, but it just sort of comes down to everything basically evens out. As long as, as long as you sort of, you know, as long as people try to uh, sort of have that moral compass and, and not be a, uh, a total greedy asshole. Um, it kind of evens out in the long run that everybody, everybody who puts in the hard work, keep your nose to the, gr- uh, to the grind and everything um, you come out on top. And, but the, the issue is that people uh, need that. They legitimately do need the info campaign that explains like, for instance, look, if you want your favorite YouTuber to succeed, it's like Patreon is a necessity. You know, people people do have that habit of keeping their nose to the grindstone. And I'm speaking just from personal experience here that you just keep plugging away and and working hard. Like, for instance, today, let me give you an example. Today, I was panicking because we almost had to postpone the podcast 
because when I got here um, to California, the internet that I have used in the past when I've done podcasts from, from this room, uh, I couldn't even connect to it in this room, right? I went out to Best Buy and bought a Wi-Fi booster that cost me $114 in order to make this work so it's like i had to i had to spend my own money in order to make sure that we didn't have an interruption today now thankfully thankfully i didn't actually end up using it we it turned out that when i talked to my brother-in-law um he was able to solve the problem with a separate stick thing okay he was able to he was able to solve the issue okay so thankfully i can take that back but i'm just saying that there are situations where you know for instance as a business owner you know, um, since I've launched a business and everything, you know, there, there are those situations where the business owner, the, uh, the, the truck breaks down, right? So your shipments aren't going to get there. So literally the person you, you know, you're the head of the company, but the company is still struggling and small. You, you know, the solution there is you spend a shit ton of money to rent a U-Haul and you drive that product yourself, you know, that this is the sacrifice that goes into, you know, keeping your nose to the ground, uh, to the grindstone and, uh, and plugging away. And the problem is that people don't see, you know, and this is actually one of the reasons why my career choice of being in visual effects was so difficult is that uh, VFX, uh, I've said this about music when I, in my last Samurai reviews. The thing about music is that um, when it's done well as a score in a, um, in a movie, you don't even notice that it's there, you know, because it's supposed to complement what's happening so much that it, it, it affects you and it moves you and it makes you feel different things than if there was no score. But when it's done well, you don't notice that it's there because otherwise it would be distracting. Same thing with visual effects. You know, you only notice visual effects in movies when it's done poorly, you know? So when I do my job well, you don't even, you, you underappreciate the work that I do because of it you know so when it comes to getting back to the info campaign it's very important for people to understand and to be more open about discussing the actual the the work aspect of the job and how hard it is and how how little you get in return so that people understand and and it's sort of a cultural shift in, in a mindset that that in order to keep your favorite things going and 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 not let them slip through your 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 fingers uh there is there does need to be support you know and it's um it's one of those things where like and again this is just getting back to the youtube aspect of it's like yeah there's there are the channels that you support like look uh, i like the content you make but i could live without it so your support comes in in the form of uh ad revenue getting getting my view getting the ad revenue you know, other people, you know, uh, you guys have been generous with us with super chats and whatever, but um, there are other people where you do their, their Patreon, you do actual donations by their merch, you know, and that these all have different um, uh, degrees of how much that helps a, uh, a in, in these cases, a channel and stuff to grow. Because, um, again, it's that unquantifiable factor of of how wearing the merch out in public becomes a walking billboard for what you're supporting. You know what I mean? Anyway, so, sorry, just sort of uh, brainstorming all these uh, sort of ideas that are coming together with the topics we're we're going over. And I'm also incredibly tired because normally I get up for a podcast at at 7. And today I was up at uh, uh, 7 a.m. instead instead of uh, 7 p.m. 
Anyway, so G-Kids acquires North American rights to uh, Perfect Blue. So we're going to see, I think we discovered it was going to actually be a Blu-ray. I would assume it's going to be a Blu-ray. It's probably going to be a Blu-ray. It'll be a Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine it wouldn't be because um, the there is a Japanese Blu-ray. Plus, um, it's G-Kids. They, they do yeah. combo packs all the time. Yeah. And let's go ahead and read this one. So, <clears throat> I'm gonna step away for a minute. Okay. Yeah, I actually need a water so bad. I'm sweating so freaking bad out here that I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit delirious. So everybody, go get your snacks. I'll be right back. I'm just gonna run to the garage. Be right back. Which one is this? Why are Hollywood studios buying anime distributors? Why? Well, I would say just so they can have a different property to try to make a movie off of. Maybe like to access a different acquiring of Funimation type thing. Yeah. Okay. Funimation. I think this one. Yeah, this one's mentioning uh, AT and T eating Crunchyroll. It's probably something like uh, a subsidy say, of uh, Warner Hey, Rose. fellow kids. Uh, I also anime. My um, my headphones are so sweaty. I don't feel like I ever want to wear them again. <laughs> okay, so I just wanted to. Uh, it's not that long, is it? What's down here? Okay, yeah, it's not that long. Anonymous asks. I just I just read that Crunchyroll's parent company, Otter Media. You know what? Um, let's come back to this after after we get through that other part because that's another discussion. Yeah, random okay. merch. We'll come back to that. Okay, so let's go through random merch real quick. Okay, so I'm gonna put that there. And all right. So for those of you who've never used Crunchyroll, this is the mascot. Crunchyroll Hime. Hime, Hime is princess uh, in Japanese. And there's also a manga. There's also a there's also a Crunchyroll manga. Yeah, it's a Crunchyroll original manga, I guess you could say. It's kind of like a, I wonder who wrote it. Is it a four coma something like that? It's just like really short comedic story type thing mm-hmm. with the sort of cheap okay. version of their character. Yeah, mainly. Were you gonna say something, Augie? <laughs> no, not really. Okay, so the reason it's I just the mascot. Yeah, it's just the mascot, right? Um, Back. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out just a, okay. So just so you know, Reese, um, I moved the uh, that article we were looking at uh, to we're gonna talk about it after the AT&T um, Crunchyroll thing. Um, <clears throat> so when Monty Ohm died, um, do you guys know who that was? Yeah, the guy who did um, Ruby. Ruby, yeah. that's misspelled. Um, he was a Rooster Teeth employee. Um, when he died, I thought that they should have. Uh, I don't know if you've ever actually seen what he looks like, but he's very—he's Asian. He's got very much like a sense of style, his own style. I thought they should have made figures of Monty in all like his different looks over the years, and uh, given the um, uh, the profit, like a certain degree of the profit to his family. 
uh, after his death. I th- they could have really raised a lot for his family um, for funeral expenses and everything if they had done that. But the reason I thought this is interesting is because um, I'm I want to know if uh, J List is going to jump on this trend and uh, what's print out figures from J- fan art. J List Chan or whatever. It's Megumi Chan. I think oh, right. Megumi Chan. Yeah, that's right. So I'd be interesting to see if uh, if J List will do that because I don't I don't know why I, I have no reason to give it to give a damn about any of these characters, but I kind of would like to have because this seems like is this a limited uh, edition uh, product? Like, are they only going to have a couple of these? Probably. One is a figure, uh, not limited edition AC. Well, technically everything is limited, you know, because they go out of print. And they're going to sell it in twenty years. Cut yourself. Just the first a, slice, a slice of fail cake at Yotsuba Cafe. So, Yotsuba, what's, up, what's up with the ampersand? <laughs> I think it's just to make things more complicated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so there's, uh, I, I you know, there's there's certain things. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. But that broccoli some... soup thing looks so unappealing. <laughs> this <laughs> that looks amazing. This well, looks broccoli, sure, the shape and artistic, whatever, but. Just the product itself, Damn. I think, would be really gross. I, I don't know because it's a, it's actually it's like a rice. Curry. Oh, a curry. Yeah, okay. it's, it's just no. you're, you're that was like a broccoli, broccoli yeah. uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I think this would actually be. Really I didn't even read green curry up there. I just saw it and knew it. Yeah, well, no, I I, I knew it too. I was just I was just backing up my claim by by pointing out that they actually labeled it. Uh, so there are a couple there are a couple things that you'll notice. I will basically bring up on the podcast. Uh, at any chance I get just because I want the the global consciousness to be thinking about things like this. Cause how the hell does this not have an anime yet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like South park faces to me a little bit. <laughs> All right. Continuing say cheers to the ladies of old school anime with new sake blends. Mm-hmm. I think I already mentioned this on the podcast that I couldn't tell if cutie honey was meant for uh a younger audience like Shonen, I mean, Shoujo, uh, or if it was for like hardcore adults, because you see like the mm-hmm. cover of the DVD is all stripping her or, Let me or ask whatever, you this. the transformation. Would you like to answer to that? Who's Project Aiko for? I have no idea. Uh, Damn it. I, didn't, the I meant to say, wife um, who no, punched hold on. Agent Aika is what I meant to say. Who's Agent Aika for? I don't know. I guess is it, uh, is it the young shonen or is it the uh, the more mature uh, age range? Because that's that's basically what Cutie Honey is for. Got it. <laughs> the fan service consumers. <laughs> I like how they went out of their way to put the panty shot for the gotcha man character. <laughs> she flings up in the air all the time. Uh, this, this was. Uh, you, you guys don't know how good you have it with studios like Zebic. This was the uh, the fan service of the eighties or the seventies. <laughs> like you got a you got a tiny triangle if you were lucky. <laughs> oh, the guy's answer to the cutie honey question was he just got tired of seeing nothing but males be a hero, so he just decided to make a female hero. So, for the sake of consistency, I'm sharing uh, this the, because the line of love life. Yeah, we've talked about all this. You know, I got to say, in the video that I released today for Flavors of Youth, uh, Mm -hmm. 
God, how much time do you think we spent <laughs> trying to find clips <laughs> for that part where I was making the point about the uh, the younger model replacing the older model or slash actress, right? Too much time. Way mm. too much time. I downloaded AKB. I, I already own it. I just haven't. Um, 48. Actually, I, I, no, I have the DVDs for it, so I, I would have downloaded it anyway. For AKB0048, and I got to say... Um, I so I use this website called uh, TVTropes.com to uh, to help me quickly locate stuff that I'm looking for. By the way, um, actually, I think I I might have already told you this, Augie. I realized that uh, I think I said this in chat, but I verbally said this to you. But in chat between you guys, I, I had mentioned I thought there was an episode of uh, Detective Conan that covered the. Uh, the trope was uh, it, it was hell girl it was what it was yeah i told Detective you I, hell girl no i i told augie i told you verbally over the phone but um fdm it was actually hell girl danny danny had um suggested to me that that was uh, an anime that did that and when i um he he gave me the japanese title which i always forget is not the same as the English title. Oh, so sure. when I looked it up, I was like, oh my God. Jigoku Shoujo? Yeah, Jigoku yeah, Shoujo. Anyway. anyway, so um, back to the main point here. Uh, I So I sat down to watch uh, the first couple episodes at like 10 times normal speed. That's uh, so how I normally do it. Of, um, <laughs> of AKB0048. Holy shit, the CG in that show is so bad. Uh, and and on TV tropes, there was a category for I forget what the exact category was, but they had they had a listing on CG for, idols. No, no, no. Oh god, I wish they had a category for a horrible CG. Um, but uh, <laughs> for studio competition, right? And I I had learned through through that article there or whatever the listing that Love Live was basically the competition uh, or that AKB0048 was the competition of Love Live. And the thing is that I hear people talk about Love Live all the time. Never in my life have I ever heard anybody talk about AKB0048. Good point. Okay. So that's, that's, that's that's point one. Um, And as I'm looking at the, uh, as I'm looking at the uh, the listing for uh, Love Live, because I thought, oh, maybe this has the trope that I needed to, to illustrate, right? Uh, I find out that I guess Love Live also has this terrible CG problem with the dance scenes that uh, we've been discussing. Yeah. So uh, at some point, can we uh, do this for a watch? <laughs> anyway, so the one – back to the article. I'd love an excuse to buy it. <laughs> um, the uh, – the one detail I'm noticing is not in the actual figure that is in the drawing. Uh, oh, there's a couple of details, but the one specific one, the, there's like spirals on the. Uh, yeah, I was seeing that here. too. Yeah, not seeing it. So dro- really <laughs> dropped the ball there, guys. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to move on from this. However, they do include viewable panties that the drawing doesn't offer. Adorable <laughs> cells at work merch does about a good. I, I don't see what you're talking about. <laughs> Well, I'm assuming every single skirted figure has that feature. So I'm just going to say that before we actually do a watch club of Love Live, that the this image here and this image here is going to forever ruin <laughs> Love Live. <laughs> I, I am not going to be in about. Um, anyway, so adorable sells at work birch does a body good. So uh, apparently, uh, yeah, you know, while I'm while I'm in California to pay for freaking canvas bags if I want to get bags at the grocery store, uh, 
Uh, this would be. We got those two here in Iowa. Oh yeah, God, it's such a stupid. Uh, you know, well, re- reasonable bag. I mean. Well, let me, let me, let me. Uh, so since you're gonna say like, ah, I will, how about this? Did you ban plastic straws? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think of the six, litter six, going six, into the it? ocean. Six, okay. six months. Do you realize that that America, North America, is literally like what one percent of the actual plastic that gets into the ocean comes from uh-huh. America? It comes from freaking Africa. Ninety percent of it is from Africa and um and like Asia, right? Most like China, probably. because it's cheaper for California to ship their recycling no, to it, China to get it done. Uh, America. Uh, California has the most ass backwards solutions to problems. That okay, let's not get into this. This is cells at work. We're talking about <laughs> looking at towels. I'm just I like saying. towels. Yeah. So, so we got these can, I, can we talk here. about platelet transgenderoid? Uh, if you get the link for it. All I gotta uh, say is that cells at work is Aniplex title, I think. So hopefully, yes, they do it unfortunately, it is. I'm, I'm pissed at that because that's shown so much. So it has no right to be good. <laughs> on, on paper, it, should, it sounds awful, but it has absolutely zero right to be good. But it's absolutely phenomenal. I'll, I'll just hey, point hey, out can you that I was biology the one, test. I was the one who uh, who brought up that show on this uh, podcast. And thank you very much. Yeah, yeah but I only actually noticed it and remembered it when I uh, saw it for myself on Crunchyroll's Twitter. Uh, so, so far for the Mel's clothing, I can defend the watch, the shoes, and maybe the hat. Okay, I was going to say sponsored by Movement Watches. So we've uh, we've looked at a lot of these uh-huh. over the uh, over the you know course of the podcast. Um, I gotta say, these are the first ones that I feel like are wearable in a long time. Uh, well, I guess the O one Miku kind of ruins the shoe for me, but um, it's not my style of shoe anyway. I wouldn't. I have wide, high arched feet, but I wouldn't. Be able I don't to know what the aesthetic thing. is. Am I supposed to be a DJ? Am I supposed to be one of those "quote unquote" skateboarders? But really, they're just there for the drugs, or what? What's the male clothing side for? In the women's side, it looks like they're either going to to a cafe, to some work, or church. Hang on one second. Uh, Downloading Chrome. Look at the second one. There you go. That one. There's the there's the uh, platelet chain one. That's freaking adorable. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, okay. That's what you're sending me. That, that, that's yeah, white blood cell, but the other one's platelet chain. Yeah. So freaking but, adorable. But this is a drawing. <laughs> I know, but that, there that, is a that, picture. That's of gonna it. be that's gonna be the that's gonna be the dendroid, though. Yeah. Basically, stubby legs. Like I find dendroids generally are annoying, but the ones that are already chibi, like uh, Morgana from Teacher Five, clearly chimps. She's already cute. That's basically what she looks like. They're yeah. all toddlers. I I know. I'm just mentioning that because I was reminded. I feel like um, I would hate nendroids. If it weren't for the fact that I are that Funko Pops exists and and take up all the hate that I have because I was stupid that, that yeah, that's a product that's true because at least Nendroids look like a genuine just, version just of by comparison I don't have enough hate left over for them. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
I'm totally yeah. fine with Ninjaroids. I mean, you can swap out yeah. the face, they move. That's something I was begging when well, I was really a child. Well, they're really well made and everything. It's just, stiff why do I need figures. a chibi version of everything that's ever existed? Right. That's why that's I say... Because you want to feel like you're in the wizard of There's like that. I'm cool with. There's only a, one... Oh, Umaru-chan. That, <laughs> that Ninjaroid. Yep. There you go. Yeah. I just got... I, side note, I just... Got an email seven minutes ago about confirmation for my Kino, my Kino and Hermes Nendoroid that's gonna be shipping out on the twenty second. Oh, that that's freaking adorable too. So, does this uh, they use spats? This cracks me up so bad. The uh, okay, so do you guys remember the old like shitty Halloween store? Uh, superhero outfits he used to wear as a kid how they would have those stupid little things that would sit on top of your shoes <laughs> oh, yeah. oh those are spats AC yeah. I'm fortunately I know you don't have a costume that requires that that's so funny to me this anyway I, I just, it's interesting I mean I, I never really paid attention to it until we started the podcast but I'm surprised how much official merch there is of what you would just see as cosplay because the thing about cosplay is that cosplay has cosplays like the 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 dragon that you fed too much and then now it controls you you know like cosplay got to the point where it's like uh, you can't actually buy the official merch because the cosplay community will eat you alive for not making it yourself you know what i mean that's true does it come with a wig too? I wonder. Her Next hair. thing you know, you're going to get a DMCA uh, copyright violation on your clothing that you made. I would. Uh, like, I'm here to have fun. Why do I have to rejoin a high school again? Why do I have to praise this person who does absolutely nothing with their life? Sorry, sorry, say that again. You're you're referring to the cosplay community shaming you? Yeah, yeah. Not. I don't care if they shame me. Why in the world do I want to go to a place that I want to enjoy and deal with high yeah. school again? For, I mean, for the record, I don't give a shit either. My response is bite me. You know who gives a shit yeah. what your thoughts are? But um, but I'm just saying oh, that not everybody's like that. No, not everybody is like that. Uh, people. I don't want to say that they're. Hurt. I don't want to say that they're weak, but people care way too much what other people think of them you know and uh, i think that the actual cosplay community that that bullies the other people they're the ones who are obviously the problem right like let people like things let people just enjoy being at the convention wearing the official merch or whatever like don't it's just it's the only place they're ever going to get to wear the thing they spent probably way too much money on you know what yeah. i mean you get any um, appreciation from it's possibly only going to be once because you're going to need to use another costume next con and it's not a threat to the fact that you spend all your time it's like this is like the uh people get this way about like i i know this because i went to an art school where there's an entire freaking online community devoted to basically feeling sorry for yourself as a starving artist because you went to this particular school um, and tr- try to shut down the schools and, and like they don't really have a clear goal in mind. But anyway, the thing is here that, that because art is actually suffering, like you have to understand that being an artist is 
suffering. People suffer for their creative process. Um, that it means to them like, well, screw it. I, I have to make this person feel like shit for cheapening the fact that I suffer for my work. It's like, you actually don't, <laughs> you really don't have to be that way. You will just uh, slightly appreciate your cosplay more. Yeah. It's your, <laughs> it's not, really? Especially, especially due to the fact that, uh, Let's face it, this isn't like an actual homemade cosplay would probably look better than this <laughs> because it would be fitted, you know, like if you make your own clothes, you fit them to you to the person wearing them, right? This is a one size, mm-hmm. you know, fits all kind of kind of scenario going on here. So, I think anyway. the next set fits better with this one. I swear yeah. at AWA, they have another who dressed up like uh, Kirito and we'll let you in the vendor's room first. I hate that, and that's what Crunchyroll does for some weird reason. It's not even advertised. So we have Mimi's hat that looks like a soccer leaf. Was that the intent originally? What is the context of this shot? This looks lewd. She's, she's looking at Ty. Uh, oh, no, oh, it's a karaoke scene. You, I know. I, don't know. I see the microphone. She's a singer. She was singing with, uh, was it Numamon or something? Personality. No, it was Yeah, she was Gekomon. like singing to uh Gekomon. Yeah, Gekomon. And Shogun around Gekomon. the Edamon. Huh. Around the Edamon arc. Which if you watch in Japanese oh, yeah. she's singing the theme song. Oh. Those yeah, those slime guys or whatever. Yeah. N- Numamon? The rat and the turd. Yeah, Numamon. So. They want they wanted her to sing to try and wake up this this uh the other one. Big I feel one. like it must have been Geckomon because in Digimon World Four they sing and put you to sleep. But <laughs> yeah, because I think the Numamon, um, the Numamon thing was uh, its own. Uh, that had earlier, like were. it was back uh, earlier with Monzimon and stuff. But they could have recurred for all I remember. Okay, not, this is exactly right now. Digimon over Ultimate Muscle or Muscle right now. This guy <laughs> made a full size Robin mass reproduction from Kaneko Man. Sadly, if you wear that or show that around the area without giving that title, they'll think it's a shredder, a funky shredder mask. Yeah, because the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are so big in Japan. Oh, yeah. It was big in Mexico. We got almost everything except the original show over here. I mean, Viz released, like, almost everything manga-wise. What, Kaneka Man? Yeah, like the very beginning of it to current. Of course it was big in Mexico. It's a bunch of luchadors. <laughs> <laughs> Is that teapot guy going to be big in Mexico too? <laughs> this demonetized podcast brought to you by teapot. <laughs> so uh, in this segment of the OCA podcast where we discuss obvious, um, well, I mean, they're not even hiding that this is a publicity stunt. The Kaito Kid abducts uh, YTV's Detective Conan statue and left a little note behind. <laughs> it's like, oh no, everyone, look at this photo of, of our Detective Conan statue. It's missing! <laughs> and this, like this enormous... is like the Pikachu statue all over again. <laughs> exactly. It's like this enormous uh, um, like ransom note, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just well, think it's so funny. Like, so, the, yeah. Uh, Someone's buried there. So let me ask you this: uh, Which executive do you think has it in their house now? 
some i don't know uh did it say i think it was a promotional thing well someone's got to steal the plaque because obviously no <laughs> one possesses the plaque <laughs> oh my god if i was in japan right now i would totally steal the plaque and leave behind and no one can figure on. out the message. leave behind a loop on the third face the, the no, one no, no, the, no. The on, like the peanut shaped head with the little hand sticking yeah. out <laughs> no you leave another plaque that's a mystery to where the plaque goes who stole the Oh man! Wasn't there one like Lupin, quote unquote, stole some monument that while the monument was in reclining or something? That's hilarious. I, I think well, you're right. There was that right. a Paris exhibit where half the art got stolen? <laughs> yeah, at the beginning of Lupin sees in France. Unrelated, but uh... okay. AT acquires full ownership of Otter Media, so. The rest of the article just claims who uh, yeah, who uh, is doing what, yeah. what, and they own it. I think we've already talked about this on the podcast, um, and I think we are all of the same opinion that it's kind of irritating how much everybody is making a big deal about nothing here. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll just say to reiterate the point: AT and T bought. They bought out Otter Media, which is a parent company of the parent company of Crunchyroll. Otter Media was something that AT&T already joint owned with another company. AT&T already owned Crunchyroll. This is not a big deal. They have just decided to get full ownership over the parent company of the parent company of Crunchyroll. Very likely, nothing is going to change. If anything, AT&T may take some of the infrastructure that was developed under Crunchyroll and start utilizing it for other things that maybe they gain access to, to to remain relevant in this shifting climate of old media dying and new media becoming a thing. Does that sum up everybody's point? Yeah. So, nip that in the bud. Now we will talk about it. I just read that Crunchyroll's parent company, Otter Media, was officially bought 100% by AT&T, who says they plan to integrate it into Warner Media, which is Warner Brothers. Sony, uh, which, this question is misleading, the way they worded this. Um, Warner Media, I mean, technically, yes, it is Warner. It was actually Time Warner, because AT&T merged with Time Warner. Um mm-hmm. Uh, so Sony Pictures bought Funimation last year. What gives? Do these big Hollywood studios plan on getting more into anime, or are they after remake rights? Why are they so interested in our little fandom? So, OCA podcast answer, men. Do you have, uh, before we read what Justin Savakis has said here, oh, that's an actual image. <laughs> um, I was trying to highlight that. <laughs> um before we get into what Justin Savakis says here, uh, do you have an answer to uh, what you think this is all about? I think, Augie, uh, you for, started saying something when I went me, into the water. Yeah, for me, another way to look at this question is what else do think, the parent, these bigger oh, parent God. companies would gain from this cause? Okay, you have an anime distribution center right here. What else comes with it? What music comes with it? What other facets are there that they that they're not really known for well my take on this is that oh, i didn't say my take mine I don't say mine either. 
Oh, I, I was just going to go next before you guys. Oh, go ahead then. I, I don't mind waiting if you'd like me to go last. Because I think you were going to say the point that you jumped in on, which was yeah. I, I think this is the um, all these big companies, they're basically saying, uh, hello, fellow children. We also like anime. Here's our anime branch. Well, That's uh, my answer. Thank you, Steve Bassini. <laughs> um, I was going to say that they're seeing all the returns and saying, oh, we're not making money off of Ocean's 8 <laughs> or we're running out of ideas. Let's have new remake after remake after remake. Oh, this Japanese stuff is actually coming up with original ideas. Maybe we could get a piece of that pie instead. <laughs> Uh, okay, so my my take is a combination of of what you said, uh, or I guess a variation, I should say, of what you said, Reese. Um, my take is that from a business perspective, AT and T is a big conglomerate. They see well. See, this is a bad example with AT and T. I'm going to use Sony because AT and T already technically owned the parent com- part of the parent company, the parent company of Crunchyroll, right? Um, so I'm going to use Sony. Sony saw Funimation was operating and very profitable, and they said, "You know what? I'd like in on that." You know, this is like when Microsoft bought Mo- um, Minecraft. Right, or I guess they technically bought Mojang and Minecraft, right? Um, so Microsoft bought Minecraft so that they could start creating incentive for the Windows 10 edition or whatever, and they could uh, they showcase their version of VR that would allow you to basically build HoloLens. in Minecraft through the Hololens, yeah. Um, and uh, so I, th- I think what's going on here is that these conglomerates just see an opportunity to make even more money. So I don't think they're actually going to do anything. Like I said, I, I, I don't think that Sony has really done anything with Funimation. They're letting Funimation. They've given us horrible cases. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think that Sony actually has anything really to do with it. Yeah, you, they use a different distribution. I think is what we were mentioning. I thought you were talking about like the thinny, the thinnies and stuff. I mean, it could be that too. But I'm talking specifically about like uh, the oh Jesus about the frick the Blu-ray cases themselves. Right. Yeah. So um, I would be more concerned if a cable company bought it because typically with a cable company, if they were to buy it. I don't see AT and T as a cable company. I see them more as a phone and communications provider. Telecommunications. Telecommunications still. Well, I'm just um, saying that's, that's like the the. It's basically what you just said. I'm just giving you the actual title of what they would call themselves. Okay. Um, if it, generally, if it was a cable company that owns something, let's say like Blockbuster. Buster or some other other place, they would take all the titles that they have, put them in their premium sections so people can buy the bigger package for what they want, and then just kind of lessen the quality of what they just bought to kind of sink into the ground. So what's kind of funny here, actually, is that um, of all the companies to to be doing this, there's one company that is worth... So much money, like so much more than these other companies combined, that uh, 
you would kind of expect to be making these moves, and they aren't. Do you guys know what company I'm talking about? Um, Amazon. No. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, how is it that Amazon is the one... If if you were Jeff Jeff Bezos, don't you think that you'd be like, okay, so this company here, uh, Funimation, they got this streaming service. Let's let's buy them. No, it's like, nah, Anime Strike. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much Jeff Bezos actually had to do with actual Anime Strike, or if he even knew that that was a thing. You know, that that he his company had been involved in, but um, it just, uh, I I think that. It's uh, it's more about seeing profitable avenues that you can just buy in order to, at the top, make more money, right? But um, to your point, Reese, I think you made a great point, actually. That So there's some artificial inflation going on with a lot of these companies because it doesn't make any sense that, for instance the Star Wars movies, which it's pretty clear that the fans don't want them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're, they're very unsatisfied with uh, Disney's uh, hiring practices and all the controversies going on over there. Right. It's very obvious that that's happening. And yet only just now is Disney finally like canceling future projects because they have I mean, like the easy solution is to not run your properties into the ground by, uh, you know, doing the stuff that they're doing, you know, and it's just like what you said, like, uh, for instance, a, a, I think a, a better example that gets to point across is the Ghostbusters uh, mm-hmm. reboot, right? It's like it's obviously a bad decision. Do you do you guys remember when the Ghostbusters reboot uh, trailer came out? Yeah. And James Rolfe made a video where he's he just calmly said, it. you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to see it because it doesn't look good to me. And then they called him a sexist misogynist uh, and all those like Vice articles and shit. Like <laughs> he, he laid out such a coherently um, calm, rational argument for not ruining his childhood because the trailer was a taste of poison. So don't drink the whole bottle. Right. Is basically, uh, you know, a paraphrase of, of what he said. And they jumped on him as being sexist because how could you not go see it? You know, uh, we, we made it's, it and it's ghostbusters. It's trying to be a step forward. Prog- Total BS. And, and I think that that was a, a good point you made Reese about the fact that, um, the one side has said, repeatedly it's like look we don't care if you want to put you know transgenderism or any of the million uh different genders that there, people are coming up with and all that. we don't care if you want to put this in the movies the problem we have is that you're you're taking existing you're taking existing intellectual property and making lando calrissian pansexual or something right um <laughs> yeah so that's obviously it's like the companies are just not hearing it. Like, no, it's the children who are wrong, right? I forget, wasn't there something where, uh, was it in Harry Potter, after the fact, she's just like, oh, yeah, this guy's gay. Or am I thinking of something yeah, Dumbledore, else? Yeah, Dumbledore's gay. Oh, Hermione was supposed to be black. <laughs> well, that's great. 
Okay, so here's the, here's the thing about Hermione is that, uh, real quick, uh, first of all, I actually don't really care about Harry Potter at all, but I'll just say that, uh, as I understand it, the way it's written, they don't ever say that Hermione is black. Well, it's just that some people... Wait, she's actually black? Canon? No. It's just that some people interpreted the way she was described as it sounding like she was supposed to be black. But there's there. I, as far as I understand, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not a fan. But um, as far as I understand, there's no there's nothing in the books that actually exp- like actually says, yeah, she's from the hood or something. You know, they don't actually say that her skin is dark or whatever. They literally just describe her her frizzy hair, and, yeah, frizzy hair. right? And people say, oh, that's because she's black. It's like no, you're you're interpreting it that way. Which, by the way, is how books are meant to be. That you get to enter. So one of the reasons why people oftentimes like books better than the movie adaptations is because it you the movie isn't their expectations. Well, you like it's because you interpret it through your um, lens, the way that you view the world. You interpret what you're reading and how you you know create the characters in your mind through your own interpretation. So when especially when you can be sort of vague with things, you create the character the way that you want them to be. That's that's why a lot of people um are dissatisfied with the movie version of things. You know what I mean? Um because it's very hard to beat your own imagination, right? Um so I I just I don't I don't <sighs> The people who who made a stink about that, it's like there's literally no part in the book that actually says that that she was supposed to be this way. It's like, not like they whitewashed the cast. You know what I mean? Um, it's so there's stupid. Not, there's no reason to even. Well, if you think that way, that's your that's your business. But for what the story is trying to convey, it doesn't matter what what color they yeah. are. I mean, they yeah. already have that sort of. Right. So then the argument situation becomes, with magic users and not magic users. So well, yeah, and then the argument becomes a shaming contest of you had the opportunity to pick the progressive choice and you didn't, which nobody yeah. wants. Nobody wants to uh, to be friends with somebody who's going to nitpick about every little thing based on their, uh, you know, whichever side of the aisle you're on. <laughs> nobody wants to hang around somebody who's going to act that way. Uh, but let's let's read what Justin Savica said. So. Uh, This is an insanely chaotic time in the entertainment business. To understand where we are and why we're here, we need to understand the bigger picture. The North American and international entertainment business is in a state of major upheaval. It's hard to see from the consumer point of view, but here in Los Angeles, people are freaking out. Competition from Netflix, the accelerating decline of cable television, the slow erosion of the motion picture business, overall globalization, and internetization of entertainment content. Internetization. And, yeah. Uh, and the collapse of traditional broadcast TV has led to a massive, massive shakeup in the entire entertainment business that has only just begun. People are bracing for mass layoffs, mega mergers, and the effective end of major companies that have been around for nearly a century. So before I continue, I just want to say, um, I'm pretty sure I've basically said all of this uh, on the podcast before, uh, and I've established... What? Yeah, this article doesn't convey anything really new that we haven't said before. That that we haven't said. You know, this is, to a lot of people, this is new information, but I'm just saying that, like, I think that, Within, like, sort of. Hold on, I gotta plug it in. Uh, I, the I important think that, things in life. 
I think that within the sort of the cultural understanding of things, it's like you may not, you may not uh, have ever thought about it, but as soon as like it's said to you, it's like, oh yeah, no, definitely that's happening. You know, it's just self-evident, right? It's just that with it gets so true that it just becomes self-evident. Uh, it's the idea that the old media is going extinct, right? And this is actually, I think, partially why the news is having such a hard time with Trump on Twitter, um, because they're, um, they themselves are also becoming extinct, because people aren't going to them for all their information anymore you know i mean a youtube channel a lot of a lot of these youtube channels of people like philip defranco they reach more people than cnn does in a week you know in one video uh because they communicate what people want to hear in a way that people want to hear it you know it's the competition we talk about like um making it more convenient than uh than the, the pirates going back to the other thing right um, and they are panicking and they are in a state of disarray. We're looking at Hollywood and it's falling apart. You know, it's collapsing. Um, people, let me just say this Harvey Weinstein thing, everybody in Hollywood knew this was going on and they would have continued to, uh, get away with, you know, this treatment of people, you know, all, all this stuff going on that's coming out that's because of this Me Too movement, this stuff has been going on forever. You know? A lot of people deny that, oh, it was an open secret. Well, they deny it, but it, they all... Okay, they, AC, they, before we uh, delve deeper into Weinstein, how about we tackle more on... This, this is relating to what we're talking about here. What I'm saying is that the the power structure that Hollywood once was at the top of people in Hollywood and these, you know, political elites, especially too, that, you know, cause these people rub elbows, right. Um, the global elite uh, as they see themselves, there was a time when people regarded them so highly, you know, they're the movie stars. There's so much power in that popularity that you could get away with anything. You know, you can you can get away with murder in some cases, you know, um, and the fact that they are bleeding, you know, like the like uh, that scene in uh, 300 where, um, you know, his Leonidas's uh, men all died, but he proved the God King could bleed, you know, like that's what's happening right now is that um, this powerful empire of media that all these decades and decades and decades and decades has been immortal has act all of a sudden they um they realized that they're they're on their deathbed right it's like they didn't even see it coming because they've been they've been so uh um preoccupied with their own greatness you know so um what's happening here is that the internet especially is completely turning things upside down. In fact, Netflix, as they, as Justin Savakis mentioned here, was an enormous upset to um, things like, for instance, House of Cards. Uh, my dad used to talk about; he was obsessed with that show for a while. He used to tell me, "He's like, there's, uh, I like this show because this would have never gotten made in Hollywood. 
you know, and for those of you who don't know, my dad works in Hollywood. My dad's a stunt uh, coordinator. Growing up, he was a stuntman my whole life, you know, um, and and he would tell me sort of behind the scenes all the stuff going on and all the uh, um, the, the fact that the stuff that Netflix is able to do is because they're not Hollywood, right? So anyway, let me let me just continue here. Um, how massive is this upheaval? Of the six major movie studios, Disney, Sony, Warner Brothers, Paramount, Fox, and NBC slash Universal, two have been sold and are in the early stages of merging, and one is, as of this writing, embroiled in a ludicrous Game of Thrones-esque fight over its future and possible merger with a major TV network. Disney now owns Fox. Warner Brothers is getting absorbed into AT&T despite legal challenges from the Department of Justice, and Viacom slash Paramount might be getting... Uh, merged again with CBS. This upheaval has been creeping in slowly over the last decade as more and more entertainment consumption has moved to online streaming. Traditional entertainment companies have been withering uh, as theatrical, cable, and advertising all decline. Netflix has uh, Netflix now has more money to spend on making stuff than any of them. Amazon Prime Video is growing. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see something <laughs> worth watching on there. Hulu, who is partially owned by those traditional media companies, is, is dying because they got rid of their anime. What? Apple now, <laughs> now the first trillion dollar company in history. Um, eh, I mean, part, well, part of they that technically is, aren't, but it's uh, like in North well, America. I'll just say part of that is due to inflation. <laughs> um, but. Uh, Apple, now the first trillion dollar corporation in history, is constantly making moves that seem to indicate that they're getting into the content business too, but never seem to actually launch anything. Crunchyroll is one of the rarest birds in the streaming landscape, a truly successful independent niche player with strong connections in production and strong and a strong user base. <laughs> there are virtually no other companies that have pulled that off. Yeah, you know why? Because they do stuff like am, uh, anime strike. <laughs> Uh, combined with other otter media assets, indie film distributor Gunpowder and Sky, Reese Witherspoon co-founded production company Hello Sunshine. Uh, have you heard of it? Either of those? Nope. <laughs> Network full screen. No, not really. Full screen. What does full screen do? They make full oh, yeah. screen oh, aspect ratio. Movies. Otter media owns Rooster Teeth. Oh yes, that must be why they're. Dude, this is all part of VRV, dude. I think wow. uh, I, I think Frederator is a part of this as well. Yeah, but who gives a shit about Frederator? <laughs> the value they Careful bring to the words. in the media space and the amount of content they control is quite extraordinary. Combined, the company represents over 75 billion video views to 93 million people globally this year alone, according to their press release. Okay, so this actually changes things a little bit. I'm glad that we sat down to read this. Um I mean, I think the overall point we've made so far about the Otter Media stuff is um, about, like, the point about, like, there's really no reason to uh, to worry is still valid. But this changes, like, this puts into perspective some things that, that actually make a lot of sense here. Oh, man, this is, this is blowing my mind. Um, I have stuff I want to say, but don't think I can say because it's related to it. some projects with that uh, haven't come out yet, but 
Combined, the company uh, represents over 75 billion video views to 93 million people globally. I already read that. Okay. Uh, And that's ultimately the game here. All of these giant media companies are basically in a content arms race. They're running scared of Netflix and their U.S. $8 billion annual uh, content budget. All of these acquisitions that are happening are part of a strategy to stockpile control of as much valuable content as possible. It's why Sony bought Funimation. It's why AT&T bought Otter Media slash Crunchyroll and Warner Brothers. It's why Disney bought Fox. Anime is a small but prominent piece of the puzzle. It may be a small market, but the big hits are huge enough, especially with younger audiences, to move the needle for a new service. It could be it could be argued that Crunchyroll would never would have never ascended to the heights that they did without Naruto Shippuden. That was like their first anime they officially licensed, I think. There aren't many Naruto's out there, but there are plenty of smaller hits, and anime fans have a well earned reputation as early adopters. Warner Media is a newly formed conglomerate under AT&T that, com- that comprises all of the former Warner Brothers owned corporations, including HBO, HBO and Cinemax, including international streaming versions of each. Uh, Turner, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, Boomerang, CNN, I don't even know, how is, how is, a league? Uh, E-League? I don't know. Uh, Filmstruck. Uh, HLN, Super Deluxe, Turner Classic Movies, TBS, TNT, True TV, Turner Sports, Great Big Story, and iStream Planet, and Warner Brothers, including DC Entertainment, CW Television Network, New Line Cinema, and the giant network of film and TV companies with Warner in the name. Uh, They have stated outright that the Otter Media will be combined into Warner, departing Owner Peter Chernin noted that once combined, AT&T will be in a, in a place to deliver every type of content delivered through every possible distribution channel. I can so so the, um, this is actually very interesting. Uh, this does change things. I can only it guess does where we're going. Things, but Go ahead. It does change things, but it doesn't state anything like a change of business plan. Okay, it actually, it does a little bit. I'll get into it in a minute. I can only guess uh, where we're going from here. With this much money at stake, we are only seeing the very beginnings of what promises to be a complete reshaping of the entire entertainment industry. Disney has already announced that they're working on a major Netflix competitor. What will AT&T do? Uh, Will they also try to become a one-stop streaming entertainment shop, compete with both Netflix and Disney, and fold Crunchyroll into it? And what will Sony do? Funimation and Crunchyroll are joined at the hip uh, due to co-licensing agreements and can't be completely separated for the time being. Will they also launch a competing provider or something else? Doesn't Funimation already have Funimation now? What What do you mean? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, for the record, I don't watch any anime on streaming stuff except for Netflix. Well, yeah, they do have Funimation now, but I mean, what was the question prefacing it? Well, they said, and what will Sony do? Funimation and Crunchyroll are joined at the hip due to co-licensing agreements, and they can't be completely separated for the time being. Will they launch a competing provider? And well, I mean, like, Funimation now is the co- uh, Yeah. Whatever of Crunchyroll, essentially. It's right. the companion that has the dubs, is all, right. really. Though they have the licenses from Crunchyroll. All bets are off. Anime has gotten sucked into a much larger corporate battle, and there's not much anybody can do. 
Not the fans, not the anime distributor staff, and not the Japanese studios, but wait and see. Okay, so two things. First of all, there is stuff we can do. We can keep buying the physical media. That's what we can do. Now, obviously, this is specifically about... Uh, I mean, it's the question is, why are they buying anime distributors? But the direction that Justin Stavakis takes it in has to do specifically with streaming. But I'll just say what we can do is continue to buy physical releases because the companies that want to be profitable off of this are going to see that sales are coming from physical releases, right? Mm-hmm. Well, like one Blu-ray box that is much more support than one person streaming. Yeah. So, so here's why this changes a little bit. Warner Media is a newly formed conglomerate under AT&T that comprises all the Warner Brothers owned corporations including HBO and Cinemax, CNN, Adult Swim, Cartoon Network. So them getting Crunchyroll fully into their thing that they're calling or pardon, them getting Otter Media fully into this thing they call Warner Media. Um a lot of the Crunchyroll titles, because again, AT&T already had at least half ownership of Otter Media, right? Um, but a lot of Crunchyroll titles are on Adult Swim. Yeah? Uh, I, have I no did idea. joke about this when they first announced them teaming up with AT&T. I, I mentioned that there might be a super tsunami in the future, so... Yeah, so wait, so what, what are these Crunchyroll so It's funny because you specifically had mentioned about, well, it's not a cable company. It's like, well, but AT&T, the telecommunications company, AT&T, owns all these cable companies. You yeah. know? So uh, that actually changes things a little bit. I mean, I'm not, I don't expect to see anime on TBS, if I can be frank. <laughs> I, uh, you know, but... Uh, Pop keep I, it. Yeah. Tune in next week for Top Team on TBS. <laughs> God. Right after Seinfeld. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I can't, I can't uh, up again. What I was, what I was mentioning earlier about the, about a cable company purchasing a, a movie rental place. Place. Yeah. One of them. You said cable company. And then all of a sudden you bring up blockbuster. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. It was a cable company that bought a, Movie rental place. I need to really look up that article. Okay, but that but Blockbuster is not the company, the cable company. Blockbuster was the chain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, I need to look up what cable yeah. company but, bought Blockbuster. So. Right. I, I'm I'm not saying like I get your I get where you're coming from, but I'm just saying it he, the way you described it was sort of uh, took us in a weird direction. Um, yeah. They're down yeah, one I, store, I, I, but they'll rise again. So so this is um, all the stuff that Justin Savaka says here is stuff that basically we already knew, but it puts into perspective the scale of things more than we had previously understood, at least for me. Um, because, and you guys got to understand, um, you know, I say this a lot because I see it. I just, I see it. Okay. I, I have the eyes to be able to interpret what I'm seeing and to recognize what's going on. Um, that as Jim Morrison put it, he who controls the media controls the mind. You have to understand the reason why these old 
media conglomerates are so scared about losing this control is because they rely on being able to manipulate people, control people, um, force ads uh, on you and things and, and shape narratives through the news companies they own so that you believe the propaganda that's beneficial for them because it's profitable. We talked in the past about um, the weapons of mass destruction mantra. You know, and how GE was owned by the uh, same company at the time that owned NBC that was pushing this narrative because oh, GE made the fighter pilot, the fighter uh, jets that uh, were sold uh, to the U.S. military to to bomb uh, Afghanistan and stuff. You know, it's like they profit significantly off of off of being able to shape your reality through the media that you consume. So what's happening right now is that they've lost a significant amount of control over the way people think because places like YouTube created platforms where, where you could uh, get a differing opinion from this decompartmentalized system of average Joes who have different life experiences who commentate on happenings in the news and have a YouTube channel, you know, and I use, I use Philip DeFranco as an example, just cause he's one of the biggest, but he is, um, he is not at all who I'm really talking about. You know, I'm talking about just general people who, who analyze, um, world events and, and give their take on, uh, and have, you know, especially the older people who've lived long enough to have experienced things that happened before we were born and hearken back what's happening to events from, from the past and things that were done and, and the stories that were spun and all these things that, that those people have been able to, I would use the phrasing pulled people out of a trance that they got into from all the media. Have you ever seen the charts of all the magazines you read, all of the TV stations you watch, all the radio you listen to is owned by like six corporations. It's like 90% of the media you consume is owned by six corporations and they shape how you see the world uh, in the country you live in. And for a lot of people for the world they live in, you know, and this is so much control that they can't risk losing that control. And I'll just say for a lot of them, it's because their head will be on the chopping block when they lose that control. You know, I'll, I'll stop there for now, but I'm just saying like this stuff is going to get ugly for a lot of these people who've, who've abused this control for a long time. Anyway, do you guys have anything you want to say about this? Uh, before, before we continue further on this one, by any chance, AC, can we save the next article for next week? I, I don't or think this, is, this isn't going to be a super long one. The, the long please. Yeah, we've already uh, we've already discussed this in the past. It's just uh, yeah. But a quick thing, your uh, comment about the Adult Swim. Yeah. Everything being on uh, Crunchyroll. Right now, the current lineup. The only thing that is not on Crunchyroll is fully clearly progressive. Okay. Just I wouldn't really call them Crunchyroll titles, though, because most but of them they're are... But they're all streaming. They are I all streaming on Crunchyroll. I just okay. meant Lupin, Attack yeah. on Titan. You know, these, yeah. things are, these things are 
simul like they simulcast. are simulcast. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all available yeah. through Crunchyroll already. Right. So okay. what I what I was saying is that I wonder. I get it. Yeah, I just I missed. Their ownership of Otter Media is how they have their foot in the door to get these things, you know, because they get the yeah. streaming license, but there's also like the broadcast license, I guess, you know. Yeah. And I, I was wondering if perhaps which they would go back to like Funimation or Viz or something, right? Which, which is why I, I was wondering if, if perhaps the reason that 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 these things are on both is because they're able to, uh, because they're they're already got their foot in the door with Crunchyroll, right? And uh-huh. that having full ownership over it and like Sony as well with Funimation that we might actually see, cause we've had anime channels or at least anime blocks on channels in the past, yeah. right? Like tech TV or G4 had, um, was there anime block called anime unleashed? Yeah. They had anime unleashed. Anime unleashed. Yeah, they showed thing. That was, yeah, that was, well, the, uh, yeah, that was part of anime unleashed was part of uh Genion. Uh, there was, they were connected to, connected to Dentsu in some way through Genion, uh, which is why all the things they showed were like Genion titles, but they also had yeah. Better Man, which is a Bandai title. So um, it's kind of a similar thing with the Funimation and Crunchyroll, but with some other titles, because they had things like Gatekeepers 21, yeah, well, uh, Better Man, was, uh, uh, Bandai as well. Yeah, and then what was the other one? There was another one they had uh, that was the shitty one. Uh, Soul, no, no, Better Man's the shitty one. Soul Taker was the one I was thinking of when I said Better Man. So they had, I think they also had Soul Taker, right? Yeah, they had Soul Taker. Yeah, so they had Soul Taker, Better Man. Um, I think they might have had Serial Experiments Lane too. So they did. Anyway, um, yeah, and then and then yeah, Sci-Fi's got their anime thing now. Sci-Fi's another company, by the anime, way. They had one a long time ago too. Yeah, right. But I'm um, Sci-Fi is Sci-Fi. Sorry, I, I, they're like, said. Monday, I think let, they yeah, let me just explain real quick. They're said the same way, but in my head, when I when I talk about sci-fi, I differentiate the difference between S C I dash F I channel and S Y F Y. Okay, so so I, it yeah. sounds the same when I say it, but I'm in my head, I'm working out the difference here. That's why I said yeah, they have. Oh, oh, they still have anime, anime Monday. Monday. I don't think so. I remember it used to being like Anime Sunday. <laughs> Back when I was like three, was the, old sci-fi sci-fi had the one that had uh, Apollo smile on it, right? Uh, that live-action uh, anime girl who used to present uh, stuff. She had the like the blonde pigtails. <laughs> you guys don't know I what I'm talking I've about. I have no idea. But Hold on. I know vaguely what you're talking about because we talked about it afterwards. Right. But I don't think we've ever actually talked about it on the podcast. But no. Let me. Uh, okay, so the, the, she's in a wig in this one. Oh god! Oh, wow, so bad. <laughs> I find showed it eight minutes after. Galaxy Express, Kira, Appleseed. You guys ready for this? Yes. Yeah, this is sci-fi. Yeah, so you don't remember this? Apollo smiles. You dress up in the. She she's sort of half cosplay. Whatever they're talking about. She's a live action anime girl. Yeah. Wow. She looks like Britney Britney Spears, but sci-fi got a hold of it. Yeah. uh, Let me put it this way: she's the uh, she's the reason that uh, people know that you that two D is superior. (laughs) 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 Anyway, so um, 
Oh, but yeah, I just, I, I just, I see a lot of this as being. There's a lot going on. Okay, there's a lot I hold mm-hmm. back on the on the podcast just because I'm, I'm sort of. I know it's going to. Become relevant, so I, like I try to, I try to parcel out some bits of information. But there's a lot of stuff going on right now with media companies that I'm observing, and I'm just like, oh, that's yeah. interesting, you know, um, that I'm. I know down the line where it will be relevant to what we have to talk about. And one of the things is this uh, Pixiv uh, thing here. Okay. So Pixiv, which we've talked about in the past regarding JList, where they had the, it's a image hosting. It's kind of like a DeviantArt, but um, But it's Pixiv. Yeah, it's Pixiv. uh, It's a (laughs) website where people host artwork and everything, right? Uh, and it, and it, it is very much uh, what's different from uh, DeviantArt is that it's very much strictly all anime sort of themed for the most part, right? Uh, type of artwork. It's not it's not as diverse as what you might see on DeviantArt, right? So Pixiv is banning Lolly because of police warnings. Pixiv have reportedly forced a Lollycon artist to make his works private on the basis of accusations that they contained sexual acts involving children. Offering by way of explanation only the claim that recently uh, recently internet monitoring has been strengthened. According to the artist, about 70 of his works were made private after receiving a message from Pixiv. This is a message regarding a contributed work from Pixiv Executive Office. We received a report from a third-party organization that your submitted work contains sexual acts involving children. The corresponding works were made private. Monitoring of the internet has become stronger recently, and the Internet Hotline Center, operating under the auspices of the National Police Agency, has been requesting measures for the prevention of the distribution of certain content. We ask for your understanding. That is all. Thank you. The Internet Hotline Center is an NPO, which apparently acts on reports from the public about harmful information found online, and according to its own secret criteria, then reports the information to Internet filters and the police, and makes quasi-legal demands that domestic hosts take the down. One Twitter user, however, believes that th- uh, believes this to have been a case of someone misusing the Internet Hotline Center's report form pointing out that the form explicitly states it is for re- uh, that it is for reporting sexual acts involving actual persons under the age of 18. However, other users reported finding other examples of randomly deleted slash privated lollycon material, suggesting it may be a more widespread issue. Even so, the hundreds of thousands of images on the site, which could be construed as sexually as sexualizing minors, despite not being explicitly tagged as such, millions potentially, if each example of a school uniform is yeah. So all the artists out there explicitly tag it as uh, child minors being sexually abused. Sorry, say that again. I said so to all you artists out there. Make sure you tag your art as uh, child minors being sexually abused. Yeah, well, uh, it's make actually it funny, for it's us actually to, funny to say that because there's kind of an interesting uh, parallel to. Uh, this is, it's actually the reason why I I was bringing up how California um, makes the dumbest approach to solving problems. 
you know, because they have they uh, often almost a hundred percent of the time have the exact negative effect of what they want, you know, but uh, I'll, I'll get to that in regard to what you said here, but um, millions potentially, if each example of a school uniform is considered a child, as with the IHC's overreaching definition, uh, still seem to be entirely unmolested as do all the R18G guru and uncensored images on the site. And of course, all good Japanese convenience stores and booksellers, to say nothing of Amazon, still carry the expected variety of Lolicon manga as well. The incident will surely have many wondering whether or not this was Pixiv trying to stealthily censor inconvenient content without making waves. That is, if the message is real and represents actual deliberate policy in the first place. So let me... Uh, start by saying obviously that I have no I you have no I have no you know uh, solace in my heart for uh, pedophilia at all like it's I, I do not stand for it at all uh, but do you colonel yeah of course um, but uh, let me let me just uh, let me paint this in a in a different light than uh, you might have heard before. Um, so obviously, you guys know my stance on this. Uh, I've said it numerous times. Um, mm-hmm. Contains sexual acts involving children. Uh, so first of all, you're mistaken. <laughs> this is a drawing, good sir. This is not a child. <laughs> uh, yeah. First of all, but the thing is, let me give you an example of how government involvement and in things. Now, look, this is a tricky a tricky uh, problem. It's not easy to solve the world's problems. Okay. And I don't, I don't mean to just because I'm picking apart the approach that has been taken does not mean that people were wrong for trying it. I'm just pointing out that the solution that they thought was going to help may actually be backfiring in some regards. Okay. And that we need to, we need to stop sweeping things under the rug as, as, as oh we did the best we could and actually start thinking you know which i think a lot of people have stopped doing in modern uh society so let me explain uh, i'm going to get the de- the exact details on like the time frame and all this wrong but just bear with me try to understand the spirit of what i'm saying um there came a time when the us government I think federally made it so that if you admitted to a therapist that you had attraction to minors, they had to report you to the uh, authorities. Mm -hmm. What do you think uh, the result of that was? Zero percent set admitted to it. Yeah. There's climbing up. Well, uh, I think the result that they expected to have happen is that everybody, every pedophile that saw a therapist that t- described their urges and whatnot, that they'd get uh, at the very least put under heavy scrutiny by the police uh, or locked up, right? Especially if they had ever admitted to it, to, uh, to acting on urges or whatever, right? But obviously, in a matter of months, what happened is pedophiles stopped seeking help from therapists for their urges. Now you have to understand that 
just because a person has, and again, I want to be very clear about this. I have no solace in my heart for pedophiles, but you have to understand that if you do not actually commit a crime, you cannot be punished legally for breaking a law if you did not commit a crime. Right. So you got to understand that there are people out there who fantasize about murder, who fantasize about cannibalism, who fantasize about any number of depraved actions, but don't act on them. There is porn out there for all sorts of... There's literally Japanese porn where girls throw up into each other's mouths. Uh, I don't need to see that. Nope. I, I, that's more funny. You, might argue, like that. you could argue that nobody needs to see that. But there are people out there where that's their thing. Now, those people might never have... Let's, put, let's, let's say this, first of all. There are, there are, in the history of mankind, a hell of a lot of men who are what, what modern society calls involuntary celibates. People who, who go their entire life and they don't ever pass on their genes. They don't ever have a sexual interaction with don't ever get laid. another person. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, FDDM, for your contribution to the, the conversation. Right? So, but these people, they have desires like anybody else. Right? But the thing is that you can't. This this is the reason this is troubling is that this this gets into what's known as uh, thought crime, right? Right? Is that this is so? So let, let me put it this way, um, Reese. You had accurately pointed out the fact that I have kids, right? I take no solace. Uh, I, I I I I have uh, no. Why can't I come up with the phrase I'm looking for? <laughs> but basically, uh, you know, I, I don't uh, – I'm not going to give any any room to, to pedophilia whatsoever. Right? It's, it's absolutely – No sympathy? No sympathy. There you go. There you go. That's a good way to put it. I have no sympathy for pedophiles. But uh, – so th- let me parallel this to um, – I think it was the UK recently banned sales of – uh, those real doll, um, like like sex, sex robots or whatever, right? Because because the company, <laughs> the com- the company that made them started making models uh, for them that. Oh were wait, I did hear about seen this. Seen as uh, you, I I don't know exactly how young they made them look, but they they, they were, looked minorish. They were getting to the realm where it's like, okay, this is definitely not an eighteen year old. So what about the ones for the midgets? <laughs> okay, well, hear me out. So this, this again, this is about this is about the thought crime. Is midget porn child porn? <laughs> Guys, please, this is really important. So what I'm saying here is that let me get back to this. Contains sexual acts involving children. This that is a drawing, a child, that, right? This is a drawing. Is a those are those are not human beings. Those are not children. The, they are. They literally cannot be victimized because they are not like it's not an actual Human. person that you are initiating aggression and force onto, right? So, as I said, um, I have no sympathy for pedophiles. And Reese, as you pointed out, I've got two kids, but as somebody with two kids, 
I would much rather the creep down the street bang some love doll that they bought from Russia or wherever they manufacture those things <laughs> than to, than to, uh, than to pick up one of my kids off, off my front porch. Absolutely. You know? that, that's what I was th- starting to think when, as you were saying, it was like, you know what? It would probably be a good thing to actually have these dolls for those people that do have those urges. Yeah. Because let me ask you this. We've had this ridiculous debate numerous times about violence and video games. So it's like a stress of four stress release. Well, ha, let me ask you this: Have you ever uh, murdered someone? Desired, have you ever murdered? Yeah, have you ever murdered? You can tell us. Okay, there's <laughs> well recorded. So far as I know, there's no law. I that, promise that this I is a private to, podcast. But have you have you ever had uh, the urge to steal a car after playing? Uh, you know, like to to violently pull somebody out of a car after uh, playing Grand Theft Auto. No. <laughs> So, uh, and this is like uh, Bob Samurai did a video about. Uh, he said, like, we ignored this part of the community. He's like, no, 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 no. I, I disagree. I don't think that we ignore the this element that exists within the anime community. I I think that uh, what needs to be acknowledged here is that because the anime community has something that that element would be interested in. Obviously, they come to anime because of it, right? So it's not that anime is making people pedophiles, so to speak. It's that pedophiles are attracted to some anime-type content because it caters to their fetish. And then thus it reverses back and says, oh, anime fans are... So, So my point is that when you try to legislate Things like this where, okay, so Lollicon's illegal because it's sex with children. It's like, no. It's drawings. <laughs> right? When you try to legislate things like that, you literally make the problem worse. Because, we should make this said, a podcast clip. Totally not controversial. <laughs> because as I said, I would much rather the creep down the street bang some doll or beat off to the lollyporn and abduct my kids. Right. You know, because I I never even have to know that this person has these thoughts. I mean, let me, let me just say that any healthy adult has some very disgusting thoughts that go through their head at some point, right? Right. And I like that I live in a society where the average person isn't telling me <laughs> isn't telling me what they're into, that I don't have to hear it. You know, because I don't think I could, I, I would be a hermit if, if people just wore it on their sleeves, what depraved things they're into. You know what I mean? I would live as a hermit because I would not want to interact with anybody if, if I had like the Death Note uh, Shinigami eyes, but they let me see <laughs> what their, what the last thing they If I had the hentai gami eyes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would probably, um, not ever want to be around uh, other people, right? So the point is that we have to be careful how we demonize people because we cheapen the fact that there are actual child rapists out there and like like serial rapists and serial killers that, that you know abduct children and rape and murder them when we when we have to read ridiculous articles about these 
<laughs> involving it's total bullshit, right? And as I said, it makes the problem worse because when there's no outlet for that ag- aggression uh, of that kind, the only outlet that exists is actual living, breathing human beings. That's you a good know? point. So when you know, I don't have to like, you know, like I've I've been very clear about this that I have a very specific you could say romanticized view of um, sexuality that I am a one woman kind of guy. I, I do not care for this, you know, um, life who the hero, the, he, I, I, I don't understand the life thing, but I just, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the hero bang and all the chicks and I don't like harem anime is I just, it's not my thing, you know, but um, I don't think you, you know, understand harms in the way we do, but yeah, continue. Right, I'm just saying that I, I've explained that this is, this is how yeah. I, view things you know so there are people out there like i'm just getting uh, transitioning that to my next point that i i think the initiation of force especially in a sexual manner is uh, it does less than nothing for me it disgusts me you know right although i I will say that who if anybody uh companies out there want to license a rape man i would love to have that get a release over here just because of how funny the title is (laughs) But um, but I'm just saying that like there's there's all sorts of depraved stuff uh, that's out there that people consume and their porn habits that I'm glad that exists. Even if I don't ever want to see it, I'm glad that it exists because it diffuses uh, the um, aggression that people have. Right. And it also. uh I'm also glad that it exists because um, because it diffuses the the aggression that people have and uh, the uh, those people like it's one of the things that's that's worth noting is that like well okay, it's kind of a, a weird way to to get into it but like things like prostitution um, prostitution in my opinion is is just like it's not just like this but it's very similar to this to this sort of situation here it's the idea that uh, people don't own their uh their body right yeah. when you make it illegal uh, for um for going people, into just, now hear me out when you make <laughs> it illegal for people to prostitute themselves quote unquote what you're doing is you're taking away the right of two uh, for people to, to have consent. Can, right? this, yeah. is, this is, this is another example, by the way, of the law that's supposed to protect actually making it worse because then it becomes this black market thing. Right. Mm, um, I so, went to the horror movie route, horror movie example with this, but continue. What's the horror movie example? Mm. And I go on back to the people have romanticized intent, but don't do, stuff like murder sure i mean probably. I, I, I i'll just say that like when it so when it comes to like for instance i was just describing people who have these rape fantasies right um and i'm glad that, that the torture porn and the rape porn, all that stuff exists because they that's an outlet for these people so that they aren't absorbed with the hormones and everything all these thoughts that get them to actually attack another human being and even still thanks to the miracle of the free market and technology and all this stuff, people have chat rooms and forums and places where they can actually meet other adults out there that consent to want to be 
in the situation where they're on the receiving end of the torture and the rape and whatever. You know what I mean? So it's like, even though I don't I, like, this is my whole philosophy of staying out of what other people do. As long as you're not initiating aggression on another person, you know, you're not that as long as the people are consenting, I don't give a shit what you do. You know, I, I don't give a shit if you're letting somebody hurt you and, and maim you. If you want them to do that, you know, I would never want somebody to, you know, cut pieces off of me and cook them on the stove. But if you want to do it and you're totally okay with it, I don't give a shit. You know, I don't want to meet you. (laughs) I don't want to be around you, but I'm not going to stop you. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, if if you make it illegal to to do any of those things, people aren't, it's not going to stop anybody. If they want to do it, it's going to make things worse. You know, it's just how things are. So I just think that this is a very, um, a dangerous precedent. Something else that happened recently was the absolute internet purge of uh, Alex Jones, which um, from a free speech standpoint, I think is, it sets a dangerous precedent, you know, and, and we talked about the, uh, the media out there, um, how this old media is recognizing the fact that they've been asleep at the wheel for a while and that they've realized that they've had a flat for a good, you know, 20 years now with the invention of the internet that they haven't uh, been uh, maintaining. And now they're scrambling to try to maintain control. Right. And it's very dangerous for us to allow this kind of censorship when crimes haven't actually been committed um, because it sort of, it opens up a window for this sort of, I mean, you guys know how, the internet works in China. I think they've literally made, I've never watched the show, but I think they've literally made a black mirror episode about the, uh, the social credit score in China and China's got internet ID cards and stuff where literally if you do things that anger the state, they'll kick you off the internet. You know, like you literally won't have access to the internet anymore. If you express dissident views against the regime. You know what I mean? We don't want to go that direction. This is very serious that we need to like the whole point of things like freedom of speech is to, is to protect speech. You actually don't want to hear, you know, like I said, and this is, this is, this is actually gets back to freedom of speech is porn. This torture porn, this, this rape fantasy stuff that I don't ever want to see or experience you know, I support its existence because I recognize how important it is, you know, the role that it actually plays. So anyway, I think that, I think that that's all I want to say for now. I think that, um, in the future, in the future, unfortunately, the trajectory things are going, we're going to see some stuff that's going to get worse, um, slowly, but surely things will continue to get worse. And I, you know, I, I know it's uncomfortable to, to, to talk about some of this stuff, but I think that we have to talk about it because if we don't, then we're going to be the ones asleep at the wheel. And then all of a sudden we're going to have this internet uh, ID system that nobody wants, you know, and it gives the control back to the people who've been the Pied Piper for the, for, you know, since like, you know, yeah. Licensing saying skip beat and all. Say what? Licensing skip beat and all Pied Piper. Pied Piper. Um, yeah, but, thanks but, a lot, Pied Piper. Uh, you know, I, I want to say since like the the twenties, you know, but uh, I God, I, I, that doesn't even seem 
far back enough. You know, it just that, that this has been the control, this incredible control over um, over people with entertainment and whatnot, and this sort of bread and circus way of uh, of tricking you. I mean, people believe whatever whatever the media tells them because you don't have a choice. And you know, in the past, there have been events that we've gone to war over, like the Gulf of Tonkin incident, that never even happened. But when a like when a ship sinks and everybody on the ship dies, you kind of have to believe what the newspaper told you because nobody's there to tell you otherwise, you know, and that's, that's a very dangerous thing of, of these people who, in, who are able to enrich themselves with mantras like weapons of mass destruction, you know, on their media station. And that we go along with these things because we, we trust them too much. So, and, and we let them ban people, and, and things that, you know, it starts, it starts with the outrageous people, you know, as a test of the Overton window. But sooner or later, the people that you actually don't think are insane conspiracy theorists are going to start disappearing off YouTube. And those people, if you can do it to somebody like Alex Jones, who has like, what, like 2 million followers? I mean, imagine what's going to happen to to the people who who are exposing corruption and, and whatnot in governments and then um companies and conglomerates and and you know all these shady things that, that people do and get away with uh, imagine what okay, happens so when they don't have a, a voice anymore so anyway let's uh let's, let's move, move on, on to house of five leaves yeah, it's officially 420 where house i am five leaves so that means what five is it? leaves don't well don't say that too loud ac's connection will black out on him he has to rejoin the call Turn back to the 420 episode. What happened in the 420 episode? Uh, right when it turned midnight on my my clock, me, that mecha guy, FDDM, you got kicked off your own call because of some sort of internet issue. The joker. Yeah. The, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The. Uh, oh, the Yep. Yeah. I think that was actually a different episode where that happened, where we had because the oh, yeah, I that got mecha guy on it. It was Razafon. Yeah, that was that was Razafon when that mecha guy was there. I think it was episode twenty one that that we had two parts because the call actually ended. Oh, that. Of, yeah, I don't know if we're talking. No, about that that two parts was uh, Gunbuster. Anyway. Continue. All right, Let's go so, into the House of Five Leaves. So, House of uh, Five Leaves. Of out of all of us who's watched right? this, I have not because my copy from Australia has not come to me. Why'd you buy it from Australia? Because yeah. it has a slipcase and it was actually cheaper than getting the standard edition or any edition for that matter from the U.S. Madman. Um, and because of that, and because it's four twenty. Yeah, you want to knock out. Basically, yeah. I don't no, I don't do drugs or anything. It's just I have work in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> work is my drug. No talking you know, to I, drugs. Uh, yeah, can can, can you see your eyes? One of the most real statements I've ever heard is the uh, um, don't want your kids to do drugs, get them into anime collecting because they won't have any money for drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's a personal favorite meme as well. Yeah. All right. We've uh, uh, yeah. a right, UAC. Of, uh, 
uh, I shouldn't have told people that we might have to cancel the podcast because we have a ridiculously low. Actually, the the reason we have such a low number of comments is because Reese is on the call. No, yeah, I'm on the call. I'm not making comments. I don't know what you're talking. Is that what happened when I joined the podcast? Yep, the summer well, I, is we over all... now, and a lot of people are in school. No, but I'm just saying that. The the entire number of chat that we have. Yeah, it's only on one screen. I can read all of it at the top half of the screen. And on the pop I have to scroll. Anyway, um, we we used to be able to know. um, I can look at my analytics and see which podcast you miss because the uh, the chat, (laughs) the comment number in my analytics goes. It peaks every two weeks for uh, the for the podcast, and. there was uh when you weren't there, it would it would be like half the height that it normally was. Anyway. I'm the lifeblood of this podcast. <laughs> All right, so let's talk House of Five Leaves. Let's let uh, FDM disappear. All um, right, disappearing and, noise. And at another date, we will we will discuss yeah. House of Five Leaves. How's that sound? After you have uh, yeah, to watch it, he's already gone. All right, good. Well, he'll he did. Uh, uh, <laughs> I have <laughs> seen I have seen this series three times. Okay. And I've read the manga now twice. So Okay. Uh how different is the uh is the manga? It's interesting. Um For the record, I never said that this uh this week, um Augie. I, I no, absolutely okay. didn't say that. Uh, I guess. Okay. Oh okay. Yeah. Um <laughs> You went back and pulled that off. Of- <laughs> I didn't. Yes, I, I did. didn't take that off. Oh, you, you, yeah. He copied it. I was gonna say I didn't remove I- it. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's it's interesting because I believe the anime aired as the manga was ending. Okay. I think. Quick check on that. But basically, kind of ended in the same sort of um, status quo for each okay. of them, which is rather surprising considering this is a mango show and they did uh, have you seen Gangsta? No, not yet. Oh god. That, that's, that show should have had at least <laughs> one more episode. It just ends a complete awful cliffhanger and it just that's basically why the whole studio tanked. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, didn't didn't they go out of business before that show got finished, <laughs> or something like that? I don't know if there was. All right, let's see where we. Where is? Where the hell? Oh yes, uh, why don't we start by just giving um go ahead synopsis yeah, you, of you do that. leaves. Now I'll just say that uh, I have had one hell of a week, um, and. I literally was finishing House of Five Leaves um, during my drive to California. So uh, I didn't get to follow it nearly as closely as I wanted to. I'm really glad glad that you're here to to fill us in a little bit more. Um, I got got the dates. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Yeah. Uh, Aired April 16th to July 2nd, 2010. The manga went from two thousand from uh, November two thousand five to July twenty fourth two thousand ten. So it finished like two weeks. Dang. The manga actually ended. Wow! So they basically hmm. could have had a full complete adaptation, but they did not. Hmm. You. It seems like if you're that close, you might as well just do an OVA for the DVD release. But it's yeah. it's not like they they cut out the last. 
they cut out whole storylines throughout the series. Because mm-hmm. they, they basically cut to finish, cut, cut paste the first three volumes. Mm-hmm. And then they had like the scene where, um, the first, when, um, Masanosuke follows Yaichi later on in the series, and mm-hmm. that Gene Jin comes up behind them, and Masanosuke basically said, Go "Run away, Yaichi!" Or and you know, then Gene says, "I'll see him again. I'll, next time I see him again, I'll kill." Okay. So that's in volume six. Okay. Hmm. So hmm. they had they had stuff basically up throughout, but they like cut out certain characters they cut out certain storylines for, yeah. for whatever reason mm-hmm. the series could have been 24 episodes long if they had kept it all on gosh this would have been um that's interesting i don't yeah. know why it sounded like they didn't have that much funding to start the project up well i think but this is something typical sometimes with 12 episodes i think the thing is that so this was uh natsume ono uh, mm-hmm. was the, the manga artist, the manga yep. cop. Yeah. And uh, I think that the reason that they adapted it to 12 episodes as opposed to going... It was like, a Noit Anima series. Say what? A Noit Anima. N-O-I-T-A-N-I-A. What is that? Animation spelled backwards. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard that before. The, the Noit Anima block? No. Like psychopaths and um, they're usually Uh, like single course stuff. Well, the reason the reason uh, I think that they adapted it to twelve episodes as opposed to twenty four is because this is a samurai anime that has almost no fighting in it. Yeah, Um, and that's that's kind of how Natsume Ono works. Um, Although this is also, I think, like. Is this the only Natsume Ono series that actually takes place in Japan? Because uh, other things that. Yeah, Restaurante Perdiso and right. uh, ACCA. Almost all of them take place in Italy, right? Or, well, ACCA, ACCA, the 13 Territory Inspection Department, or whatever, that's in a fictional okay. company. But or, usually they're in well, Western. Uh, places uh, like German inspired and India inspired. And- yeah. So um, I think that the 12 episodes uh, again is because you've made oh. something that I, I don't, I don't think that they could b- broadcast numbers wise. I think that they would have lost too many people to go a full 20. The first episode was up, up, up. Apparently, from what I've read, the first episode absolutely tanked, and they had to put or issue an apology the next day because of the numbers. Wow. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I not. can't see uh, that. So I actually, ironically, um, I really liked the first episode because I viewed it from the perspective of this is set up um, for how the series is going to go. And I felt like um, I, it kind of felt like I was watching the, this sort of setup the way that George R. R. Martin does for Game of Thrones or more specifically for A Song of Ice and Fire, you know, where he actually creates scenarios that he basically plants as a seed that, mm-hmm. that grow 
very subtly until they until they burst out of the the ground, right? Um, and I felt like I was seeing that happen in the first episode when they introduced the kid. Um, and I thought that was going to go some very interesting places. So I was actually okay with it, but I also was okay with it because I could go straight from episode one on to episode two. two. Yeah. But I'll tell you, um, a show that I absolutely can't stand, although I still somehow force myself to watch it week to week because of a bad experience that happened one time is Walking Dead. The show is so boring to me. I, I have not enjoyed an episode since um, since the episode where they uh, have to go through, I think, Alexandria and the kid, that stupid, annoying kid starts talking to his mom while they're walking around with the guts all over them and then they end up, he gets eaten, right? Have not enjoyed a single episode of that show since that, that scene. Um, but uh, um, I watched the first season of that show. Uh, then I didn't like at a certain point, I think maybe after episode or season two, I had stopped watching it, and then I came back to it and marathoned and very much enjoyed it. But uh, the problem with the show, uh, uh, what I'm getting at is that um, if you watch it week to week, and this is very also true with anime, uh, I lose interest week yeah. to week. You know what I mean? Because um, it feels like I sit there when in the case of walking dead, it's like, okay, I've devoted an hour of my time to this and I feel like nothing nothing happened. This whole episode went by and you focused on a bunch of bullshit characters that I know you're just going to kill off, you know, in this season. I do not give a shit and nothing happened, you know? And it's like, sometimes you go an entire season and it's like, nothing has happened. But if you're enjoying something like walking dead that, you know, you're watching in English or whatever. um, If I'm, multitasking and I'm, I've kind of got that on in the background, you kind of perk up when things get interesting. And then all, all your time is focused on the stuff that's good. You know what I mean? It's kind of mm-hmm. like watching an anime with filler arcs and zoning out during the filler and then coming back in when stuff is interesting and then zoning back out. It's like, it's, it's kind of a weird, interesting way to experience it where it's, it's a lot more fun. Now without the five leaves, it's only in Japanese. So unless you speak Japanese, you kind of have to be focusing the entire time. But um, just to get to my main point, as I said, is that it's I can understand those low ratings and stuff because the uh, that week to week especially. And you said that was for episode one, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder if the art style had anything to do with that. I don't know. I mean, The frog faces might throw people off. It, I don't know how much it would throw off um, people in Japan. I feel like the, um, be, just simply because they they see a lot more um, anime wise. Like if, for somebody who doesn't watch anime, if you saw this, it would it would weird you out. Is what I mean. Mm-hmm. But um, the art style was kind of like Mushishi, um, but I think Mushishi had a better. Uh, immersive experience to it because they it was contained into each individual episode basically and it had that incredible music that really sucked you in but um i just i thought that the the story had a lot of uh um promise like i felt like it could really go somewhere great but unfortunately it's so slow paced that uh i also felt like i couldn't 
get through um, big chunks of it like I at times had wanted to, which is one of the reasons why I, I literally finished uh, watching it. Like I actually finished watching it today, um, but during my drive down here, I watched like three episodes in the car while I was driving and I'm basically just listening and doing my absolute damn best to translate everything in my head um, and looking down at times, but it's like, it's impossible to freaking watch it that way. You know what I mean? Um, so unfortunately, I, I, I will definitely rewatch it in the future um, at some point. I, it's another anime that I feel like it's kind of funny because I feel like I'm, I talk so much about dubs <clears throat> on this channel that it's gotten to the point where it almost seems like I just don't ever watch anything subbed, uh, which is absolutely not the case. Um, there will, there are definitely times where I prefer the sub and, and a, a thing about subs is that it forces you to pay attention, which is one of mm-hmm. the nice things about them. But, um, but yeah, it's just that uh, the obligation of a watch club um, where you kind of have to be prepared and watch something, um, being able to watch things dub makes it so much easier to follow the story. Um, so anyway, um, but yeah, I thought it was, I, I, so to my point here, uh, getting to all the stuff I felt was getting set up. I have no idea if it ever came to fruition because I wasn't able to, to focus on the last like six episodes. Um, as much as I want. Do you want me to spoil any questions? No, go ahead because I've already, um, I already listened to a synopsis on it um, to try to, uh, to try to be a little bit more ready for this. Um, so, so go ahead and give me, well, a, at least let me say some stuff. Yeah, go ahead. For, okay. Go ahead. okay. So for me, I, the first episode was like you said, set up, but it was a little harder for me because well, that one episode, they packed in so much more detail than than a typical usual setup episode, which is fine because with that, episode two going on... Can you explain what you meant by pay, detail? Um, it's like they did you, over... Did you mean that they set up a lot of different plot points? Or? There was a lot of plot points that were skipping around Mm-hmm. And it felt like you needed to know names of people to figure out future items, which luckily the show dumbs it down. Well, not really dumb it down, but the show reiterates who's important or or uh, shows or foreshadows who's going to be the next player in the setup. Well, I'll just say that that actually well, first is... First you on first. That really... Um intrigued me in the first episode was how much they were setting up but also um there were two characters whose names started with m there was masa and there was another character whose name Matsukichi. yeah that um that's it's actually i kind of talked about that on uh our flavors of youth video that went up today uh about why i don't like watching anime with the chinese characters uh in it uh when it's not dubbed because um, as I mentioned in there, and on IMDb they use the phonetic pronunciation uh, in the spelling, but in the subtitles when we were, when we saw it at the premiere, they use the the more traditional Chinese um, spelling where the character's name is literally X I A O U, right? And it's yeah. like when you when you have to read the name and you don't know how to pronounce it, it's like I was I was telling Augie this um, um, 
you know, over the phone before we did the podcast a couple of days ago, uh, I was telling him that like, as you're watching a, a story unravel, your brain is sort of compartmentalizing all the information that's pertinent to the different characters and the different plot points and how they cross um, each other and intersect and whatnot. And if you don't have the filing cabinet, the little mental filing cabinet labeled properly, because you're not quite sure how the character's name is pronounced and how it's spelled and whatnot, especially when there's a bunch of characters whose names are spelled very similarly, it makes it um, that much harder to keep everything going straight in your head. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause you're kind of, uh, cause it's all happening mentally. Right. So it's kind of like you're, you're juggling, you know, uh, all this information. And that uh, is one of the things where reading the names um, cause your brain, cause you're, when you read subtitles, you're, you're actually skipping a lot. You're reading, you're skimming, uh, to be able to read them fast right. enough. And when it comes to names, Funny. it's so hard to, uh, to, to make sure that when you see it and you know, there's two names that are similar, you have to pause mentally for a second to make sure that you put it in the right box in your mental filing cabinet. Of With each. that being said, a lot of my tweets for this show, mm-hmm. instead of calling Masanosuke, Masanosuke. Mm-hmm. I left him as Ronan. Right. And the leader is actually some re- yeah. That's the leader. A, that's a method to uh to yeah, simplify. And for the leader, it turns out he was juggling three different names and the yeah. e- the very last episode reveals what goes on. I just left it as leader because who's this guy? Is it Brad? Is it Greg? Is it Frank? Who knows? It's mm-hmm. just kind of the can guy with the white fig- <laughs> Right. <laughs> so I've just been calling him leader of the clan right. gang. I I can never, yeah, never just stick, stick with one. Um, I was very shocked with this. I was either expecting for my first prediction it being a Ronin who who's too wild and needs to be civilized, so it, you have this love triangle going on, or or it was going to be a highly diplomatic show where. They're going to send samurais and assassins out to the different houses with some other drama. And instead, instead of drama, we, instead I didn't we got our protagonist with social anxiety. Uh, I, yeah, I, just, I didn't expect it to be a pure conversational drama, which it really worked out because episode two onward, and especially episode five to the very end, focus the tensions between those episodes just kept me just drew me back to watch more. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was to compare a similar to this show, I would have one part cheers, one part good fellas and one part. I want to say samurai show, but more of a cowboy show because there's not as much violence as I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, the different. It the, was. With, yeah. With the characters characters and their settings what kind of made it shine more was once again a sense of community but more of people having indifferences and trying to communicate and relate more with the other person to just become a friend to each other you see a lot of that with uh, the ronin and the shopkeeper and the ronin and the thief did y'all want to continue um, I just saw your uh, link you sent me about Google 13, and I don't see a second movie in there. 
Live action. If if you scroll down there, it's it's listed, but it's just media? November thirteen yeah. and a date. Yeah, there's no. Actual- no that's way off topic. Okay, sorry. I just it would, it would be the technical first one, not the, okay. the Coulon assignment one or whatever was the second one. So I've got your uh, your tweets pulled up too, by the way. Okay, um, show them on the screen. Okay. Yeah, what in the world was that metallic B? Like for the company logo, that the thing is not what you use to advertise a business. <laughs> so we we basically went over this uh, now. Yep. So I don't think we've actually established at all, really, what the plot is uh, beyond. <laughs> Um, okay. The, okay. Quickly for the plot. You want shy, to the yeah. Go ahead, Reese. Alrighty. So our main character Masanosuke has basically samurai ED. <laughs> okay. <laughs> where he cannot fight when in front of a crowd. Right. And because of this, it's his. Uh, retainer or not retainer? His his former lord uh-huh. saw it as basically cowardice and let him go. Right. And so he came to Edo to try and fix himself. In a sense, but he also has what I would call um, I don't know if there's a, a word for this. It's that sort of like complex of it's like when a when a college grad is too good for a, a job at McDonald's. Uh, like he he, I think there's a line he says. You know, I carry two swords. I don't carry a a shovel or something like that. Like I forget what the exact line was, but he basically because he is samurai, um, he won't pick up a shovel. He yeah. he he is below him to do something else. It's just that, like, he has all this training that it's like, I'm not going to, I'm. it's it's almost like a stubbornness. Like, I'm not going to learn a new trade when I've already yeah. refined this to the master level, right. you know? Um, so he won't take jobs that don't involve being, he's, the, the word comes up so much. I don't know. I, yeah, I noticed it because I was listening to it and translating in my head uh, during the drive. Yojima. Bodyguard work. Bodyguard. Yeah, so much that word comes up uh, in the show. Um, like it was, it was a little distracting once I was actually trying to do the translation uh, because of how often that came up. And um, he also uh, had a. Um, he would say, uh, "I was just reading it. it reminded me um, instead of desu." like as as the polite way to end your sentence uh, in Japanese, he had this thing where Masa would say de gozaru instead of desu, which is like a, um, a TV tropes calls it a archaic form. It's like an old fashioned outdated uh, version of it. He also yeah. called uh, everybody uh, uh, the kid Dono, mm-hmm. which is uh, so you guys probably have heard of Sama. Sama's yeah, like it, Dono is, is like a it's a higher form of like master almost. 
Uh, just a, it's an honorific that is, it's basically the same as Sama, but I like to think about if I were to translate it, I would translate Sama to Lord. So for instance, um, Meryl in uh, Escaflone calls Vaughn, Vaughn Sama, and that gets translated to Lord Vaughn, right? And Dono, I would translate personally the way I understand it to honorable. So like honorable... Yeah. You know, person yeah. is a instead and a very of, old-fashioned yeah. way of speaking. Yeah. Nobody in modern times using it. Yeah. So, um, and again, it's like th- this is getting back to his uh, his social anxiety that he uh, he sees he very, everybody else as better than himself. He he sees himself because of his I don't it, keep saying it, but his because of ED, he sees himself as a lower person than everybody else. Right. So, so the thing about this, um, and this is kind of actually, uh, I hate to bring it up, but I just spent like freaking so many days in a row glued to the video editing about it, but, um, flavors of youth. Uh, so that, that first impressions video was released today. And again, keep in mind that whenever those videos come out, there are first impressions. They're not like a deep analysis, uh, of anything, but the thing about it is that, um, the actual stories being told in those shorts are meant to touch the hearts of people who are at different stages of life uh, and the different experiences they had growing up. Right. So um, we had talked in the video, there's a line that gets thrown out there about how I said that my friend Dan actually liked the first one the best. And he said, you know what? Think looking back on it, the third one probably is the best one, but he had more of an emotional attachment to the first one, right? And I think that that's because he's very close to his grandma, right? So he's got these memories of of growing up where like his parents were working and his grandma was his caretaker, and she made life really enjoyable for him as a kid, right? So that's that's why that particular one touches him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the other ones about like. Uh, uh, from the perspective of uh, of a woman in, in the modeling thing about um, being afraid of aging, right? And losing your... Um, limelight. Uh, not necessarily your limelight, but uh, it's the thing about how men age like wine and women, sort of their sexual market value diminishes over time. Um, I mean, that's, that's the appropriate way to describe it, right? Um, that at a certain point uh, you lose your usefulness if you didn't bag yourself a man. Um, right. Because uh, a woman's future happiness is tied to um, that sort of usefulness. Right. And if, if you're not raising kids, uh, a lot of women are just like deeply unhappy uh, after a certain stage. Well, yeah, I mean, cause they distract a lot of women in modern society distract themselves so much with their career that they, don't make time for the thing that like we've evolved to need, you know, and desire in our different biologically different uh, (coughs) things for men and women. Right. So, um, so that was that one. And then the third one is about young love and, and um, sort of a missed connection. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say the one that got away. It's kind of different from that, but, but what I'm getting at is that where you, share the experience of the story it resonates with you differently and this is uh this anime took me really by surprise because um it is about that social anxiety you know and as you call it the the ed the samurai ed that um this character of like it's he doesn't look people in the eye he can't um 
uh, he can't he can't handle, as you said, other people watching him. And I think that uh, when that was the premise that was being put forth, um, I actually really appreciated the art style because I almost felt as though, like, um, I recently watched uh, because I needed to grab clips of it for um, for one of the first impressions. I recently watched um, a silent voice. And in A Silent Voice, uh, the main character has a similar social anxiety. Um, not the deaf girl, but the actual the guy has a very similar social anxiety. And um, Naoko Yamada, or I guess this is probably something from the manga. I shouldn't give Naoko Yamada the credit for it. But the characters around him have this blue X over their face. And then when he finally is able to come out of his shell and communicate with those people, the X falls away and he sees them as a person instead of uh an an unapproachable yeah and um i think that the the character in this is very similar and i i felt like the art style because masa they all look weird you know the frog faces they they said but masa's eyes especially almost look alien and it almost it kind of has this weird psychological effect of feeling like this is how Masa. How he sees like, he feels, looking he, through his own process. Yeah, he feels out of, out of, uh, out of his own skin. You know, like he 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 feels so uncomfortable. Um, and it's like he is a nervous wreck, kind of feeling barely holding it together inside, so so, uh, so to speak. And mm-hmm. all the people around him are comfortable but also are sort of alien and foreign. It's kind of hard to explain what I mean, but like, like they also look bizarre and out there, but what's weird about it is that they are comfortable being these alien creatures, you know, that he is is sort of how I'm interpreting it, that being human is bizarre. I mean, we just spent all this time talking about people's weird fetishes and stuff and how, people have these deep dark thoughts and everything but um it's just like it's like we're we're so complex and so inhuman and that's what it means to be human you know and Mm -hmm. i I just i i actually really appreciated the artwork because of that like i felt like i felt like it complemented in a way that probably wasn't even planned it complemented it like so incredibly well to to have it um done that way so i kind of think for, especially for Masa, it was kind of planned. Going back to the big eyes part, mm-hmm. well, I think with him, yeah. he kind of, with him, I th- think they designed him that way because the whole saying the wide-eyed youth, okay, youth cause he, yes, he has social anxiety issues, but he was always curious. He always talked to someone. Yeah, one so of the, one of the themes I kind of saw from this, especially towards the end, was how people deal with their doubts and their depressions. So just to clarify what I meant is uh, yes, I think with Masa in particular with the eyes, it it was, and it's not just the eyes, it's the expression, right? Uh, but the eyes really sell it. Uh, but this is the, uh, the artist, Natsume Ono. Um, and uh, a lot of her work is like this, right? Mm-hmm. So I, did, I'm did this person do Aka. Yeah. 13. Oh, cool. I wonder if it felt familiar. So, um, 
like I mean when you look at this, this is like it's this is her her kaiji. You know what I mean? Like her style, like the guy who does kaiji does those really pointy noses and whatnot. Yeah. You know, I love kaiji's her style. I, oh, so, I, I, I do too. I'm just saying, like this is uh, her. <laughs> oh yeah, her signature. Just like how Hiro, all of Hero Mashima's character designs all look like they came from the same series. Uh, who's that? Who? You know, Fairy Tale, Brave Master, and um... oh yeah, oh it, uh, I, I'm I'm glad to know that they. Wait, you said the character designer or the creator? The creator. Oh, God. Yeah, because I, I recently I recently saw that uh somebody had made a tweet where they were comparing the characters of Fairy Tale and Rave Master, and they're like, Holy shit, never noticed before. He just totally ripped them off. Right? Because I guess like there's the a same there's author like a, it's literally, Yeah, that's funny. I think I think wow. that the person who had tweeted that was actually joke they were making a joke that i didn't, get, trying to make I didn't a realize they were the same because like i i've seen the dvds of rave master that were released over here but i just i've stayed so far away from fairy tale i have not sat down to watch it's like one piece for me it's like one of those things where it's so incredibly long that it's like i'm just gonna wait for it to be completed you know kind of thing and then i'll and then maybe i'll get to it but anyway um but yeah i think that um i think that there's something seriously to be said for the uh for the art style. And I'm actually kind of curious to, uh, I are, I, I think I own Restaurante Paradiso. Um, I, I wouldn't mind doing a watch club of that just to, that one's pretty good. Yeah. Just to, uh, to continue with, um, at some point the, uh, to see how the other, series are handled because i i this i don't think i've ever i mean i own stuff that this, this person has done i'm aware of stuff that natsume uh ono has done but um i've never actually sat down and experienced it so i'm, I'm uh, out of the, the three anime series this one restaurante paradiso and accca those are the three that anime of her work um so i'm interested well, to see like more to see all three because i i assume that uh I assume that they all have this. They all have very similar character designs. Well, it's got the character designs, but also the, let's say, mental illness. Um, um, I, I don't like to use. No, it. not really. Not really. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Well, I was gonna say I don't. I don't really like to pretty use. straightforward. Uh, uh, then I'm I'm eager to see what what the hook is, you know, for other things, but I just want to clarify real quick. I don't, I, I hesitate to use the term mental illness because yeah. I, I think yeah, I know what you mean. it cheapens, um, actual, yeah. you know, mental illness, I would say, I, I know, I know what you mean. but, uh, social anxiety, you know, yeah. Anyway, so, back to the synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get back. Uh, to <laughs> Masa gets to Edo and he runs into this character named Yaichi and his, sort of dumbfounded, almost, I don't want to say it, but almost gay for this guy's composure, his, his character, what, how he carries himself. He says, I would love to have what you have. I would love to be able to hold my head up high the way you have, even though you are shorter and smaller in stature than I am. You have a certain air about you. I would love to you know, have that of yours. It's interesting that you phrased it that way, actually, because there's a part in the first episode where 
I think it was in the first episode when he first meets him where they do a shot of the kimono or, or whatever, like the, the character's knees, like moving and shuffling to, uh, to pour a drink or something. And they, they animated it in a way where it's supposed to look like a woman, but it's actually um, Yaichi. And I think I think that they did a intentional um, bait and switch. Yeah, to to your point about like, or he's almost gay for him, you know, and, and like, or it's like a it's 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 like a s- subtle thing that was put in there to throw that hint of 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 it going like that far, like like he. He, because I, I hate, I don't like to use this because I, I, it's like when, when people claim that certain movies like um, Fight Club or 300 are, uh, what do they call it, homo uh, erotic, right? Um, I guess maybe it's a little bit more valid in, um, in uh, 300. 300. But, uh, <laughs> Brothers in, and arms. But the, the point is uh, in, in Fight Club, for example, it's the idea that uh, so this it it literally creates this complex that men can't be friends, right? That you can't that you can't men can't have healthy relationships with each other because a healthy relationship with another man means you must be gay, right? And, and it sort of it it creates this uh, weird dynamic where it it puts like a, a block between healthy friendships of of adult you know what i mean um but i do think that there was as you described it sort of like again i I hate to illustrate this way because it's sort of the same thing of uh in ozumanga dio there's a female character that is head over heels for miss sakaki i think her name is the tall sakaki um and Uh, i remember I remember watching that as a kid and it's same with liz and the bluebird um i remember watching Azumagadayo as a kid, and my friends were convinced that she was lesbian for Miss Sakaki, but I didn't think that she was. And I also, that uh, everybody is claiming that that the that Liz and the Bluebird is a, a lesbian relationship. I don't think that it is. I think that people are just connecting emotionally with another another human being that is of the same gender, and that that that's all that this is, and that it's every bit as. Um, profound and experience another person it doesn't need to be sexual and there's no actual evidence that it is in either of those series but for some reason people are so obsessed with sex that they almost want it to be those things you know what i mean so and i i'm I'm not in the dojin community for this one (laughs) well i'm connecting it back to house of five leaves because i feel like it's the same way in the sense that this connection to another human being is profound to masa but then there's okay, also AC, I understand where you're coming from there's also the however in like yeah the so you read the manga reese yes i have the books what happened when they went to the hotel room for the first time i get that they were drunk but did anything happen no he just went, I mean, oh, when uh, Yaichi showed Masa where he was going to stay? Is yeah. that what you're talking about? And they went to Katsuraya, yep. the brothel, not the hotel? Yep. I like that brothel area. Yeah. 
Um, not because of it just being a. Go ahead. Same thing like I said earlier. The those first three volumes, roughly until. I read these all like the last three days. It's all kind of blended up together. <laughs> um, That's fine. Oh. Uh, Mat- Matsu's abduction and the tags thing with the stolen tags. Yeah. Roughly up until there was pretty much all the same. It's an exact cut and paste from the manga. Where Matsu or the the person Matsu was indebted to had his tag stolen, and Matsu tried to get in to get steal him back, and he, then Matsu got captured. Okay. Right. That was like what episode eight or seven, eight, nine, somewhere. Yeah. There? Okay. Somewhere up there. So that was pretty much all cut and paste from like the first three or four volumes, three volumes roughly. Okay. And there's eight. Volumes, aren't there? There's eight volumes, and at that point, they they cut out entire characters and storylines. So there's, uh, according to Anime Planet, there's another related manga to it. There's House of Five Leaves, the manga, and there's Butikashira. also Butikashira, yeah. Yes, that is following Benzo the Spider and Soji the Saint as they are young. So is it? Um, it's like That's a not licensed. Off? Okay. Yeah, it's a spinoff, but it has never been licensed. I would love to read it. Yeah. So, when um, Masanoke and Saichi went to the hotel room, they just slept that yeah. night? They, they just okay. went to their separate room. You know, your room is ready. Go back to your room. And then... Yeah, nothing happened. Okay, cool. Nothing ever, nothing ever happens between the two of them. <laughs> All right. Um, so the brothel. What I like like about it, you have like a different yin and yang. The owner is strict and almost kind of like in Blazing Saddles with that woman saying that she's just bored all the time. Time you have that kind of strictness going on, then you have all the cheeky lay cheeky ladies that work there, which they have their like any human, they have their flaw, they have their jollies and their flaws like missing Not the, the chance to go home so or right. So you have that going on, which made it kind of, made the whole building feel more lively, and they always like picking on a Masson. Okay. Masa Noske. Ma- Masa Noske. Masa Noske. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember these names. I've been calling them Ronan okay. this whole time. Yeah, I've That's got... Um, I pulled this up. I thought this would help. Uh, can you see it? I can see it. So you have that area. You have... Uh, what's his name? It's not Soji. Servant. What's the shop owners? Uh, Ani-san. Ani-san? Yeah. Minor, top, top of the minor character. This character, Augie? Yeah. 
Yeah, she's the super strict one that runs the brothel. Right. But who was the restaurant owner, the bar owner? Ume. Ume. Ume? That's that's an awesome character, but that's not it. Yeah, Soji's a saint. Yeah, I was... Yeah. Go back up to the main characters. Umezo. Uh, yeah, I think that's the last one. Yeah, that's who I was looking for, actually. Okay, this this guy, I, li- I like him. Him and his area. He he runs a bar bar that the members of the Five Leaves can go to and kind of that's sort of the re- relax. And, yeah, pretty much. So with him, you have the complex character of wife da wife either died or went missing, raises a daughter through somewhat legit means, was an ex member of a gang, and doesn't like uh, Masanoke. At first. At first, but as the two did a job together, and he just keeps hanging out with him, you kind of see the two just kind of grow together. With their friendships. Basically, everyone just... Um, (laughs) Pretty much. Um, Well, what I also like about him is he does... He is really good at deceiving people. Like, when he went... when he There's a scene where he goes grocery shopping. So, they do go grocery shopping. They stop by... uh, the Saints place. Is that episode three? I think I they're think? going grocery shopping. I think they're just buying the Saints harvest. Right. Well, he, he, he's he, the one. He's the one who makes the pickles. He tells Masa, "You're coming with me to go shopping." I'm going shopping. Yeah, he buy, he buys the Saints right. harvest. Right, and he he. And but, they basically they leave the place with with all the vegetables, so they yeah. like they went somewhere else. Right. So, but basically, so he got Masa to come with him to do a rather mundane task. But then it's like, oh, and, and also while we're out, you know, yeah, we're, we're transferring the kidnap. It cannot be. Yeah, which I feel sorry for, but I feel like there's a lot more from the manga missing in that for that story storyline. If, if you can, if you can, read the manga. Okay. Just, Go do it. Pick it up. Buy it. You know, library. Read it. It is fantastic. One of the things that's nice about manga um, is that it's easier to like when you when you watch anime that's subtitled and stuff. Um, you feel compelled to get through the full episode. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and one of the things also is like a show like this requires a, a lot of pausing to read and understand, yeah. you know, which is so exhausting. But with a manga, it's e- like you can put a bookmark in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you can stop at any given moment and, and whatnot. And it's, and it's easier to, to, to go back a couple pages and like, wait, wait, didn't he say, you know, like you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff you can do so easily. So I, I agree. I think that I'd almost like to uh, come back to this through the manga um, as opposed to necessarily rewatching it, um, yeah. so that I have a chance to to really absorb everything. Yeah, I I kind of had a rush job of rereading it because I, I 
was telling you I would be back in town on Tuesday. I went out. I, when I bleh, when I went out of town, I took the first two volumes with me. Mm-hmm. I should have taken the first four volumes with me. Yeah. So I basically read the last two volumes Thursday, the three before that on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Read, you know, trying to do back, 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 but it was just. I didn't really. Have, I was just okay. I'm done with Next, 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 next. Yeah. You know, I really have a chance to, you know, sit down and absorb like panel compositions and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. The first time I read it, I was reading like one volume a night, and fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. That was like five years ago. So you have Soji, which will. The second to last. Uh, yep. Soji the Saint. Soji the Saint. What I liked about him was he's kind of like a retired uh, great teacher on Izuka, sort of. Mm-hmm. He keeps ha- people keep tabs with him. He takes care of himself. But along the way, he gives like sage advice. Like there's a lot. Like he, the Aronin spends like three episodes with the guy. Yeah. Guy, and you kind of see them have their conversations, and you, the character kind of, to me, he kind of grew on me because of all the stuff he does and how he tends to take care of things. And then the other character I want to highlight is the police officer or the Yagi. person who is now a police, Yagi. There he is, top of the yeah, secondary. Top, top of the secondary. Yep. For him, he's a later character, but not the latest mm-hmm. character. He's he always keeps a composure, or he always keeps his composure. He is the direct opposite of Yagi, in a sense. For uh, Ronan, think of this guy's yeah. expression. He looks like anime Dwayne the Rock Johnson to me. Hey, he can. Hey, that's a good cast call. You can play it. I kind of see him as like a different conscious towards the Ronin, like he's supposed to be the traditional values. He's he knows more than what he leads on onto, and I feel like there's another big plot point that the anime did not get to with this guy. Mm, I I could be wrong. Plot point being, or what was your question? Well, well uh, Yaichi did not like this guy because he's now a cop. He's now a cop. I feel like they get into another type of trouble with him later on, or it kind of felt like that in the anime, but it, it didn't. I'm incorrect. Yaichi does not like Yagi. Because right. he recognizes him. He knows who he is and wants to keep his distance, so he himself did not get recognized. Okay. Because you know, that, those those scenes with Sanishin when he was a child, that right. the first scene, in, or I think it was the first scene in the anime, that, that kid who was stuck outside in the rain, go cool your head off, that scene. Right. That was Yagi. I know. 
Okay. Oh, hold up. Yagi was Sanishin's neighbor. Hmm. Okay, because I I actually heard that. Uh, you okay, AC? Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, nothing. I'm kind of y'all are here in the rain outside my window. Are y'all? No. Okay. Good enough. Um. um so that what you just said about Yagi being a kid in the first episode? No, 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 no. Sanoshin. Oh well, well, not a kid, but the he was like a teen or the rowdy teenager, rowdy like college. Okay. Because uh, not, not the kid, not the kid, kid. That was okay. Yeah, yeah. But I, I heard somebody say that um, that like, I heard two people talking about the show at one point, and they said that one of them was confused because they thought that a younger character was one of the older characters you see later, mm-hmm. and then they realized midway through that it was actually a separate character or something. Because because Yaichi um, actually ends up being uh, um, referenced in the shot of that, but maybe they're we're actually talking about this Yaichi. Well, Yaichi, there was a serve. Okay, in the in the flashbacks, there's three characters. There's Yaichi the servant. There's the, the uh, that guy. Mm-hmm. There's Sanishin, the kid, who is the uh, tan. Well, uh, I don't think I kid Sanishin or. I'm looking for. Uh, 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 the main character Yaichi, the tan guy, him as a kid, he was named Sanishin. Okay. So th- that was the he's the kid in those flashbacks, and then there's the younger Yagi. Okay. Yagi that, takes the name of the three. Yeah, that actually himself. that clears up uh, a little bit of a misunderstanding that. I think and because of certain things with the gang Bakuro no Kuhei, Sai and when Saichi or Saichi, uh, oh Christ, what's his name? I just said his name and I can't remember it now. Seno. Sanoshin, thank you. Yeah. Sanoshin well, found out that servant Yaichi had been had died. He changes his name to Yaichi. I'm not seeing Sanoshin on uh, on the list here. Well, it's, it's probably look at click on the Yaichi the main character Yaichi because you'll bring him in. All right, because you you had just said that it was uh, as an alternate. Yeah. Uh, I am uh, shocked at half of these characters who the <laughs> similar characters are coming up as. Because I, I keep forgetting that these aren't um, user-picked. They are uh, tag-picked. Like, based on how many tags they have in common. Mm-hmm. And it just is so funny. Like, we had a guy earlier, every character that he was similar to was a butler. Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah, I'm looking at Mal and like the pictures for the characters. They only had the one of the say the drifter when he cut when he cut that guy's head off. They don't have any for him when he was a kid in the flashbacks. Let's talk about this character. Uh, 
Well, the scat grew very fat at the very yeah, last episode. Yeah, the preview told me that. I like that they had to uh, narrate the next episode preview for like episode eleven, I think. Yeah. <laughs> the, main, the main. Oh my character. god! <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I wonder what's similar. I remember the main, the main uh, character of Masa. Masa Nosuke. Masa. I remember his sister wanting him to come back to attend her wedding, I believe. Yes. And she would like sit sit in the apartment and play with the cat, or at least pet it. She wanted Masa Nosuke to. Uh, she did. It was for a, a way arranged wedding. And mm-hmm. she did not want to marry this guy. That the uh, there's three siblings. Masa is the oldest. Boonsuke is the middle, and then sister. The second brother took the head of the household, since Masa had forfeited his title, or you know stepped down, whatever. Mm-hmm. The second brother arranged this wedding. That she he she. The sister did not want to marry the guy that she was being set up with because she had already had a childhood friend and had basically already made their vows to each other. And um, Masanosuke was basically 100% for it. And she wanted him to write a letter to the, to the second brother to tell, to tell him to call it all so that she could marry her childhood friend. No, a point, point I made earlier I want to go back to when I called this show show three parts, one cheers, Goodfellas, and a, sam- a samurai sort of cowboy-esque show. Referring to the cheers part, two of the main settings that you'll see the Ronin in is either the brothel or the the bar restaurant. <laughs> So you commonly see him, see him with friends gathering, talking over what the next plan, either the next pl- what the next plan is, who's doing what, what happened to this other person. So you get like this bit of a gossip and a social feel, mm-hmm. feel for these areas. When I mentioned Goodfellas, the whole point of it having a plot with the different characters. At first, I didn't think that there's going to be a Joe Pesci esque character, but at, towards the end of the series, I I saw the Joe Pesci esque character, just not as uh, outlandish as he would be. Uh, really, don't have much to say after that. There's a this show focuses a lot more on character development and conversation, which is the big draw draw of this show it has a very somber pace. Mm-hmm. I would recommend this. However, I wouldn't say say if you're tired to go watch it either. It won't put <laughs> you to sleep. But it's one of those things where you should pace yourself, maybe even take notes <laughs> and be in the mood for it before you sit down to watch it. Because if you're you not, not have to be in the mood for it. 
Because if you're not, you're gonna, you're not gonna, you're not even gonna pay attention, you know. And again, I would say that it, uh, this really could have been an, this could have been an incredibly popular series if they had dubbed it, because it would have been easier oh, yeah. for people to get through and follow. Um, and I think it could have been like a cult classic uh, kind of. I think it uh, kind of technically is in a way. Well, yeah, it is a cult classic, but I mean, like, I, I mean, like, in the Western uh, sort of ma- major fan base, let's say, of anime, it could be, it could be a lot bigger than it is. Um, yeah, uh, it's kind of like the way, let's say, Kino's Journey um, is. Oh man. It's rank seven forty seven on Mel. Let's see what it is. Okay. With an average score of seven point eight eight. This has an average score of four. That be eight. I guess eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the later stuff. I believe episode either four or six. This is when we'll start. You'll at the end of the episode. It always ends with something that. Like it in when I say tense, like a tense thrill, but like you don't, you don't know if the characters are going to come out okay or like a like a mini cliffhanger. Yeah, like a mini cliffhanger, or someone's going to deliver some bitch sass, and you don't know if there's going to be a fight that breaks out or not. Mm-hmm. In some situations. Oh, well, anything it, else you don't want to say? I'm, I'm just thinking, like, so I don't know if we uh, expressly stated the fact that they kidnap people, right? Um, yeah. And, but they also, they kind they don't of, do it indiscriminately. They do it more. Yeah, they're very selective with who they kidnap. They have sort of a moral consciousness. Uh, but, they're, but they're not chivalrous robbers. As, as, as you said, yeah. Um, that was a direct quote from Yaichi. Um, but, uh, oh man, I totally lost my train of thought. I've been up for way too long today. Um, they, they sort of target Hatamoto because, or the, uh, Bannerman, as mm-hmm. they called it, which are directly underneath the Shogun. And they, they will not report it for fear of the scandal and losing their position. So, have you ever seen the movie um, Garden State? No. There's a character uh, in this movie that's like there's there are, there are a lot of I'm just going to use him as an example, but it's a character type that you can see in a lot of films where he sort of has this you could say hip nature to him because he's figured out the loopholes to screw the system. And uh, this particular character, he knows like this loophole that if you return an item at this one store the same day that you bought it, you don't have to have the receipt with you or something. So he just goes in uh, and grabs an item off the shelf and then goes to return it, even though he never actually bought it, right, to get cash back. Um, And it's like there's like this, um, this tactic of filmmaking that you make these let's say 
scoundrel type characters endearing in the cleverness of it right mm-hmm. of like how they're how they're manipulating the system and it's like they're not really har- like they're not harming anybody physically you know they're, what they're doing that's why loop on the third yeah. and like yeah. are so popular but uh but in this case it's this kind of what they're doing with the kidnapping where they were smart enough to like because they're not they have no desire to actually hurt people right but they're kidnapping uh, in a very clever way where they can get away with it basically where it doesn't it doesn't blow up and, and escalate out of control so to speak um, like reliably because they've figured out the system you know so I think that that was a, there's that's one of the interesting dynamics to it and it's I gotta say that like uh, it's really impressive to think that somebody like Natsume uh, I mean just with anybody any manga creator that creates shows that are very different like if you've ever sat down and read any of the other work that kentaro miura did it might as well be berserk right it's it's he does he does what he does very well but it's basically all that he does right Mm -hmm. um and and there's nothing wrong with that but i'm just saying like sometimes uh people will surprise you with how drastically different things are. So Mm -hmm. seeing this and seeing like the clever little things that she came up with for how these characters manipulate the system and are able to, to build up the world the way that she did. um, I'm interested to see Restaurante uh, Paradiso and all these other things to see how, how, uh, because they're so different. They're so it's such a different setting to see how how clever this this manga uh, creator is at coming up with these ideas. Mm-hmm. My brain is mush right now. It has been for the last like three hours. So. I'll side I'll side with you on that because I really enjoyed Aka. I like this one so yeah. Aka had a pretty she's good only... solid ending as well. Yeah. I can't believe it ended like that. I could have went on two more seasons if it wanted, or that's my opinion. Aka? But uh, you yeah. talk about Aka or yeah, I think the, the manga for that is only five volumes. Dang, I <laughs> like there could be more with that kind of world. Oh well. Yeah, I think I I marathoned Aka in a day. I don't blame you. It says uh, here, Aka 13 Territory Inspection Department is six volumes, mm-hmm. 37 uh, chapters. But there's, uh, also, there's also Aka 13 Territory Inspection Department PS, which is two volumes. Aka 13 uh, Konsatsuka Gaiden, Paula and Michelle, which is one volume. So there's... I so did not know that. <laughs> yeah, it looks like there's some spin-off uh, manga for it. Cool. No huh. one deserves it. Oh, I've seen this DVD before. I don't own it, yep. but I have seen it. This picture before. I don't now. own it either. It was a pre-order that we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've actually seen it at Book Off before. Oh, I don't know. That's weird. It's recently released by Funimation, so we put it on the. Um, we go through right stuff on the podcast. Yeah. And they use exact that exact same image. Yeah. Interesting. So, you guys have anything else you want to say about uh, House of Five Leaves? I, I, I would uh, 
just to piggyback on what you guys said, I would recommend it. But um, yeah, this is a personal favorite of mine. I mean, obviously, I watched it three times, and I bought the manga and read that. This is actually the first manga that I've that I own that I've now read twice. Because mm-hmm. all the other manga that I own, I've only read once. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I don't think I've ever actually sat down and read a manga more than once. So, but I'm a different person. Well, I just you have to understand that it's like that doesn't mean that I wouldn't love to. Yeah, it's just I would love I, to as well. But but like my two read look stack just keeps growing. My my exactly. needs just keeps growing and growing. I can't I can't I so, can't find that lull in the the new content to go back. Yeah. And that's why we, as we talked about in that other podcast, uh, that that sentiment that uh, no, everybody, no one would be worse off if half the anime being produced wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, totally. You got to understand, like it's it's not untrue. You know, I mean, and that's kind of what I've I've said this before about how it's like at one point when Sentai came on the scene, it felt like all of a sudden the amount of anime getting getting released doubled, <laughs> and I couldn't keep up with it anymore. Anyway, so yeah, I uh, I think uh, I'm ready to wrap things up. If you guys are, ready, I'd recommend this as well. It's something you have to be awake to watch, but if when you start watching it, it escalates and snowballs for more fun to be had. Yeah. All right. So I've got a wedding to go to tomorrow. Um, I'm planning to go back home on the twelfth. Um. And for the Watch Club, we're watching a Cubed Secret. Curse and C Cubed. Hold on, I get C yeah. And Curious, yeah. Cubed so. Curse, Curious C three, C Cubed. Yeah. C three dimensions. Yep. Hopefully, that's waiting for me in my mailbox when I get home. Uh, oh, you yeah. had that one. What? You thought oh, I, I had that, that one? one. Oh, I'd never yeah. even heard of it. <laughs> was that a sub only release or was that dubbed? Yeah, that's a sub that's a sub only release from Funimation. For the love of God. Sub, <laughs> I don't know. I, I but I, after that we'll we'll finally watch a hybrid again. I'm just I'm I'm trying so hard because I've got all these videos. Luckily, so the pace of these first impressions videos should pick up pretty soon because I um I've been working on the next couple that are going to be coming out uh, before um, Flavors of Youth because even though I was able to remove a lot of the credits from the uh, trailer um, shots from mm-hmm. Flavors of Youth, um, I didn't feel like I had enough footage to use, so I just waited for it to come out on Netflix and got it that way so mm-hmm. that I could have because I, I just thought the video wasn't good enough without more to show more to keep people interested with. Right. Um, so hopefully I'll have more of that stuff out. I'd like to get at least two of them out before the next podcast, but um, yeah, so we're the next thing we're going to be watching is C3 and then Otaku. So is going to let me know as soon as their internet's back up. We're hoping it'll be in September, but um, uh, so it'll, we'll either be doing for the first uh, podcast in September. We will either be doing um, Tomoko Market and whatever, or we're going to push it back one more uh, and and figure out what else we're going to do. But we'll keep you posted. So, anyway, so C three on the twenty third. 
Is that what is that when the next podcast mm-hmm. is? All right, I'm gonna trust you. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for uh, for staying tuned. Again, I'm sorry, my, my brain has been mush this whole podcast. I've been trying to hold it together. Um, been very much uh, circling my points and not quite getting there because it's just I have no. My, I've been up for 21 hours or so. I feel like right now. I'm surprisingly still wide awake now. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, I'm I'm I cut off for the watch. It's because it's because you've been engaged this whole time. Like you're actually. Yeah, kind of <laughs> How are you used to post that picture of what it feels like to be on a uh, to to listen to a podcast? Where it's uh, yeah. like the right. picture of the three girls like laughing while eating the the ice cream, and, and then like the guy sitting there pretending to be involved. <laughs> but, you know, the also also the other thing is I had a uh, downed a monster. Between. Yeah, I had a red ball at the beginning. Of I the know it's like you it have a red ball and a monster. Anyway, yeah, all right, guys, well, thank you. Surge. All right. Oh, <laughs> <you> <laughs> <suck>. <laughs> I haven't had surge in years. I wish I we had that up here. Hey, Burger King has it now. Oh, do they? Uh, so remember to do the bides and have a great night. All right, take it easy, guys. <laughs>